Dear Mr. Warner Brothers, we accept the fact that we had to sacrifice two bad movies in Superman Returns and Ryan Reynolds in Green Lantern for whatever it was they did wrong. But we think you're crazy to make us write an essay telling you who we think we are. You see us as you want to see us. In the simplest terms. In the most convenient definitions. But what we found out is that each one of us is an alien. And an Amazonian princess. And a Batman. <clears throat> Excuse me. An Atlantean. A cyborg. A Martian. A really, 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 really fast guy. And a lantern. Does that answer your question? Sincerely yours, the Justice League. Episode 48. There's already like 7 million podcasts talking about pop culture and all that. Makes us happy like shooting at a womp rat. But it's all been done before. And we don't want to be a copycat. We're the leftovers picking up the scraps. Dropped by the cool kids. It, it, it's a trap. Gonna toss it, gonna taste it. Do we love it? Hey, let's face it. Can't erase it. Let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture. Carry over counterculture. Pushovers. Pop culture. Leftovers. And with the uncool kids. What's to say has already been said. Leftovers. Pretty sure that the only talent is the band that's singing this. Pop culture leftovers. Hey, welcome to Pop Culture Leftovers, the only podcast that sounds even better the second day after it's been uploaded. I'm Brian. I am Jake. And, and we're, we're the, the leftovers. leftovers. All right, joining us today, we have Mr. Frank Hammer in studio. Frank, welcome back to Pop Culture Leftovers. Thanks so much for having me. Good to be back. Yeah, good to be back. Blah, 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 blah. Good to like, be back. Sound like Porky Pig over there. Trying <laughs> blah, 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 to that. <laughs> that, that's, all, that's all, folks. <laughs> so, yeah, that was uh, interesting. Thank you for that. You know, I'm probably going to fuck up, slur my words here in a second. That happens. Every episode, pretty much. Happens to the best of us. Exactly. Or the worst of us, Frank. <laughs> <laughs> I know my role. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, let's see here. How was everybody's week? It was good. Good week. Busy. Yeah, yeah. What was so goddamn good about your week, Jake? We got we got the poker going back in our house again for a week, so that was nice. We hadn't played poker since um, the incident. At my house, so. <laughs> the, the that's what we call it now. The incident. The incident. It needs yeah. a cooler name. It needs like Watergate or something. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it pretty much has one. It's Twittergate. Twittergate. <laughs> that's great. Twitter Jake. Yeah. Twitter Jake. <laughs> yeah. So we got poker going. We had a full table last night. Ten people. Damn. So nice. People waiting in the wings to play some uh, five cent, ten cent Texas Hold'em. Right on. No limit poker. So good stuff. I of course lost all my money. <laughs> But it was still fun to be had. Yeah, that's why you guys need people like me at the table, because you guys could really school me. 
Yeah, we need more fish, that's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Frank, how was your week, Chief? Uh, it was really good. Busy, uh, just trying to keep up with some stuff. Didn't really get to game much or watch anything, really, but I got to look at some uh, news and stuff that happened. So. Yeah, it's nice to know that you prepared for the week. Hey, I did a little bit. You did just a little, little bit. Yeah, yeah. Little bit. That's, that's what we expect here on Pop Culture Leftovers, just a little bit. Right. right? <laughs> that's, that's really all we get that's week the, in, week out. That's the bar. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, it's time now to read some listener emails, but just a little bit. Just a little I'm bit. not going to read the whole email. Just a little <laughs> bit, Frank, because that's how we do things here. Just, just a smidge. But uh, I love this part of the show. I really do. And uh, last week when I, I was not feeling like myself, I, I want to thank everybody that did write in because you really helped carry the show last week. So I just want to thank the Leftover Army for kind of like picking us up on your shoulders and, and carrying us over into this week. So thank you. This week hopefully be a better show, even though some people – some people actually enjoyed that last show. Yeah, I thank the listeners. I, I agree with Brian. You know, you guys were, do the work for us when you write such great emails and just give us great topics to talk about like that. So, yeah, keep it up. Absolutely. I got an email uh, that was more of a comment, and it was from listener Matt Acton. And I just thought it was interesting to point out because this is something I knew, but like one of those things that you forget. You know what I mean? Exactly. With all the things that we stuff in our brains, it's just one of those things that kind of like slipped out. He says, just a quick note, Jason Momoa was on the short-lived Baywatch spinoff, Baywatch Hawaii. Oh, jeez. I never knew that to no, begin with. No, I didn't with. know that either. Maybe he's more qualified to be Aquaman than most people think. <laughs> so, Was he a lifeguard? I'm sure. I mean, what else are you on Baywatch? Yeah, I don't know what else he would be. I mean. Nice. Yeah. Baywatch Hawaii? Baywatch Hawaii. I didn't even know there was a spinoff. No, man. Yeah, there was like Baywatch Nights. Remember that? It was, no. it was like the drama, like cop drama version of Baywatch. Right. They called it Baywatch Nights. Uh, interesting. I was I, when you said Baywatch Nights. For some reason, I was thinking like Armored Nights. Yeah. They, for some reason, it was like their nightlife and not like the the beach daytime stuff going uh, on. I think Baywatch Nights, the way I envision it, would be a lot cooler show. Like oh, yeah. actual like in medieval times and shit, lifeguards during that time. Like D and D meets Baywatch, basically. It, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, that's good stuff. Yeah. Like try rescuing somebody that's in armor that's drowning <laughs> well yeah basically xena the warrior princess yeah <laughs> yeah me too they could wait out halfway and be like oh fuck it i'm not gonna get there in time anyway <laughs> all right i want to I, I was gonna get to this email last week but i didn't it's from cameron wilson and he's following up remember when you said uh cameron i think you got it wrong i think sam raimi's spider-man 2 was the better Spider-Man 2 film. Yeah, for sure. He says, Jake, I won't argue that Sam Raimi's Spider-Man 2 was really good. I just happen to like The Amazing Spider-Man 2 just as much, or at least around the same level. I try to look at the new ones in a vacuum and pretend the first ones never happened. That way I don't care as much. I sent an email with my review of The Amazing Spider-Man 2 and admitted that I was easy to please when it comes to movies, and Brian never read it. That son of a bitch. <laughs> He had, I think he'd sent me two emails that week or something. I don't know. I, but uh, he says, no, it's all good, though. I'm not going to argue with you. I just separate them and the new ones. And for what the new ones are, a different take, they do it for me. My main point is I was – the main point I was making is that DC gets pushed further and further back with each passing release, and I'm scared. At this point, I was more excited for The Amazing Spider-Man 2 before it came out than I am about Batman v Superman. And that's saying something. Batman and Superman are my two favorites, and I don't even read Spider-Man. By the way, every single time you play the Hammer Time drop, I think of Peter Griffin's version. That show ruined that song forever for me. Hey, I already sent a short email earlier this week, vacation with the in-laws. 
starting next Wednesday and I have a long drive. I need at least five hours of content. And that he sent that like two weeks ago. And what did we give him? We gave him an hour and a half. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, we've given him plenty of time. I agree with them. I um, I try to go into a vacuum too when I look at Amazing Spider-Man and the new ones and everything because I mean, no matter what, Sam Raimi's one of my all-time faves, and it's hard for me not to just like that better than anything. But even in the vacuum, I just have had a really hard time with this reboot. Yeah, and it I, just hasn't been my thing. Uh, Spider-Man Two, like uh, you could see a lot of Raimi's influence in there with Doc Ock's tentacles when they became alive. Oh, definitely like for the first time. Yeah. it was really amazing. You got all four cams doing yeah. POV. Yeah, I loved it, and and that's like be, me being a Raimi fan. That was when I was just like, oh, pumping my fist, like, oh yeah, this is fucking awesome. Oh yeah, it, it was really great. He has such a you know um, kinetic way of doing the action sequences that I still think is unique to films. Where he doesn't just cheat and zoom in where you can't tell what's going on. He really tells a story with like quick two to three second like burst of images and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. It's really unique. And especially in the scene I think you're talking about when Doc Ock comes to life. Yes. And you see each tentacle whip here, whip there and everything. Yeah, and just attack people and, and the, the fear – that that people are having in the room it just it's totally reminiscent of like you know watching like the evil dead or army of darkness yeah and it's fun how much stuff he did with actual um puppetry and not cg like he had different like you know puppet artists giving the tentacles different emotions and stuff and almost on i think like 80 percent of the scenes he's actually wearing the harness and the tentacles are actual puppetry well, I mean, the tentacles almost were like another character in the film. Yeah. When you think about it. I mean, that's how good he pulled that movie off. And I think that thing's still hard to do with the uh, with just all this CG running all over the place, you know? Yeah, absolutely. It's just a big effect. Like, I don't know. And that was the first movie I ever really got to see in actual true high definition when it came out uh, on Blu-ray, I think it was. Either that or it was being streamed on like Fox high def or something like that. And it was the first one that I had seen in high definition. And I, I just thought it was beautiful. I've been a Raimi fan for a real long time. I watched Xena. Yeah. So, yeah. And, and to be fair to Spider-Man two, it had so many shots that were just straight from the uh, Spider-Man no more comic line. Right. I mean, with, with the mask and the garbage can and his back turned to it and just all the stuff, there was just so many, uh, like, odes and nods to all the classic Spider-Man imagery. Yeah, yeah. I, that's instantly, I thought of that cover yeah. when I saw that, and I thought that was cool. And they killed it in that movie. I mean, is, even if I, even if I could say I love Amazing Spider-Man 2, it never, it never gives me the goosebumps of actually thinking of the source material. Yeah. And I, I really appreciate that from the Raimi series. Uh, David Isaac, he uh, sent me a Facebook message a while back, and I hadn't gotten to it, and there's a reason for that. Um, I'm going to explain it now because he really wanted me to talk about this. So he says, I have been reading rumors that Sony is going to let Spidey be in Avengers 3. If they are true, I have a few questions. Uh, number one, should Sony just sell rights back to Marvel? Two, do they need to do the Secret Wars to introduce the symbiote? which in turn gives us Venom, or can they or should they come up with an alternative way to introduce all this? Number three, if the rights don't go back to Marvel and the fact Spidey has a limited alliance in the movie universe, do they shelve some stories and introduce the Jekyll, uh, the Jackal and do the clone story line just to give him an ally? Okay. It's an interesting question. What are you going to say, Jake? Uh, the first thing I think of is I if they ever do the clone storyline, I would be shocked. I mean, that's one of the most hated, like maligned storylines in fucking 
comics history, right? Yeah, agreed. I mean, I've heard people go on and on about how much they hate that story. It's only now in retrospect to all of a sudden we think fondly of Ben Riley and the Scarlet Spider. Well, and for some of the people reading Spider-Man, like that was their first Spider-Man story. So if they if that was their first Spider-Man story, that's why they're going to look back on it fondly. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I guess you got that that kind of nostalgia going for yeah. you. But I mean, like sales were in the were kind of in the dump around that time for Spider-Man. That's true. And I just there's such a mine of stuff that they haven't done yet. Oh, I know. I I totally agree. That if we get to the Clone Saga, which I think would make most people that were in the know groan. I want to see Craven's Last Hunt. That's all I want to see. Oh yeah, that that's that would be amazing. And make it like a like almost like a horror film in a way. You know what I mean? Yeah. Make ho- him terrifying. Hopefully they they don't shoot Craven out before giving him that justice. You know what I'm saying? Right. As like just some like rhino like character in the Amazing Spider Man two. Yeah. Instead of actually giving him that justice of that storyline. It's really too bad that the Punisher is not with Sony because I think Punisher in a Spider-Man movie could be kind of cool. I think that would be amazing. The yeah. Punisher is always a great foil to Spider-Man. Didn't they have Punisher at one time? Was it Sony or I don't I don't know the Cuz when Tom Jane did the movie, yeah. It was with another studio. I can't remember if it was with Fox or if it was with Sony. I can't remember either. I'm kind of thinking it was neither. I'm I'm almost thinking it was a completely different studio. Um Oh Christ, vamp and I'll figure it out. I you know, honestly, David, I would love to I, I want you to listen to this too, Jake. I'm listening. <laughs> um David, I, I want to answer all these questions, but the Spider Man producers, uh especially Avi Arad, has they have said that Spider Man joining the Avengers is a last resort. And that was back in April. Now, since the rumor started it didn't die there. Some, there was someone in the public that kept it going. Um, you have to really be keen as to who the source was that kept this rumor going that Spider-Man could be in Avengers 3. The source is Rob Liefeld. Whoa. Yeah. The creator of Young Blood, X-Force, and, and, you know, most famously known as the creator of Deadpool. Yeah. Cable. Uh, Cable. Um, He's a pretty controversial guy in the comics community. That's for it, sure. Yeah. Now, you'll, you'll I don't know. It, 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 are there people in the gray with him? I, I think he's the kind of person in comics that you either love or you hate. Yeah. I don't think there's any really middle ground. I mean, I guess everybody can say, I guess we kind of, I don't know. I, I guess not everybody can say they appreciate what he did in the 90s. But he, when you think of 90s comics, Rob Liefeld comes to mind, him and Todd McFarlane. Yeah, definitely. I don't know what it is with Rob, Rob Liefeld. I think that um, he's one of the most outspoken artists. And he truly he tweets all the time. And he truly does have a style, like his art style, that you either love or hate. I mean, people have no necks. People have no necks. They have tiny feet. Yeah, they have super tiny feet. The yeah. hands are gargantuan. Yeah. They always have these exact same looking guns. Pouches all over the damn Pouches place. Pouches all over the place. Guns like, all over the place, like you said. Exactly. Yeah. And, and in my opinion, sometimes it's fun. If I look at a Rob Liefeld comic once every other year, I'm like, oh, this is neat. But if I read that for 12 issues straight, I think I would tire of it pretty right. quickly. Yeah. Um, he's been accused of copying art from other artists in the past. Uh, he had a bad feud with his other partners at Image when he was involved there. So Rob Liefeld, you really have to take what this guy says with a grain of salt. He was quoted as saying, my uninformed prediction. So this is not even – he's not. he doesn't have a source. 
Nothing. He says, my uninformed prediction. Sony will split producing financing with Marvel on the next Spidey film and open the door for inclusion in Avengers 3. And that's just coming from Rob, Rob Liefeld. Um, I th- he got one thing right in that whole thing. It's where he said, my uninformed prediction. Mm-hmm. And that's about it. Yeah, that is correct. So it, to answer your question, David, I think that there's no truth in this at all. Um, Liefeld, he's more involved with Fox Studios than Sony or Marvel Studios anyway, with his characters being over at Fox Studios with Deadpool and the X-Men and X-Force. Until Sony starts losing money on Spider-Man movies or Disney wants to buy Spider-Man for, let's say, billions of dollars, this just just is not happening. Um, I'd love to answer all the questions, but I just don't see any real evidence that this is even being discussed by Marvel or Sony at this point. Hmm. I agree with that. Um, one of the questions I'll quickly answer is I, I don't think they need to do the Secret Wars to introduce the uh, Venom costume. He finds the goo is fine by me. Yeah. We don't need to do the 12-issue adaptation of The Secret Wars. Right. Finds the goo. It kind of makes it interesting the way he finds it anyway, because if it was just adapted from the comic storyline. Yeah. You know, I don't know. I, I Of course, I'd love to see him at Marvel, but we're, yeah. we're never going to get that. No, I don't think so. And I don't think that Disney could come up with enough money to convince Sony to – give it up i mean sure they've got it but sony's not going to want to yeah this is not like the lucas film acquisition with disney right you're absolutely right because lucas was kind of done with it anyway he would played with it he wants to let somebody else take over his legacy and he thought he'd put it in disney's hands um because he you know it's going to be safe with them i mean you know everybody else is losing money and it seems like disney just gets bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger um, so that does make sense. I, Sony, Spider-Man is Sony's bread and butter. Yeah. Never say never though. I could see something where they do do a, a joint, a joint thing where they don't give them back, but they release the rights to have them appear in something. I, I don't think not even release the rights, but joint, a joint production. I, I don't think that the studios will work out a deal either. I, it's just, it just becomes too complicated. Getting Spider-Man to work in an Avengers film now seems impossible. Sony, has already greenlit Amazing Spider-Man 2 and 3 and the Sinister Six and Venom movie. So even after those movies are done, um, I think Marvel has their universe in full swing already. Uh, Trying to get these to coincide with each other now seems like a really tough task for the people involved. And I'm sure there would be some creative control issues with both studios about where they want the characters and the stories to go. You think it was a, a, a like you think it was really bad with Edgar Wright and Marvel Studios trying to work on Ant Man film. Just try having Joss Whedon trying to direct the Avengers three and being told what he can and can't do by two studios. He'd walk Marvel and Sony both breathing down his neck. There's just too many obstacles in my yeah. opinion. Until these movies start losing money separate from each other, yeah. I don't see them forming an alliance. If both of them go down the tube then maybe something can work out. But you've got directors, producers from both sides trying to work together. Sony saying, we want our character to be portrayed this way. Joss Whedon or whoever's directing saying, I want the character to go this way. Guys, I just see issues with this all over the place. I don't disagree with any of that. But I still say never say never. I mean, Avengers 3 with Spider-Man in it doesn't have to be a Spider-Man character-defining movie. 
why can't he could just be licensed for maybe like 15 minutes is that sony saying that jake that sounds like marvel saying that so i if i'm sony i'm saying no we're letting you use our character we want spider-man to be an integral part of this we need to sell toys too so he needs to be an integral part of this story yeah i mean it's Spider-Man in it for a 15, 20 minute action sequence as part of like an assault team would be exciting and sell toys. I'm Sony again. Yeah. I'm Sony again. 15, you want him for 15 to 20 minutes? Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, you know, we want him in there. We want him in a full movie. I'm not disagreeing, but I still think never say never. It, It is unfortunate that for this to happen, it has to be going down in the tubes in the first place. Like, I agree with that too. Like, I 100% agree that that's the case. And that's unfortunate. It's like it it would serve everything so much better if it could happen while the stuff was in its prime right. of excitement. Financially yeah. speaking, it becomes down to a, a pissing contest. I mean, you got Sony with all their money and everything, and they've got a direction that they want to head. And Marvel, of course, has their own, and they're parented by Disney. I don't see a collaboration happening. Um there too, also the mythology of all of it. They've had to cut out certain characters because they can't use them. So they've had to rewrite history, in essence, as they're going forward, and then all of a sudden to try to stick somebody in there and pull them back out, that would probably end up being confusing all around. Yeah, but I think Avengers is winning the pissing contest, and Marvel Studios is winning the pissing contest between Sony at this point. Oh, yeah. And so maybe there is a chance. Like, maybe both companies don't have to be going down the pisser for this to happen, maybe just one. Well, can we agree right now as it stands, neither company is going down the pisser? Absolutely. Yeah, I don't think Sony is as thrilled as they want to be with how Amazing Spider-Man 2 did. Oh, no, absolutely not. Um, but, I mean, yeah, that, 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 it didn't make a billion dollars. Yeah. But it did make over 600000 I believe. Agreed. That's, but- that's Man of Steel money. I mean, Spider-Man's going toe-to-toe now with Superman at this point. Right. Yeah. And then you got all the merchandising and stuff, too. Yeah, I mean, it would be a boost to their franchise, too, just to have Spider-Man do something, dab his toes in that universe yeah, for a minute. I'm just, guys, I'm just like, I, I, I mean, I'm trying to think, as, as, a, as a fan, it's like, yeah, I'd love to see Spider-Man in there. But, like, I also got to look at the studios and what they're thinking. Like, Sony's going to want control. Marvel's going to want control. Sony's not in a position to where they have to be like, oh, we need Marvel. Marvel's not in a position to where they're like, oh, well, we need Sony. And Marvel's notoriously, notoriously uh, hard to work with anyway. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Well, I, I think it's I, – I, Kevin Feige, I think he'd be easy to work with. I think Feige would be easy to work with. I think it's uh, – I think it's other people involved in Marvel that are going to be kind of a bitch. I agree. I just realized how dumb I am arguing this because I would hate to have Andrew Garfield in Avengers 3. I, <laughs> I don't even think it's possible with the way they have their the, – these these studios have these movies lined up now to do it. I think everything would have to like stop. It have to – all these stories would have to stop. The movies would have to stop for some time. And then everybody has to work out a deal for one or two years to get something going. I agree with that. Yeah. I think we're talking if it even were to happen, Avengers four or five. I'm I'm talking they're rebooting the whole universe. Yeah, Spider Man, yeah. Spider Man, Avengers, everything. Oh, All definitely, that, yeah. but not. I think Spider Man's going to get rebooted faster than um, 
the current like phase two, phase three Marvel stuff. I think we're going to have a phase four and a phase five before the reboot. Oh, they're going to keep, I think they're going to keep this rocking and rolling too for quite a long time. I mean, uh, Feige's already got it out going out to 2021. Exactly. And I think Spider-Man will long be rebooted before that. Yeah. Yeah. So David, I mean, I, I would love to say that there's some, you know, uh, there's little nuggets of truth and, and, you know, Spider-Man going over there, but man, it came from Rob Liefeld and I, you know, I mean, I just can't, I can't take this guy's word as being like, uh, the Bible. It's not the scripture, man. So, you know, that's just, that's just my opinion. I would love to get into all these like scenarios of like Spider-Man joining up with everybody, but man, it's just not, this isn't a reality. This is just Rob Liefeld and the pipe dream. Yeah, you can't trust Rob Liefeld. That guy uh, took the A off Captain America's head, for Christ's sakes. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, the next email, it comes from listener. His name's Huey. I, I think this is the first time I've received anything from you, man. So I want to thank you for sending in an email. It's good to hear from you and know that you're out there. Um, he says, hi, Brian. Love your show. It seems like Warner Brothers will be uh, casting a different actor <coughs> as the Flash in the cinematic universe. What would you think if they used Wally West instead of Barry Allen? It would differentiate the film version from the TV show. They could still use Barry Allen in an Uncle Ben role as a legacy he strives to live up to. Personally, I think Wally has more personality and, re- and relatability. Thank you for your time, Huey. I, dude, I totally agree. That I thought that they should they should do that because I mean. Wally West is a more fun character. Yeah. He always has been. It seems like a younger character, like that kind of like way that they're trying to do in these movies anyway. Yeah. That Goyer's trying to do. Like Wally West seems to fit more into that world, I think, right? Yeah, but uh, is is this Warner Brothers studio going to – okay, if any movie of all these movies that they're planning on making yeah. needs to be fun, needs to be a fun comic book movie, it's – this Flash Green Lantern team up movie. Oh Christ, yes. Who are they going to get to write? Is Goyer writing all these movies? We don't know till we Con. don't know. Yeah, I don't think Goyer's writing them all, man. I think now that they've kind of like opened things up, he'll be he'll be doing the flagship movies. You know, he'll be the guy behind Justice League or the guy behind Man of Steel two. You know, I we'll talk about more DC later, of course. But I mean. I, I don't want David Goyer and his sad tone throughout these entire films. Mm-hmm. I was hoping that the next Man of Steel movie was going to have a more lighter, fun tone in some aspects of the film. You know? Agreed. And I don't know if we're going to get that with Goyer. And I just have to wait to hear who they are announce as people being involved in these other films before I can really even get excited, I guess. Because, yeah, I'm excited for the two characters, and I love seeing them interact with one another in the Justice League. I mean, these guys are best of friends. Yeah, casting's going to be huge in that, right? The chemistry between those two actors is going to have to be good, or the whole thing's a fail. Absolutely, it has to be right on, because those two characters have great chemistry in the comics. Yeah, they cannot be stiff towards each other, so that's really going to be interesting. Yeah, and it's always fun. The banter back and forth between the two is always fun to read and i don't want this to be just some fucking movie where these two are just it's gritty and dark the whole time and there's there's nothing fun about the movie yeah and you got to imagine other characters will make an appearance in that movie too like they'll probably get it like you know interact with batfleck too you know yeah they, you think that he's going to make an appearance in some of these movies because it sounds like uh, we'll talk about that later we're not going to get a batman solo film for quite some time yeah 
you know, to kind of keep him fresh on audience's mind. I mean, we have to get something somewhere in the middle there, peppered in there somewhere. Yeah, I agree. Could that help, too, with keeping him involved, like to keep him under contract? Oh, I don't think I, – I think Affleck is he's, – he's all in on this, man, because okay. yeah. not only is Warner Brothers um, giving him, you know, the, the – consi- now, now Batman's considered their crown jewel character. They're giving him this. But I also think there's kind of like some backdoor deals going on where mm. they're like, hey, man, you know, we'll give you some directing oh, okay. oh, yeah. opportunity oh, yeah. and yeah. – and so I, I think I think Affleck is in bed with right. Warner Brothers right now. Okay, yeah, because he deep man. he can make whatever movie he wants at this point and have studio space to do it. Have you know he he's got a whole studio, but he's he's definitely in bed deep with Warner Brothers. Absolutely. As much as you know, I question the casting. I you know knowing that now, I'm really hoping that it comes off good because it would suck for the next five to seven years to see this asshole in the suit and hate him every time. Yeah, I think it'll be almost like a Nick Fury role up until the new Batman movie, just in each of these movies for like two minutes. Yeah, it could Something. be. Something. Yeah. Kind of like he's watching, overseeing. Yeah, yeah. I don't know, guys. I, 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 don't, I don't even know if it's going to be like that because he's, he's doing his follow-up movie to Argo like right after they wrap filming with uh, Batman v Superman. And then after right after that, he's got to do, uh, you know, press and then you know he's got to start uh then after that he's probably got to do pre-production on the on the batman film and stuff like that so yeah his slate's pretty busy i don't know he he may have time to kind of fit that in you know i so it, it might be like like robert downey jr is so busy right now and like they 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 basically he's like on the like the movie chef that came out yeah. he's he's like on the poster but guys he's in the movie Five ten minutes tops. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, yeah, we may see. And you know what? They might even shoot his scenes like right after they they wrap the the Justice League. Say, hey, we're all here together. Let's save some money. Shoot those scenes then. Yeah. Well, I mean, he'll be on a Warner Brothers lot, and there's nothing that says he can't just walk from one studio to the other to do a quick cameo. And some that's stuff. true. And they can just do everything in the studio there. I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure his Argo follow up will be in the same lot that they're filming stuff for the other movies too. Yeah. They could also do things too, like include the character without necessarily having to show him in the suit, like something with the Batmobile or something like that. I was to thinking make he- I was thinking headshots on view screens. That could be true too. And voices. Anything. Yeah. So um let's see here. Uh Kelly Claiborne, he says, Hey Brian, just finished listening to the last podcast. It was short but sweet, but I really enjoyed it. I wanted to chime in on the unstable molecule discussion. The best way to deliver a wink to Reed Richards inventing the unstable molecules is have Tony Stark deliver it. I have heard there are may, there may be a scene in which he develops a pair of pants that will grow with Banner during his transformation to the Hulk. Sounds a lot like unstable molecules. I can see an exchange between them going something like this. Banner says, how did you come up with this? Stark, it's something my father and a colleague were working on years ago until they hit a brick wall. So I had a friend of mine take a look at it. Together we figured out how to make molecules unstable and voila. Banner says, that's some friend. And then Stark says, yeah, he's kind of fantastic. <laughs> Boom, mic drop, I'm out, yo. <laughs> so, and then he says the colleague of his father would be Hank Pym. So I guess that's kind of a way to do it. Yeah, I mean, I like it, but they, they would never do something like that. 
because it's like a free advertisement for Fantastic for the Four. other studios movie. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I mean, they included Quicksilver in Days of Future Past without calling him by name. Yeah, that, that's true. But that was a little bit of a different scenario, I right. think. This is such a – they don't need to drop Reed Richards' name to get this story moving forward. Right. Yeah. It's just kind of a – what's the word I'm looking for? Like a side note. Yeah. I think it's a fun way to do it. It absolutely. would be a fun way to do it. Yeah. yeah. But – um, I got some new news on Ant-Man that I wanted to tie into this email, and it's kind of a news segment, but I'm just going to, since, it, I don't know, it just works out really well. JoeBlow.com released potential spoilers to the film, so I want you guys to tell me what you think and if this gets you excited. Uh, here we go. Story begins with Scott Lang, played by Paul Rudd, being a thief and a single dad who has fallen on hard times and one day breaks into Hank Pym's apartment and steals the Ant-Man suit. The second thing they talk about here is the main villain. The main villain's name is Darren Cross, who in the comics runs Cross Technological Enterprises, a competitor company for Stark Industries and Oscorp. His cousin is the villain known as Crossfire. It's unknown if this role will be played by Patrick Wilson or Corey Stoll. He will have a suit with a similar feel to Ant-Man's, but more military style, yellow and black in color, and with a tendril-looking apparatus coming off its back like with Agent Venom. It's to note that in the comics, Cross looks more like a pink Hulk, so there may well be some merging of attri- uh, attributes from other characters for this role or multiple villains at that. And everybody's speculating Yellow Jacket. Oh, that makes sense. Hank Pym had all kinds of different costumes, right? Yellow, right. Y- the Yellow Jacket, yeah. Crossfire, I always thought of as a, um, it was like Hawkeye's main villain in a lot of Hawkeye solo series stuff. I think he's involved in Hawkeye's origin and everything. So he's yeah, kind of like um, there's different there's different villains that do swing over from different characters, you know, like uh, Daredevil and uh, Kingpin and Daredevil and Spider Man. So for sure, yeah. and Bullseye, Doctor yeah, Doom, absolutely. and whatnot. Yeah. Uh, final thing is the Ant Man suit will be much more elaborate than we've seen so far, with the helmet being able to open and close much like Iron Man and an assortment of red lights all over the suit, again in Tron fashion. The helmet eyes will also glow red when closed. It's said to be a much more complex and futuristic suit than we've seen so far. Hmm. That's exciting. I like that first fact that, that he brought up, um, the spoiler about Scott Lang for sure being a thief and stealing the yeah, costume. I like that. I'm very excited that that's still coming into play. Absolutely. Well, I mean, it totally fits with Paul Rudd's character, uh, his personality in movies, in my opinion. Like, he would be a good thief. Yeah, and it's going to be really funny him discovering the powers not from the like advantage of a scientist, but it's just a, a bumbling thief realizing right. he can shrink down and do whatever with this costume. I want to know how he learns about the suit to begin with. I mean, is he working in... Like a lab, like as um, I don't know, like is he working in the lab as like a janitor or something, or you know what I mean? Like, how does he find out about this? Yeah, that's a good call too. I'm not sure. I like that they brought up that his da- that he has a daughter. Yeah, because um, she was uh, what's her name? Stature in the comic books. Eventually, oh, I don't remember. She was a young Avengers, and they killed her off in uh, the last issue oh, of Yes. Uh, yeah. Uh, Children's Crusade. Yeah, that was huge to his character. Yeah. Yeah, okay. So uh, that's a character I really like, so I'm glad that they're dropping that in there. Absolutely, yeah. Um, let's see here. So 
What are we talking about next? Sorry, I'll go on and on about the Ant Man stuff. <laughs> you know what? Uh, we've done tons of listener emails. Let's take a little. Let's take a little break, and we'll come right back. Break it up. All right, hey, and we're back. Uh, throughout the show, we might rate some things, and if this is your first time listening to the podcast and we just started uh, rating things, toss it, taste it, and Tupperware, you'd probably be thinking, what the fuck is wrong with this podcast? What, what the fuck is this rating system? This is ridiculous. <laughs> so here's an explanation of our rating system. The rating system is simple. If the leftovers don't like something, they toss it. If they do like something, they suggest you taste it. And if it's brilliant, it gets a Tupperware rating. If all the leftovers love it, then it gets the pinnacle of success, a Tupperware party. All right, so that's how we rate things here on Pop Culture Leftovers. Toss it, taste it, and Tupperware. If you don't like it, get used to it. It's not going away. People must like it because I, I know it's pretty easily imitated. Oh, yeah. 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 yeah, agreed. Let's start off with a little segment we like to call Good Pop, Bad Pop. It's where we talk about the things in the previous week or weeks that we either watched or read that we liked or disliked. It's time for more leftover reviews with Good Pop, Bad Pop. All right. Jake, Frank, you like, uh, you like movies, right? Yes. Oh, yeah. I like movies. Well, some. A lot, a lot. What's the last movie you saw, Frank? Whether it's on TV or... You got Edge of Tomorrow. Edge of Tomorrow? Yeah. <laughs> you know what the last movie I saw was? What's that? Because I watched Wayne's World on Netflix. No shit. Just, just the other <laughs> night because I realized I hadn't seen it in over a decade at least. <laughs> hey, was Farley in that one? Uh, yes, briefly. Yeah, he was in the second one. I remember that. M- much more. He's like the roadie guy in the yeah, second one. But he, yeah. he just was like a cameo in the restaurant in the first one. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay. I believe. I don't even think he has a speaking line, but he's there. He's there. Okay. Um, so you like you guys like going to the theater, though, right? Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, okay. Just uh, picture this, if you will. You're in the theater. You got your popcorn, and, of course, you got your huge soda. And the next thing you know, after you're sitting there, you're enjoying the movies, you have to take a giant leak. Does this happen to you guys? Yeah, I hate yep. it. Okay. So the movie is good, but I mean, you've got you've, <laughs> dude, it's unbearable. You got to pick your spot. You, oh. <laughs> yeah. you get to the point where it's even hard to focus on anything but the movie. So you know you have to go, right? Um, you leave and you come back, and you missed what happened, and it could have been like a key critical plot point. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and you're totally lost in the film. Uh, but what if I told you guys that you could still take your piss? And not miss a single bit of the story. How much would you pay for that? Hmm, I don't know. Well, I'd probably pay five to ten dollars for an app like that because I go see quite a few movies. Well, you're, you're a fucking idiot, Frank. Cause, <laughs> cause, I was gonna say it's, it's ninety nine cents. Holy shit! A movie? No, it's an app. It's called P Run, and it's considered an all in one <laughs> movie app. Uh, here's what you get with P Run. The app will tell you the best times to take breaks during a movie without missing an important scene. There's an automated pee timer to remind you when to head out. So if you have the phone in your pocket, it will vibrate and let you know that it's cool to take a piss. 
I, I love this. I love this idea. It's Me an too. amazing idea. It's also called um, Smoke Aid if you want to run out and have a cigarette too, right? <laughs> Is it, they have an app for that? It's, it's this could, same app. Oh, yeah, you okay. can use it for anything. <laughs> yeah, right. for any reason Time you need. Time to get a refill on popcorn. Yeah, if Scar wow. Joe is looking too hot during the movie and you need that 45 <laughs> seconds. Yeah. <laughs> Go rub one out. <laughs> yeah, you can do it. You can use this app for all kinds of shit. This is great. I love this. I love the idea of thinking of a movie and then trying to figure out where the best forty-five seconds to go take a piss is. Too, I want that job. Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, it gives you after credits information too, and it lets you know how long before any after credit scenes start, so you can time yourself to get back to your seat. There's a synopsis cool. to the first twenty minutes of every movie, just in case you're running late. All of the movies are updated on the day of the release. So uh, this should be their slogan. I made this up. So you can finally piss in bliss with P Run. That's awesome. Piss in bliss. That's great. That is awesome. It's called P Run. P Run. Yeah. P E E Run. Yeah, not P Run. Like if you're hungry for snap peas, I got to get the fuck out of this theater and eat some veggies. Yeah, it's P Run, like urine. Yuck. P Run. That's bitching though. It is bitching. I want it. You guys are looking it up right now. I am. While we're I'm, doing the podcast. Oh, oops. Yeah. I'm yep, just, there it is. Uh, yeah. They got it for free on the iPad. I'm looking for the... I'm oh, that's look- Run P. That's probably a knockoff. Uh, I'm looking for the podca- Podcast Run app. <laughs> podcast Run. Yeah, the best time for me to get the fuck off this podcast with you two jokers. <laughs> <laughs> hey, don't look in this direction, we're, then. We're, we're buying something. <laughs> all right, all right. Yeah. No, but no, it's a cool app, man. I mean, honestly, I mean, it's going to tell you when to go take a piss. The best, it's going to vibrate and tell you the best time to go take a piss. So you're not going to move it and miss anything. When you come back, you can read the synopsis of what you missed. Yeah, and it's going to tell you if you're pissing too long and everything. Right, Frank. <laughs> all you have to do is pay him ten bucks, right? <laughs> yeah, with as long as uh, what movie runtimes are anymore. I mean, and you know, especially with all the movies that are out that have end credit scenes. Yeah. It, it, that would be the biggest benefit to me is to know how long I've got to go take a leak real quick before I got to get back in the theater and catch that. Right. Because I mean, damn, two and a half, three hours long for something like The Hobbit. I mean, yeah, that's a fantastic point, especially when a lot of these action movies are over two hours and it's the last half an hour. That's all the amazing action. You don't want to be thinking of your bladder the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah, oh, I love it when I like I go to the theater to watch the movie the second time and I gotta take a piss. It's like I'm gonna get up and walk out. I don't give a fuck. I've seen this part before. <laughs> oh yeah, refills on drinks and popcorn yeah, the exactly. second time. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, who gives yeah. a fuck. Yeah, <laughs> but, I, know, I know what happens. I come back and I tell people what they missed. Uh huh. But when my bladder's full, it's like that first viewing. I'm like, yeah. fuck, this sucks. It gets to the point where I can't even enjoy the damn movie. Right. So, yeah. Uh, I wonder if it gives you like. Uh, knowledge as far as like now you've got quite a big break here in case you got to take a shit too. You know? Yeah, I'm sure it uses the same. Well, no, 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 no. I mean, like if it's got like got to take a big dump. Well, <laughs> <laughs> now's the no. perfect time. Well, take I mean, a, fuck, you don't find, <laughs> find yourself the nearest shitter, Frank. <laughs> Diarrhea sneaks up when you're least expecting it. But if there's time in the movie to take a giant dump, <laughs> then you yeah. probably shouldn't see the movie in general. But, well, no, I mean, what I'm getting at is like if it's like, okay, if you got 30 seconds here or a minute and a half here or whatever, like you were saying too with the smoking. Yeah. I mean, yeah. if you, you know, you, you, you kind of tend to pick your moment as far as like, okay, well, I'm going to have to do this. Well, do I have time to do it now or if I'm going to have to do that later? So. And who doesn't want to take a giant dump at the theater? 
Oh, I know. I love sitting in the puddles of piss that everybody decides to leave right on the seat for me. Thanks for that, by the way. There's usually snacks in the stalls, too. Oh, it's the best. Damn, yuck, man. I can't eat <laughs> shit at the same time. <laughs> That's just gross. God, can we – let's move on. I'm yeah. sorry I even brought this up. <laughs> Jesus Christ. So listener Danny Murphy and I are big-time fans of the Expendables movie. Uh I saw the first two in the theater, and I'll definitely be seeing the third one in the theater. Uh, for me, guys, I don't know. These movies are just a guilty pleasure. They are totally void of a great script and character development, but what they lack in that shit, they make up for with great action, giant explosions, and cheesy winks to the fans of all the 80s action heroes. So we've gotten a ton of stars in these films joining Stallone. We've got, you know, we've had Jet Li, Dolph Lundgren, Terry Crews, Jean-Claude Van Damme, Chuck Norris, Mickey Rourke. Bruce Willis, Arnold Schwarzenegger, Wesley Snipes, now Harrison Ford's coming in there. But we've not gotten Steven Seagal. I, I think he was asked to do the first two movies, and he turned it down. So finally, when asked by The Big Issue why he's never been in one of the Expendable films, he had this to say. I didn't have the P-Run app, so I didn't know if I'd be able to stop my scene. <laughs> come back. No, he says, I just didn't like some of the people involved. Life is too short to work with funny people. Now, he wouldn't name any names, but he did say that he did like Jet Li and Jason Statham. So it's – I always knew he had an issue with Van Damme. Didn't they have – Yes. They had back and forth and everybody wanted to see who was better than the other. There was like that huge feud between them for a long time. Yeah. I mean – Steven Seagal, we've always known he's had issues with his perception and the way people perceive him and right. whatnot. So, yeah, I I have a hard time believing he'd, he'll be in any of these movies ever. Oh, he won't. Yeah. I mean, he said he will not be. Um, I mean, I get it. I, guys, it, it's his business. If he knows these guys and they don't get along or he just doesn't like them, then I, I totally get it. I'll hold a grudge, too, if I don't want to work with somebody. I mean, if I don't like somebody, I'll hold a grudge. That's how I am. So I can't blame the guy for saying no. Um, I mean, that's his thing. He's just turning down a lot of money. Yeah. So. But, I mean, props to him for not wanting to work with people he doesn't like. If you want to see him in something that uh, is kind of goofy, he was in Machete, wasn't he? The first one? Yeah, yeah, he was. Has he was been in anything since Machete? Uh, he does his little reality show called Lawman. Oh, okay, gotcha. Where he, like, follows police officers around or something. <laughs> oh, my God. He's kind of a kook, right? Yeah, he's different, man. <laughs> bit so. eccentric. Yeah. Jake. Yes. You, sir, are a huge fan of the Harry Potter series. Love it. Okay. Did you know that Quidditch is now a sport and it's taken uh, – it's been uh, – basically it's being played all over the world now. The IQA, baby. That's what they're called. The International Quidditch Association. You're absolutely right. They are called the IQA. Oh, yeah. I, uh, 99 <laughs> problems, but a snitch ain't one. <laughs> Why aren't you playing this, man? <laughs> oh, it's it's hilarious, too. I've actually seen this shit live. It's hilarious. Because do you know how Quidditch works? You have to ca- – Oh, yeah, the snitch. Yes. You they got- were doing it at a, a C2E2 I went to two years ago. The IQA was there and everything. And I okay. talked to a bunch of those guys because I couldn't stop laughing about it. No shit. And, uh, oh, yeah, I bought their T-shirt and everything because it cracked me up. It looks like a Major League Baseball symbol except it's for the IQA. How does it work, though? you got to get this. This is how it works. You know how – the object is to catch the golden snitch, right, which is right. a magical ball that flies all over the place and tries to – well, it's a person 
with like a golden blanket over them <laughs> that represents the snitch. And they run around and try to avoid being caught by when, the other when players. When you said golden blanket running around, I, I immediately thought <laughs> I, I immediately P- thought of P-Run. P- <laughs> I, oh, man. It was a, it was a sight to see to see the real life Quidditch. I got to tell you, it's hilarious that it, it gets bigger every year too. But are, are the players running around or are they actually on they're, something? They're, you're, well, they they're on broomsticks, but they're running around. You know, they're just in between their legs, so to say. That would be <laughs> such a pain in the ass to okay, run around with so what's the, like a twelve foot erection in front. They of you. are on broomsticks. Yes, like. So, like, was there anybody out there, like, on a Swiffer or something? No, no, like, no, no one was. Some of the players, like, think it's easier to, like, play with, like, I don't know. Some of them were lucky enough to have Nimbus 2001s, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, it's a, it's a real sport. And, uh, yeah, in 2009, film students at UCLA started documenting documenting the rise of the sport. And a Kickstarter was funded called Mud Bloods, a film about Quidditch. Here's the synopsis. Mudbloods follows the UCLA Quidditch team on their journey to the fifth annual Quidditch World Cup in New York City in 2011. The film is a culmination of two years spent documenting documenting the fearless, bold individuals who dedicate their lives to the sport of Quidditch, including the entrepreneurial force behind the International Quidditch Association, the primary governing body of this fledgling sport. (laughs) It's a sports documentary, like uh, documentary, unlike anything you've ever seen, because it's a sport you could have never imagined until now. So, yeah, it's uh, going to be uh, available on video demand, video on demand, and theatrical release this October. Yeah, that's hilarious. Those guys, I like I said, I talked to a bunch of those guys at a C two E two, and they were great guys. I really enjoyed talking to them. They were they were really serious about their Quidditch, their make believe sport from J.K. Rowling books. You right. should totally give them like dirt bikes or something instead of making them run around. Because, I mean, I just I'd have to see it, but to see them run around, it's a cool concept. But to see them just running around, it seems, sounds goofy. So they've got to hold the broom in between their legs and run around, yes. and then try to catch this person that's running around in a yellow blanket. Yes, while doing the other <laughs> stuff too with the. Um, the quaffle, they're still, they, they have the hoop set up and all they're right. getting points with the quaffle. Right. And all that kind of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Where's the Calvin Ball League? That sort of sounds a little bit like rugby though. Yeah. You know, I wonder, I wonder, I really, get, I need to check this out because I like to see how it plays out. It sounds silly, but I'm sure it's a bit more organized than what I'm picturing in my head. <laughs> yeah. Because I picture some doofus in a, holding, literally holding a yellow blanket over his head. Running around. I mean, it's just ridiculous. I picture some guy alone in his basement. <laughs> yeah, exactly. My, my, it's such a fictional fantasy sport that they would try to adapt this as crazy to me. One of my favorite parts about it was just kind of how out there it was. Like, sometimes people wouldn't catch the, uh, snitch for like weeks. Yeah. Like games went on forever because there was no time limit. The game didn't end until they caught the thing. And I can't remember, so. and it was in the book, it wasn't uh, depicted in the movies, but there was a game, and I can't remember what it was. It's been such a long time since I read the books that somebody actually caught the snitch and they lost because the score was so high on the other side from scoring points from with the, the quaffle. quaffle. Yeah. Yeah. That even though they caught the snitch, they lost. So, yeah. It'd be really interesting. Yeah. I'm going to move my mic. This is not, I'm going to pause this. I'm gonna pause the podcast. Okay, and we're back. Uh, just took a little, a uh, little break there while I adjusted my mic. This is a little bit more natural. We are all positioned better. Yeah. 
All right. So, uh, Jake, you have some good pop, bad for but God damn. Good pop, bad pop. Good pop, bad pop for us this week. Good pop, bad pop. Can I, can I interlude just one second? And we have, we've gone this whole time without one hammer time drop. We're not doing that no more. Oh, it's been so refreshing, hasn't it? <laughs> I, I kind of like it once. See, oh God, we're going to run this thing into the ground. All right, all right. I can't do it. I can't do it under pressure. All I'm right, not just going to do it to just, do it. Just keep it in mind. I'm it's sure. I'm natural. sure there'll be an appropriate moment where you could use a hammer time drop coming yeah, up in just, the next hour. It just hasn't come up. Gotcha. So, all right. Sorry about that. <laughs> um, I wanted to talk about um, Game of Thrones being over for good pop, bad pop. Um, I'll be spoiler free about it. I know Brian has only watched the first season so far. First, and then like maybe five or six episodes into season two. So. Gotcha. I know Frank has watched everything there is to watch. So, oh. <laughs> hammer time. And, um, yeah, the season's over. We have to wait a whole year now until season five. That's the only bummer thing about these HBO series is, you know, almost all of them are the same way. Sopranos was, um, what, you know, True Detective was only six episodes. We get 10 episodes a year of Game of Thrones and then they yank us away from it. They feed us all that good stuff and then they take it away for a whole year. It's good and it's bad though because with keeping it at 10 episodes, yeah, it really keeps them on point as far as the pacing goes. Yeah. Oh man, I could use some. I could use sixteen episode seasons of Game of Thrones. That'd be so great. But it would over, it would end up overtaking his ability to write the books. Yeah, I don't care about the books. <laughs> well, that's <what> I <laughs> from. Yeah. More people have seen the TV show. I know, but he hasn't got it all fleshed out yet to where they can make more movies. I think he the fifth one is. It's the highest watched show on HBO. It doesn't right. matter how many more books he writes. It's not going to stop the show anymore. They're not just going to be like, oh no, there's no more books. We have to not make this. That'll be confusing, man, show. because he's got creative control over that shit. They can't just run with it. Hmm. They got to have his okay. He'll get his so. checks, and I'm sure he'll give his okay. Man, I hope so. I, I, I just, I don't want to see any of that get twisted around. Yeah, it's a different thing. Yeah. I'm excited though. I, I thought the last episode was super great. One of the best finales. Um, usually in seasons one, two, and three, it's a very soft finale where whatever big thing was going to happen happened in episode nine and right. not in episode 10. So yeah. you get a very soft finale. And this was, um, not that at all. I thought it was a lot more action packed than the best finale of the series so far. Absolutely. And big I, fights, big moments. Mm-hmm. And I, uh, Having read the books, you would have thought that something like that would have come come as like not a big shock to me. But about two or three episodes out, I was kind of wondering what all they were going to cover and what they weren't. Uh, and I got excited realizing the direction that they were going to go. And I, I knew that that last episode was going to be like the best episode ever. Yeah, it was it was super exciting. One of the best uh, fight scenes like – Almost a five, six minute fight scene between two characters. Yeah. That yeah, was super was... exciting that, I mean, Vegas odds were 50 50. I mean, mm-hmm. I haven't read the books, but as a non book reader, between these two characters, I had zero idea who was going to end up winning or killing who. Right. So I just had a lot of fun with it. Would you say that you, uh, aren't a big book reader in general? No, I'm a, I'm a huge book reader, but I had not read any of the books before watching the show. Okay. And so after seeing the show and having it be the show that what got me a fan of this, I decided that I wanted to let the show do its job. 
as a book reader, what I would recommend to you, because I've done this very thing myself, is I started watching the show first, too. And then I, w- I want to say after I got through the second season is when I actually bought the uh, the first four books. And I've read through about halfway through book four, but I stopped. I mean, it's been about a year or so since I've read anymore because I'd rather see what the show does first and then read through the book after because that's been that's been pretty fun for me. Usually it's the other way around, but this is something special. Yeah, I'm going to wait until the whole series is wrapped up before I even consider reading the books. And even then, I may not. Yeah, I wouldn't blame you for doing that. But the books are still a good read, though. Yeah. I mean, there, there's not anything surprising. It just fleshes some stuff out where you get to hear their thoughts instead of just trying to assume what they're thinking on screen. But I can say that they've done a very good job of – Sticking to the source material and helping uh, let you know what's going through each person's mind when you don't get that normally in a TV show or a movie. Yeah, that's for sure. Uh, I think they – I mean I haven't read the books, but it seems like they've done a good job at adapting this when it's HBO's highest rated show. They've definitely done more than just get fantasy fans and book fans to watch this show. They've they've made it so every it's accessible to more people than that. Definitely. And I think that's the big success of this show. Are you going to hop on this train at some point eventually, Brian, and catch up? Or are you going to wait for the whole thing to be done for? You know what? I might actually go back and watch the first season again. Yeah. Um, and then start the second season. Because I'll be honest with you, from the time that I had watched the first season, mm-hmm. I had waited about a year and a half before I started to watch the second season. Ah. So I, I remembered a lot of the main plot points, but I had forgotten some of the things that had happened. So I, I own season one. Mm, gotcha. And so I might just watch that again and then go through season two, three, and four. But I need like I need some time to do it. And right. I've got so much on my... Yeah. Would it be easier for you to have physical copies than to watch it on the HBO Go? Yeah, it would. Yeah, I got... I have season two and three. I'll throw them at you. Yeah. Yeah, I'd watch them then. All Absolutely. Right, yeah. Because it's one of those things where the the gap in between almost kind of messes with it, which is good uh, when you know when you're actually watching it on HBO and they recap key moments that happen to kind of remind you. I hate that. That's, really? Yeah, nothing pisses me more off than when it's like previously on and they show some episode from eighteen fucking episodes ago because you know something's going. And then pull. it's like, oh, I know the something's going. Exactly, yeah. it's going to tie in. That's the reason they're fucking showing the scene. Yeah. If you're keen to watching shows, you know they're showing that because now they're going to wrap that up in this fucking episode. Yeah. And how much more surprising it would be to go, oh my yeah. god, that character. Yeah. Right. From in today's fucking age of information, I can fucking if I don't remember where that guy is from, which most likely I probably do. I can look the shit up on the internet afterwards and yeah. be like, oh, it's that guy from 18 episodes ago instead of previously on whatever. Right. right. There was this storyline we didn't wrap up that guess what? We've spoiled that we're going to wrap up in this episode. Yeah. I myself don't need it, but I guess part of the reason why I like that they have that is that I watch the show and, and I don't mean my wife when I say this. I watch the show with somebody who doesn't keep up so well. Yeah. So instead of them constantly asking me, who is this person or why are they there? It kind of covers that that way i could shut the fuck up and watch the show myself yeah i hate that though if if ugh, i, I i'll be nice <laughs> no I'm, I'm right there with you i absolutely know what you're talking about it's like learn comprehension yeah but. and i was gonna say but i was gonna say before i got off railed about how much i hate that shit but um i can understand brian you being so confused waiting the year and a half between seasons because i think 
um, between season one and two, more than any two seasons, they really introduce like a dozen new characters in season two. I, yeah. And, and you're like, it was this guy even in the first season? The reason I, I didn't keep going with season two was it was like, I don't know what's going on yeah. at this point. I have no idea what's going on. Uh, so that's kind of, I, I just didn't have, it didn't have like the same feel the first season where I knew what was going on. I knew these characters and right. it just felt really different. Yeah. Was it hard for you to accept the story going on after Ned? I know a lot of people were really upset means that he was basically the main character and now it's like a whole new show without him now. Yeah, it's totally different because it's like, it's kind of like if you were to follow The Walking Dead and all of a sudden, like after season one, Rick dies. Yes. And that's the guy that you started the show with. He's like your main protagonist throughout the entire journey. And then you're forced to like, oh, okay, now your main guy is, you know, T-Dog. Yeah, exactly. So it's like, what? You're always kind of left wondering, though, in the show, who do you like or who should you back or get attached to? Because at any point in time, somebody can die. Yeah. And it's kind of cool because I'm kind of getting the point. Sounds like our show, dude. (laughs) (laughs) You never know who the fuck is going to leave this thing. Yeah. But uh, you kind of get the point that that is where a lot of shit started. I mean, I'm I'm no further in the books, really, than what they've covered already through the end of this last season. And I'm really getting the idea that that whole thing with Ned really is what kicked off all of this. Like, that ruining uh, the... See, I don't, I'm trying to be real careful because I don't, I, I don't want to say anything that I shouldn't to ruin. Yeah, spoiler for free. You. Spoiler yeah. free. Yeah, right, 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 right. But yeah, I mean that that was the big event that you know kicked off a lot of this shit, and it it's kind of a good thing. It's kind of the theme of the show to wonder about who to back, who's going to make it, who's going to get through. Yeah, everyone's definitely gray in this show. It's hard to say who's a hero and who's a villain when right. it, when everyone's so gray. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I do think that it was, it's a real good time for you to jump back in it because I would say with the events that happen mid to towards the end of season two, it, it just takes off and it's running at like top speed and it, it hasn't slowed down yet. Yeah. And the whole series is only 40 episodes at this point, but right. I, but I Tupperware the season finale and I probably would only, uh, have tasted the seasons one, two and three season finales. They were all really soft episodes. Not bad, but... Do you consider the finale so the episode 10 or the episode 9? The episode... Why would I consider the second to last episode the finale? Because the 9 is the one where usually, like you said, where the big event happens. But it's it's, not the finale. But it's still not the finale. Right, but they kind of made it a theme of the show that that would be. But it's still not the finale. But it's still not the finale. Well, right, but the books themselves are... But it's still not the finale. (laughs) (laughs) I know you keep saying that. Because it's still not the finale. I don't know what you're... What your point is? I consider the last episode of the, the season last episode, the finale I, every I, time. I, I consider the last of anything the finale. I don't know where what, what your where your logic is. They've all been weak. All the season t- are the episode ten, but you still can't. They're one, still the and finales, three. and that's then right. that's kind of and that's my point. Is the this has been the best finale? It's a Tupperware finale compared to three Taste It finales, right? But they've the finales that I'm considering to be the last episode. Yeah, of the like season. this is your finale, and it's really weak, Frank. Right, but that's been this is your last episode, is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> <laughs> They're all really weak. How do you pick one out? But um, no, 
that's been kind of the 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 pattern that it's been following up until this year. Season nine has always been your big episode that something happened. No, and, and I, then season ten has been purposely weak. And I I said the same thing previously that it's usually nine where all the excitement happens and the finales that's are exactly soft. Exactly what he said. Right. But what then? What are you saying? I don't understand, Frank. What's your point? Well, he said that he is tasting the other finales. Where, Which means I'm tasting the last episodes, yeah. not the nine episodes. Exactly. There's a lot of people though that consider the nine really the, and they're, I, I guess and they're fucking the, idiots. <laughs> I guess it's really it's, just because it's not a finale. No, it's the penultimate episode. It's the penultimate episode. Right, but this is the first one that's actually been a penultimate episode it that wasn't actually a delivered. Episode. It wasn't a penultimate episode. It was the finale. Was the finale. <laughs> right, it actually delivered. The other okay, I, I don't know if we're just saying the same thing in different no, ways or not. We're not saying the same thing. You just you are not. I don't know. You're speaking a different language. I don't. There's 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 okay. There's episode one, which is the premiere, right? The okay. opener, also the opener, yeah. also. And if it's the first episode, it's considered the pilot. Okay. Then you have all the other in between episodes. The second to last episode is called penultimate. Okay, oh. that's the ninth episode of this Game of Thrones series okay and then you have the finale i don't know why you keep referring to the ninth episode as the finale but it's bothering me it's like seriously bothering me it's Sorry. like serious it's like a hemorrhoid on my ass <laughs> seriously i'm really i just want to like drive it into you that it's not the goddamn finale i'm, I'm really confused by it too of yeah. course i don't consider the and season he keeps nine trying to like like run around this whole conversation like eventually he's gonna find some truth into what he's <laughs> saying in his logic your logic is skewed i don't get it frank and i understand that um the finale this year was was much like the episode nine to the previous years, and not like finales to the previous years, and that's exactly what I said. Right. Never. Right. I didn't refer to them as finales. And he'll agree with you, but then he'll go yeah. back and start an argument again. I don't understand. Whereas most see, okay, look at it like this: <laughs> like say from The Hobbit, or better yet, The Lord of the Rings. Yeah. The ends of those movies with the the were just like a stopping drop off point because they were part of a larger series of books. This is the Return same thing. Return of the thing. King was the finale. Yes, and that ended it and it was finished. <laughs> yes. The Two Towers was the penultimate episode. So with this, the, <laughs> it's it, there really is no finale because there's always – yes, there's a season. Yes, there's a finale. It's the last episode. But because they're based on a series of books – it just continues. The ninth episode has well, been... Well, every show really... still continues, but the last episode of the season is the season whatever finale. Jake's point was that the finales right. in the previous three seasons yeah. just didn't live up to what he wanted in a finale, right. and this one did. Right. It has nothing to do with the books. I know that. the books stop and start, well, right. but that's what you're bringing up. Yeah, it's like, these are a series of books, and I'm, I'm telling you, Frank, I, we understand that. We're talking about the show, yes. and we're talking... You, you, you're, you're agree. It's like you're agreeing with me, but at the same time, you're like you still go back and and I don't it, understand. It was intentional. The last episode, the finale of the first three seasons, was not meant to be the big episode, and that's what Jake right. said. Yeah. Okay, yeah. we're all on the same page with that. We're saying the same thing. Okay. Hey, thanks some people for reiterating <laughs> everything that Jake said in, in agreement with with an argument. In between, it was pretty awesome, Frank. But I don't lot, know how you did that. But a lot, yeah. <laughs> a lot of great. A lot of people refuse to even consider 
like everybody would expect the last episode of a season to be the big episode. Yeah. A lot of people stopped doing that, which is what blew them out of the water on this one because the 10th episode was usually what we get on a season nine or episode nine. And I agree with that, but I mean, that's a bad way to think about it. I mean, to be fair, in most stories, it's the penultimate episode that's always the most exciting. I mean, Empire Strikes Back is the penultimate episode. Yeah. You know? And that's that's where usually all the big action happens. I mean, it's... I agree with that, but not so much on TV shows. Uh, and as, as a point on that, I would say like Buffy the Vampire Slayer, the finale is always where she went toe-to-toe with the big bad, and whatever was going to transpire there, that was where the major repercussions were going to take place. Yeah, but, and I disagree with that too because they had really soft um, Buffy finales too where she didn't the – big, the big bad has been disposed of and there's still an episode left. And it's a very soft finale. I believe they did that on two of the seven seasons. Can we dispose of this fucking conversation? <laughs> and my whole point is exactly what you're saying is that it was um, – the seasons were unformulaic like that where the, the finale was soft and the big stuff really happened in episode nine instead yeah. of a typical finale. That You would, just made a statement and Frank wanted to like – you just made a statement and yeah. Frank was like taking it as like criticism to the series and was – that's what I take. Well, what it. took me mostly off guard was him asking what I considered the finale, the right. episode nine or the episode Ten and of right. course I consider the final episode the yeah. finale. I suppose I asked the wrong question. What I was getting at was everybody at this point had expected the ninth episode to be the one that would deliver on a lot of stuff. And the ninth episode of this season was very good. And it really caught a lot of people by surprise that the tenth episode of this season was even better. Yes, not a wrap up. Right. A big episode. Yeah. Speaking of wrap up. Wrap, wrap, wrap it up. <laughs> Can we wrap this up? Sure, yeah. <laughs> no, finish your thought. Finish your thought. I, I I wasn't trying to disagree with you, Jake, in any way. I just think it caught a lot of people by surprise because the first three seasons, the ninth episode was one the one that delivered, the one that they expected the big events to happen, and then the one after that was really weak. I'm actually thinking that you're giving the tenth episode of the first three seasons a lot of credit to give them a taste it. Some of them, like se- episode, or, uh, season two, episode ten, I, I would almost barely toss it, only in the sense that not a lot happened. Yeah. But well, I, w- I wouldn't toss a single episode of this series, to be fair. I Even my least favorite one is still a taste it so far. Right. I, well, I mean, yeah. But uh, I guess what I was getting at was a lot of people just – I mean they didn't expect the 10th episode of this season. Oh, my God. Wrap, 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 wrap it up. Over and over and over again. <laughs> Jesus, move on. All right. Let's talk about something less controversial than the – Damn ninth episode and tenth episode. Which one? God, I'm gonna have a fucking episode if we don't stop talking about this fucking shit. Jesus Christ! All right, let's talk about something less less controversial. Uh, I went and I saw 22 Jump Street this past week. Uh, it's the follow up film to 21 Jump Street, which stars Jonah Hill and Channing Tatum. Uh, let me start off by saying that this movie is a great example of how you do a comedy sequel. Good. Uh, the movie actually makes fun of itself within the film. Gotcha. The oh, sequelitis aspect of it. It's beautiful. Yes. Uh, <laughs> they play undercover police officers in this film, just like in the first one. Uh, the first movie they are in uh, – yeah, let's see here. They're in a high school, and then for this movie, they're in college now. So, you know, it's like, oh, okay, that's the, that's like the, you know. That's the transition. The transition. Yeah, it's for like, sure. Exactly. It's the perfect transition. 
back to how they make fun of the movie within the movie. Nick Offerman, he plays the captain, and he says during the film that the first time they did this, everyone thought it was a horrible idea, and by some stroke of luck, it worked. So they've doubled the budget, and somehow they expect the same results. And then even Channing Tatum says something like, that's a horrible idea. <laughs> so, uh, it sounds like they're talking about how much money the police force is putting into this investigation. But in all honesty, they're poking fun at the studio, greenlighting the first film that everyone thought was going to bomb. And then dumping more money into the second film and hoping that it too will do well. And little scenes like this are played throughout the entire movie, but it was really smart, brilliant, and funny how they did it. I've seen bits of that in the trailer where he's talking about how he wants them to do the exact same thing they did last time since it worked this time. Right, right. <laughs> really funny stuff, really meta humor yes. about just the business of movies and sequels. That's really cool. And another thing about this, like <laughs> you mentioned, like, oh, all we saw was like the, the Mexican Wolverine yes. trailer. I'm so glad that that's all they really showed in this film. They did a good job. They did a great job of really hiding a lot of the funny things that go on in this. Because I think I had only seen the Green Band trailer. I'd never seen the Red Band trailer for this. Gotcha. But as far as like an R-rated comedy goes, there is a lot of funny things throughout this movie that are not blown in the trailer. Wow, this movie's rated cool. R, Brian? I believe so. Wow, yeah. is the first one rated R? I believe so. I didn't know yeah. that. See, I've yet to see the first one. I need to check it out. I've heard I'm so serious. much good stuff about this new it's, one. It's, uh, the, new, the first one's actually really good as well. I mean, it's mind-blowing how... Okay, <laughs> I just want to say, buddy cop movies are hard to do. Yeah. And any even 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 just buddy cop movies, action movies. Yeah, they're not all forty eight hours. They're not all Lethal Weapon. Yeah. So buddy cop comedy movies are even more difficult to do, uh, let alone a sequel to a buddy cop comedy. Yeah. Um, I'm highly surprised that they were able to pull this off. I, I'm I'm giving this uh, movie a Tupperware. Nice. Uh, it could have gone horribly wrong, but the fact that the movie doesn't take itself too seriously. And finds a way to make fun of itself even in the end credits where they parody what school they're going to be in next. Yeah. And they take it all the way up to like 20, uh, like 45 Jump Street. That's They even have one that's like 21, 21 Jump Street where they're in space. They're just making fun of this franchise. I, I also heard there's a lot of cameos. Spoil some cameos for me. Oh, uh, there's some great cameos. Uh, if you guys are familiar with the Lucas Brothers. Yeah. Lucas Brothers are in this, and they are absolutely phenomenal in this. Hilarious. I love those guys. Um, and uh, who else is in this? Oh, my God. There are so many. Sorry to put you on the spot. No, that's fine. Um, the uh, the chick that plays Allison, not Allison, but uh, she's in uh, Workaholics. I can't remember her name. She uh -oh. she works directly under the um, the boss. I can't remember, but she's really funny. Gotcha. Um, I'm trying to, there's a ton of cameos in this and I cannot remember right off the top of my head. Does Depp make a cameo in either of these movies? Who? Johnny Depp? The he first he one. did it in the first one. Did he? Yeah. Um, Ice Cube in this one That's is funny. absolutely phenomenal. The biggest laugh out loud moment for me was, and he's at the parents weekend dinner. So the parents co go to the college for the weekend. Gotcha. I'm not going to spoil it because it's that good. Um, I w yeah, the Lucas brothers were in it. I mean, this, this movie, it just, seriously, as far as like comedies go, this movie so far is the comedy of the, of the summer for me. It nice. really is. It really is. Uh, we've, we've still got, um, the, uh, 
Damon Wayans Jr. movie uh, with Jake Johnson mm-hmm. coming up, uh, uh, the cop film, um, Let's Be Cops. That's coming out. So I'm hoping that that's going to be fun. Oh, the two guys from New Girl in the movie together. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So I'm I- only familiar with him from uh, Happy Endings, and he was really good on that. Yeah, oh, yeah. He was really good on Happy Endings. Yeah. The trailer's funny for that. Surprisingly it is. enough, it is. Yeah. yeah. And then uh, I don't know when it comes out, but Sex Tape with uh, Cameron Diaz and uh, Jason Segel looks really hilarious. Oh yeah, that should be funny. So um, yeah, catch uh, if you haven't seen the. I actually posted on Facebook the Red Band trailer to that. Okay, Sex Tape. It's it's hilarious. Rob Rob Corddry's in it. Oh gotcha. So yeah, looking forward to that one quite a bit. All right, Frank, it's time for your good pop, bad pop. I swear to God, if you bring up Game of Thrones. Episodes nine and ten. I'm <laughs> fucking with no, you. I know, man. No, no, no. My, my P run app is beeping right now. <laughs> <laughs> Edict. <laughs> no, uh, th- th- this is not necessarily about so much anything that's new, but uh, I guess it's just a realization of how much good stuff actually came out 30 years ago. A friend of mine posted a uh, a tweet from at Stay Puffed. That said that at the movies this weekend in 1984, and in June of 84, Star Trek III, The Search for Spock, Gremlins, The Karate Kid, Conan the Destroyer, Cannonball Run 2, and Ghostbusters were all released. Yes. And it kind of got me into looking at what else was released in 84, and a lot of people are considering that to be one of the best years of uh, for movies ever. I was just having the same thought earlier today. We retweet that tweet that came from Stay Puff. Yeah. If you go to uh, PC Leftovers, at PC Leftovers, I retweeted that as well. Gotcha. Yes. Today is actually the day of the uh, 30th anniversary of Karate Kid. Oh, is like it? Like it came out exactly awesome. 30 years ago to this day. Awesome. Wow. Yeah. yeah. And, and last Sunday was to the day when Ghostbusters came out. Uh, I thought that was on the – wasn't it the 8th? I thought it was – um. Maybe it's two weeks ago. Yeah. I'm a week ahead of time. You're right. It's two weeks. Yeah, I don't have dates. I just got months. But it got me into looking at it as far as like what other things would I have known that came out from 84. And uh, in February, Footloose came out. In March, Romancing the Stone was released. Um, in April, Suburbia. And Friday the 13th, the final chapter came out. Um let me see here. The Natural was released in May. Oh, I love The Natural. Yeah. That is a great movie. God damn it. Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom was released in May. Oh, yes. Wow. August, Red Dawn. Uh, Oxford Blues. In September, uh, Amadeus, The Brother from Another Planet, Stranger Than Paradise, and Chud. Chud! Bud Chud. the Chud. Cannibalistic humanoid <laughs> underground dwellers. Yeah, I used to watch Bud the Chud. Oh, o- God. October uh, saw the release of the first Terminator movie. God, that movie scared the shit out of me as a kid. Terminator? Yeah. 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 November was A Nightmare on Elm Street. That movie scared the shit out of me, too. <laughs> December was Beverly Hills Cop. They're still doing Beverly Hills Cop 4, by the way. Really? Yes. Judge Reinhold? I don't know if he's coming back. Um, they had cast uh, somebody else as like Eddie Murphy's son, and I think like that. No, 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 no. That was the Beverly Hills Cop TV show that got cut. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, and uh, people were speculating that uh, Eddie Murphy might make like a cameo appearance in that, but that never got off the ground. That was actually supposed to be part of last year's fall lineup. Oh, jeez. And it never got off the ground. 
Do your wow. do your best Eddie Murphy Beverly Hills Cop laugh. Can you do that shit? What is it? <laughs> <laughs> That's for you. <laughs> I, I, I kind of started to trail off into Fat Albert there for a second. But uh, December also saw the release of Dune. Oh so, yeah. yeah, I love Dune. It's, I, it's I'm I'm kind of a David Lynch hater, but. Dune is the only David Lynch movie I really yeah. love. Yeah, the, I'm still trying to figure out the what was it, the Lost Highway. Oh Christ! I still cannot make heads or tails of that fucking movie. <laughs> I was just amazed that there were so many of these movies from my childhood that came out in one single year. And I know we're, the, we're looking at isn't it uh, next year or is it the year after that? There's so many. Eighty five's the year with um, Back to the Future. I don't think we're ever going to get another magical year like that. No. I mean, yeah. because that's like, amazing. The, the fact that all those movies were, you know, stood the test of time and that they, yeah. they've been really good. I mean, yeah, we're looking at a lot of movies coming out next year. We're looking at Jurassic Park four, Jurassic World, of course. We're looking at, you know, Avengers Age of Ultron, Star Wars episode seven. Yeah. But we still do not know if these movies are going to amount to a hill of, you know, fucking beans. I mean, seriously. Agreed. Piles of right. shit. 84, that's just like, fuck man. I, I, my wallet would have been empty that summer. Yeah, and yeah. That whole year. And there's so many original properties that came out too that had no sequels at all. Terminator, Ghostbusters, Gremlins. I mean, these are just the first ones. I, I, I can't believe what it would have been like to be a teenager at that point in time. Yeah, I saw so many of these movies, um, at the drive-in when I was between like 83 and 92. Yeah. I'd always see a lot of drive-ins and it was crazy. Like it'd always be a, just a double feature of craziness. It'd be like Temple of Doom and Beverly Hills Cop. Or I remember we saw Batman and Last Crusade and Beetlejuice and Poltergeist 3. Yeah. And just, you know, you'd always get to see just two big movies back to back. I never got to see a lot of movies when I was a really little kid, but I do remember that right after we moved to Florida in 85, we rented a VHS player. Yeah. And the first movie I ever saw on it was Terminator. Oh, nice. So that was cool. Uh, let's see here. Um, Frank, did you have anything else to add on that? No, nah, that was it. Uh, finally, I want to read an email that ties into this last good pop, bad pop before I start to talk about it. I got an email from listener Sean Lahoset. I hope I pronounced your name right, sir. He says, hey, guys, I've been listening to Pop Culture Leftovers since before your hiatus. But although I'm a loyal listener and follow you guys on Facebook, I've remained rubbing elbows with the other lurkers hiding in the shadows. I always wondered what it would get me to step forward and throw in my two cents about a subject. I work third shift, stocking shelves at a grocery store. It's a quiet, isolating job that doesn't leave me with opportunity to talk geekdom with many people. One of the reasons I love podcasts, and especially love the longer shows like Pop Culture Leftovers, which helps time go faster at work. I'm seldom surprised by film trailers or television shows because I also have two entertainment blogs. Therefore, I usually know what projects are in development. However, I was completely caught off guard by Sci-Fi's new show, Dominion, and last night's season premiere got me wanting to email you guys and get your thoughts on the show. While I was intrigued by early TV spots, I never bothered to educate myself on its development. So I was stunned to learn during the premiere it's actually based, it's actually a spinoff of the film Legion. I loved that movie, so my head was spinning when text appeared on the screen based off the film Legion. Did you guys catch the premiere? I was impressed by the quality of its special effects. It can't be cheap to make characters fly so often during an episode and execute wings, especially during daylight scenes like this. Is CGI becoming cheaper for television, or does sci-fi have enough belief in this show 
they're being generous with its buzz- budget. I could go on and on about my impressions about this show, but I just realized how long this email has already grown. Eager to hear your guys' thoughts on the show. Sean LaHosett from Ohio. And then Michael Cornish, uh, he also messaged me on Facebook, and he wanted to know our thoughts on, the, on Legion. Um, did I don't know if any of you guys got to watch the show, did you? I did not see Dominion. Okay. No, I didn't get a chance to. All right, guys, since you didn't watch the show, the best way to explain the show is really to play the introduction to the show. So I'm going to go ahead and do that now. Let's hear it. Give this a listen. 25 years ago, God disappeared. His angels held man responsible and declared war on humanity. The Archangel Gabriel led this war of extermination, hoping to rid the world of humans and claim dominion over it. Some higher angels refused to take sides. But the lower angels joined Gabriel. These lesser spirits lacked bodies, so their first line of attack was to steal ours. But Michael, the greatest of all archangels, chose to fight for man. With his help, the survivors struck back and built strongholds to defend themselves. Soon word spread of a baby Michael had saved. A child who would grow up to be mankind's savior, this chosen one, would be known by the markings on his body. Finally, Gabriel and his army retreated, and we were left with the realization that not only are angels real, they are our most hated enemies. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, so, so that, that's basically Dominion in a nutshell there, and I love how they started off the show with so, that uh, that exposition. Sorry, I'm no, a, go ahead. Does it start with them finding like the marked, the chosen one? Are we introduced? See, that's to the thing. That's the part of that whole fucking intro that had me worried. Yeah, was like that's just like a trope in every yeah. fucking one of these movies. In in the Matrix, you've got Neo. You know what I mean? Yeah. You've always got the chosen one. The one who will bring balance to the force. Exactly. Yeah. That's what I was worried about. And I think they did a decent job so far of setting this up. Okay. Okay. Um, that's the part that I was the most worried about. They do get to it. It's in the latter half of the episode. Gotcha. Um, what I noticed in this show that it – it was kind of a mix of religion and a horror film. Yeah. Um, you've got well-known angels from the Bible like Michael and Gabriel, uh, but then you have these angels that aren't as powerful, that they inhabit human bodies. And when they move, it's very much like the movements you see uh, someone possessed in like a horror movie. Uh, very oh, quick cool. movements, jumping on walls, kind of like the uh, liquors in the uh, Resident Evil movies and, and moving very quickly on walls and, and jumping and pouncing. Um, their eyes are all black and look very demonic. Now, the show, it starts off with this guy, Alex, and he's hunting these angels. He's outside of the city. Uh, the city that they are in is Las Vegas, which has been barricaded. And they even have like modern day cannons that are remotely controlled on the city walls. Um, they're very worried about like an invasion, of course, gotcha. um, after these, after the war. Um, and the, I, I kept thinking to myself, why Las Vegas? Why Las Vegas? I kept thinking to myself that even at night, it's so lit up 
that it's almost like it's daytime, that they would be able to see things very well. It's like uh, the city that never sleeps, really, in Las Vegas. Yeah, I was also thinking of, like, the uh, metaphor of it being Sin City, and right, that's where yeah, a war yeah. of angels is taking place. I was thinking Sin too. Yeah, yeah. Okay, you guys are smarter than me. <laughs> I just thought of it now after you said it. I'm a fucking idiot. You're absolutely right. I'm a moron. When you were describing this to me, I couldn't help but think of a spawn. And that's kind of its background war between the higher angels and the lower angels and right. all that going on in the background. I yeah. was thinking that Christopher Walken movie, The Prophecy, Yeah, myself. Um, when you first see the angel wings in this show, they are massive and they look really, really amazing. The fight scenes that are in the show, they're done really well with the choreography and how they move. It, it almost reminds me of fighting scenes that you'd see in Arrow. Um, the show itself is a taste it for me at first. And then they got to the scene where they had assembled a crowd within Caesar's palace in the, uh, in, in the arena area, you know, where like, um, you know, where like Celine Dion would do yeah. the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they introduced this warrior who was famous in the city for taking down 22 angels. And the people were just cheering this guy on. You know, he's like a gladiator to them. Yeah. And uh, then they announced that he was going to take down his 23rd right there in front of them. And people just look shocked. And I'm thinking to myself, okay, this is, this is weird. Like, why are these people not cheering him on? Um, they open up this metal crate and this large woman who had been possessed by an angel, she comes out and she's changed up, chained up, and she just looks creepy as all hell, dude. Okay. And apparently they've never brought an angel into the city themselves. This is the first time. So they this is not how this guy had killed them. He had killed them outside of the city walls during the battle. Gotcha. And so people are shocked that they brought this twenty third angel in there for this battle. Um after this, when she's chained up, all hell breaks loose after this, and the show just breaks wide open. This is where it really started to pick up. Uh, the higher angels do come into play later in the series, in the, sh- in the show. They wear this angel armor, and it looks amazing. They use their wings to cut you. Okay. Um, it's like an extension of themselves, and they use it as a weapon, whether they're flying or whether they're on the ground. They can use it to be defensive, to block gunfire. It's really cool. Although when I first saw Gabriel's armor, I thought he looked like Magneto with wings. It <laughs> looked really like Magneto's costume, just with like some you know, like uh, magenta wings. Um, the uh, angels they fight with swords. That was really cool, and the choreography was cool. Watching them fight with the swords. The last forty-five minutes of this show are a definite Tupperware. Uh, it's still kind of too early to judge this show even though i enjoyed the hell out of that first episode the character of alex is starting to get interesting so i want to see where this show goes uh i will continue to be watching the show it's called dominion it's on sci-fi it's on thursday night after defiance was it a one-hour pilot it was actually it was a limited commercial interruption and it went on for an hour and a half Gotcha, because it sounded like it was jam-packed for an hour so yeah that makes a lot of sense the effects were good though because sci-fi Original programming is hit or miss for me with the facts. Let's just say this is not Terra Nova. Okay. This is a huge step above anything that we've seen. They've used – whoever does the special effects has used a great way uh, to use the lighting and like the – the sets and locations that they're in to make the effects look genuine. Mm. I mean, 
they look really good. Okay. Um, and uh, the designs of the characters, and it's almost like um, I'm not going to say it's as fleshed out as like the characters in like Game of Thrones, but there are different groups of people throughout this entire show that make it interesting. So, I mean, I'm definitely going to keep watching this. I mean, sometimes pilots can either be like, sometimes with a show, a pilot can be the worst episode they make. And then the rest of the yeah. show series, it's it's great because the pilots are typically filmed months before the actual show starts to go in development. It's what they show the executives at the uh, network to to entice them into greenlighting the show. Yeah, and so the show could to make some drastic changes from when they first originally shot this. And just as a storytelling point of view, that's correct, Brian. A, a lot of times um, the pilot has to be the exposition to the mythology. And once you kind of lay the groundwork to what the show's about and what the plot's about, then you can really kind of, um, I mean, pun, atti- pun intended, spread your wings and kind of do whatever you want with the storyline. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Do so. they reference Satan at all? Uh, no, it's, it's, uh, they have not referenced Satan. This is basically about, uh, basically God has disappeared and the angels want to know why. Well, right. Sure. I'm sure it'll come up at some point because, uh, in things like I've meant, like I mentioned prophecy earlier. And then, uh, when, uh, we first got here, we were talking a little bit about Constantine, uh, Satan, who is a fallen angel is always looking to try to, uh, rise, from hell, so I'm, I'm sure it's something they're going to bring up. I'd be very interested in checking this out. I don't want it to get too complicated. I like what they've got now with the simple story. I think this, I like this. Yeah. I like this direction they're headed. Sometimes I'm turned off when the religious overtones become too heavy. Yeah, for me. Yeah, and, and like that's what I was worried about. Like listening to like the intro, the whole exposition of the intro, and like then them bringing up the chosen one. It's like. Hasn't this been fucking played out a billion fucking times? Are you serious that you're going to do this? <laughs> and they did it in they did it in a pretty good way. I'm not saying that Alex is like the most interesting dude ever. I mean, this guy so far, I mean, he I guess he's all right, but I mean, he he's got to be I don't know. He's just like your typical blonde hair, blue-eyed guy. It's like there's really nothing that makes him – I think Michael at this point, the angel Michael, is more interesting than he is. Gotcha. So he, they're really going to have to flesh out his character if he's like going to be the main guy in this show. But other than that, man, I give – it's too early. I can't rate this whole fucking series. But yeah. the first 45 minutes are like a taste at the last 45 fucking Tupperware. That's dude. great for a pilot. Yeah. I mean that's a great start. A lot of pilots are not – of some of my favorite shows aren't Tupperwares yeah. ever. But check out Dominion if they're if they're fucking playing this shit again. Like if you can catch episode one, you can watch it right on the website. Yeah, go to sci-fi dot com, watch it on the website. But uh, yeah, man, I had a good time watching it. I mean, the the character designs are cool. I mean, the actors that they got in this are, are pretty damn good. There's a villain in this. I've seen him in other shit, and it's driving me crazy. It was oh, driving, I hate that. yeah, man. And uh, he, he's a character actor and other things that I've seen before, and he plays a damn good villain. And so definitely give Dominion a shot. Uh, yeah, like I said, Sci-Fi Thursdays, it uh, comes on right after Defiance, which I did want to bring up. I did watch the Defiance premiere. I enjoyed the hell out of season one. Yeah. And I watched the Defiance premiere. Okay, this it's hard for me to say, but, uh, man, it's one of those things, like, I wish I had just watched, like, the last three episodes of Defiance 
going into this one. Gotcha. Because what they had done was, like, as soon as they start the episode, they say, like, nine months later. Ugh. And, like, I'm doing internet research trying to remember exactly what happened in that final episode. And there's, like, you know, there's a scene with Daytech, and he's one of the villains in this show. And Daytech, uh, he's in the fuck, he's in a prison. And for the life of me, listeners, if you know why he's in prison, please fucking let me know, because I have no idea why the fuck he's there. <laughs> and I feel stupid, because, like, this whole time, he's in this prison camp, and I'm like, why the fuck is he here? Why is Daytech here? Why did he lose his power? I thought he was just, like, elected. And now I'm just, I'm, I'm kind of lost on that whole part. You know, that's a plot device we've seen in a lot of different things lately um battlestar galactica did it parks and rec did it um avengers comics are getting ready to do it where we just jump ahead in time without actually seeing the in the middle revolution did it last season yeah that's a real that's yeah. that's becoming a thing where they do that too much a little bit yeah. i think like, then they flesh it out with like flashbacks and things like that as the series goes on sometimes they do sometimes they don't sometimes they don't sometimes they just move forward yeah. and that's what it felt here but it was good i mean nolan is still nolan and i love that nolan is still fucking han solo man He's a badass, and this fucking Han Solo shoots first, and Lucas can't say shit about it. I fucking love <laughs> Nolan. It's good to see Nolan back. Um, you know, I mean, uh, who else was great in this episode? Um, the Jesse, the actor Jesse Rath, he, he's really good. Yeah. The mother, oh my god, uh, Daytech's wife, I can't remember her name, but man, she is a fucking snake. If ever a woman could be like, like the embodiment of like a snake, a serpent. This woman is so she's so sneaky and sly, and she's so evil to her core. It's unreal how good of an actress she is at playing like a just an evil, wicked woman. Man, fucking amazing. Sounds like sci-fi really has things going on Thursday nights. Yeah, if they wouldn't have canceled uh, fucking Alphas, man. Uh, that was my fucking show right there, dude. Was it a Thursday night, too? I don't know if it was a Thursday. It might have been a Wednesday, but man. Yeah, Thursday nights for sci-fi. I'm hoping that uh, these are two shows that can stick around, and I'm hoping that Dominion can keep the momentum going, and I hope somebody tells me why the fuck Daytac is in a fucking prison. I'm sure someone will tell you. Somebody tell me. Somebody message me. Send me a message. Brian at popcultureleftovers.com. You can tell me I'm a dumbass for not remembering first, but just tell me, and I'll thank you. I'll, th I'll actually thank somebody for calling me a fucking dumbass. <laughs> because I – seriously, I have no idea why he's in prison, and it was that's, driving me crazy. That's funny. We watch and read so much shit. It's hard to – It is. It when really you go is. a 10 months without – like thinking about that story yeah it's, especially when they you, they jump ahead like you said in time it was kind of there's a weird scene when he's in the prison camp dude like okay she's there she hasn't seen him in a while he wants to know what's going on on the outside he starts giving her shit and blah 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 like you know like i want to hear it from them I, i'm sick of hearing it from you and like blah 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 well like this is how evil she is she starts fucking jacking him off oh jeez right shit. then and there it's like under the garment yeah but she starts jacking him off and talking about you know things that are going on and then she starts talking about their son which is even more awkward because he's still getting aroused he's talking about <laughs> she's talking about how their son's growing up and everything and the whole time she's jacking this guy off i was like oh my god this is fucking sci-fi yeah wow yeah. And that sounds hardcore the whole time she's jacking him off i'm thinking why the fuck he's even there <laughs> so yeah great i still love to Defiance, I'm going to keep watching. I'm hoping that I can just kind of like move forward with the story, even though I 
kind of don't know what's going on with a few of the characters and why they are in the position. Maybe they want you to be. Sometimes that's the point is for you to be a little bit off kilter and confused. I kept thinking that too. Like maybe we don't. We're not supposed to know why yeah. he's in prison. But yeah. I, honestly, I think I'm a dumbass. <laughs> flip, a, flip a coin. I'm kind of wondering, and I have no way of knowing this or not because it was. Yes, I'm going to answer your question. It was the season premiere. Oh, it was. It was not the penultimate <laughs> issue or the finale. It's totally not what I was. Or episode nine. The uh, right. Yeah. The um, the game. I got burned by the game because it, it, it. I knew that the uh, that existing generation consoles was too weak to handle a massively multiplayer shooter, and I tried to keep up with the show, and I got through like the third episode, and then I fell off. I haven't got back on on it. They they they're saying that there's not enough of a install user base to put it on next gen console, which is where it would probably belong, but. I wonder if they might have covered some of that stuff in the game because they're supposed to be tied together in some way. Yeah, there's a part in the game where you can rapidly press on buttons and jack off other characters. Mm. So it is covered in the game. Yeah, it looks like a, How yeah, much does that game cost? Just button mashing. You could probably get it in a bargain bin now from GameStop. The game, actually, they announced during the show that the game is now free to play online. Yeah, oh. yeah I just read that. So, all right, you guys ready to take a break, and we'll come back, and we'll do some pop culture leftovers news? Yeah, sounds great. Sounds good. All right, we'll be right back. You're not cooking. Yeah, dude. Pork chop sandwiches. Oh, shit. Get the fuck out of here. What are you doing? Go, bitch. Get the fuck out of here, you stupid idiot. Fuck, we're all dead! Get the fuck out! My god, did that smell good. You detect it. There's no going and you tell me do things. I done running. Hey, we're back. We're going to talk uh, news. Uh, we've got a lot of news to cover this week, so that's pretty exciting. So uh, here it is, the pop culture leftovers news. Hear ye, hear ye, read all about it. It's a little of a news and there's no doubt about it. This news is gangsta as fuck, yo. It's gangsta as fuck, yo. All right. So. Well, every time. I love that drop. I, yeah, it's it's a thing of beauty. Um, it looks like we got a ton of movies that have been given confirmation of being released in 2016. It looks like we're going to be getting our fifth uh, I believe it's fifth, right? Fifth Born movie. The next one's coming out, number five. Woo, yeah. That's so, correct, five. There was the three Matt Damon ones, the one Renner one, Renner. and now we're on five, right? Yeah. I, I'm, I'm sorry to, I'm sorry that I have to admit that, uh, I have not seen the Renner movie yet. I haven't seen any of them. Are we happy about a fifth movie? Mmm, I could leave it or take it. I, meh. I think they've been waiting on this one for so long, and the rumors are that they're gonna be bringing Matt Damon back for this one, so. He's going to be involved. I, I, possibly. It's a rumor. How did that work? Did Jeremy Renner play the same character as no, Matt Damon? No, no, okay. no, 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 no. Okay. He didn't play. I, I haven't seen the movie, but I know for a fact that he did not play the sec- uh, the uh, same. J- he did not play Jason Bourne. Okay. So uh, Hansel and Gretel 2 has been announced, which I still have not seen the first one. Yeah, I watched the first 20 minutes of it and fell asleep. Okay. Yeah. Star Trek 3, uh, Beverly Hills Cop 4. G.I. Joe 3, and a fifth Transformers film. Oh, man. Is Bay coming back for a fifth? He said that he said he wasn't even going to come back and do the fourth, and then they got him on for the fourth. It sounded like years ago when he talked about it that he would set up the tone for the fourth, and then the remaining two movies in this next trilogy were going to be done by somebody else. Gotcha. Okay. So 
at, well, that remains to be seen. So, yeah. Uh, but yeah, next week I'm thinking we are going to re- be reviewing the uh, Transformers: Age of Extinction movie, right? Yes, that's Friday. Yeah, I'm super excited. Yeah, so we we'll be definitely reviewing that film. So that'll be next week. Um, but yeah, those are some of the movies that are slated uh, for 2016. I don't have exact release release dates, but uh, th- those are some of the movies that are going to be coming at us in a couple years. So. Yeah, it's probably it's going to be a little bit of a uh, after 2015. It's going to be hard to top that, right? I mean, that's that's the year coming up. Yeah, I mean, episode seven, Avengers two. Is anybody really going to be that excited about Star Trek three after JJ left? Did Star Wars, and we've already had our Star Wars episode seven. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough to follow up Star Wars and losing JJ the next year in a Star Trek film. Yeah, gosh, I wonder how much teeth that franchise is going to have. They're going to have to do something really big for that Star Trek three. What do you think they can do? Um, I mean, they, they've got some great actors coming back. They really do. I mean, Zoe Saldana's coming back, and she's going to hopefully Guardians of the Galaxy is going to be huge. Yeah, and they'll have her in their hip pocket. You know, they've already got Chris Pine. Chris Pine, he's a big star right now. Yeah, and everybody loves Zachary Quinto as uh, as Spock, even though they liked him more in the first film than they did the second. He's still, I mean, if you're going to re- not replace Leonard Nimoy, but if you're going to have somebody try to attempt to fill his shoes, Quinto's the way to go. Yeah, gotcha. But uh, as far as the st- and Simon Pegg, I mean, fan favorite. Come on. <laughs> yeah, just what story? What's an exciting story they can do to make you excited for Star Trek? We need Klingons. Yeah. Something, right? We got teased last time with Klingons. We need Klingons. And let's not rehash another fucking story. No. Exactly. Like, you know, that's the thing. It's like, if you're gonna do a fucking story, don't try to remake the best fucking story <laughs> from your original film franchise. <laughs> oh, let's try to make the best film that they ever had better. That's fucked up. You, you can't don't do you, that. That's, you don't leave it untouched. Yeah, I agree completely. Yeah. That's Into Darkness is such a miss. Yeah, it is. Absolutely. I gave it a taste at the time. If I could retro, you know, uh, rate it, I, I, it's, a, it's a toss it for me. Yeah, I gave it a low taste it. I'll stick by that. It's it it t- does have the good performances. You know what's a toss it for me? I haven't seen it since. Yeah, that's a good reason. Agreed. I, I saw it in the theater. I haven't watched it since. And it's free on Amazon and I think Netflix now. For uh, I'm going to one-up you. I fucking own the movie and mm. I haven't fucking watched it. <laughs> So. I've seen Wrath of Khan like once every year or two since it came out since I was a little kid. And yeah. that is way too ingrained into me to fuck with. Yeah. yeah. Star Trek 3. We'll see. I don't have high hopes for that, though. Well, you know, JJ's not coming back. It'll be interesting. It'll yeah. be interesting to see what direction they take that film. Um, have you guys seen the trailer for Seth Rogen and James Franco's new movie, The Interview? I have I have seen a little bit of it. I don't think I've seen the full trailer, but I've seen a little bit, a little like snippet of it. I haven't got it. You haven't seen it. Nope. Okay. James Franco he plays a journalist, and Seth Rogen is his producer. And the premise is that they land an interview with the dictator of North Korea, Kim Jong Un. Yes. Uh, the CIA they find out about this, and then. Basically, I guess they kind of like strong arm him and, and recruit them into uh, assassinating him. Uh, so the real Kim, this made news. The real Kim Jong Un has heard about the movie <laughs> and has since denounced the film 
in North Korea, a spokesperson for Kim Jong-un released a statement about the film. There is a special irony in this storyline as it shows the desperation of the U.S. government and American society. A film about the assassination of a foreign leader mirrors what the U.S. has done in Afghanistan, Iraq, Syria, and Ukraine. And let us not forget who killed Kennedy, Americans. Oh, jeez. In fact, President Obama should be careful in case the military wants to kill him as well. Wow. The, uh, the spokesperson said that uh, Kim Jong-un would still probably watch the film. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> How could you not? If they made a film where that had someone playing you, you'd watch right. it. Okay, guys. This is, the real, this is the real question here. Yeah. Do you think that Dennis Rodman is going to make a cameo in this movie? Oh, jeez. I don't think he will. I don't know. That, that dude's got no shame. It'd be good PR for him. He should. Because I think it would look less. Can we shady. all agree that he was at, he was asked? Yeah, I mean we can guarantee right. that yes. they asked him. Yes, but like anti PR is his whole methodology. Like anything that is like gonna give him negative press, he's gonna do. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah, wow, that's crazy that him and all those basketball players went and played that game for. Wow. Well, see, the thing is, like, I remember reading an article years ago that said, okay, basically how it is over in North Korea is they have 100% control of what that nation sees on the internet, Mm -hmm. what they watch on their TVs at home. They are pretty much secluded from the rest of the world other than what Kim Jong-il back in the day would let them watch. Now, this guy was so fucking into himself and delusional that he made himself out to be almost like this uh, embodiment of uh, – almost like a god. It was really weird. I remember it was uh, Diane Sawyer, I think, who uh, went over there and she didn't interview him per se. But she went over there and she was given like the liberty to speak to some of the people in North Korea. Mm, gotcha. And she talked to them about uh, – a little bit about American films and like maybe some of the movies that she'd named off a few movies and they had not seen them. And then she named off the movie Shrek. And these two North Korean girls said, oh, we love Shrek. They love Shrek. So it had been translated into Korean. They, these girls had watched it. They really enjoyed it. They had no idea that that film came from America. Oh, wow. None whatsoever. They thought that like this was a North Korean film hmm. as far as they knew. They had no idea it came from America. Here's another thing. They went to a bowling alley that Kim Jong-il went into one time and they showed this uh, trophy and the trophy said that Kim Jong-il had visited this bowling alley the one time he bowled and he bowled a perfect Perfect 300 300, and it was put on that trophy. That's how much they place their leaders into this like almost like godlike – you know, like superhero status. Oh, yeah. So, of course, it's going to be denounced by the North Korean government. I mean, dude, I, I love how this movie is already making – this is brilliant fucking marketing by Seth Rogen and uh, his partner, Gold. Uh, was it Goldberg? Yeah, for sure. Brilliant fucking marketing. People are going to want to see this movie it's, just for the fact that it has made the news like this. This comes out pretty soon too, right? Because I'm thinking the more I think about it, I'm pretty sure I've seen TV spots for this is where I've seen this. Not a full trailer. 
I've seen the trailer in the theater. It uh, Before 22 Jump Street, they showed the trailer. Gotcha. Yeah, I've definitely seen TV spots of it, and I've seen the actor that's playing um, Kim Jong, you know. I didn't laugh one time in the trailer, yeah. but you know what makes me want to see it is this fucking new story. That's what makes me want to fucking see this shit. Yeah. Well, that kind of – was it a red brand trailer? I'm sure that kind of movie – No, it was a green band yeah, trailer. Yeah, I'm sure that kind of movie you need a red brand trailer. I'm uh, sure it's sa- red. Same thing with Dumb and Dumber uh, Dumb and Dumber 2. Yeah. Have you seen the green band of that? Uh-uh. Absolutely awful. Oh. I, I don't know which version I saw, but uh, my cousin had me watch one where he tries to pull something off of the other guy and he yanks him by his dick. Must have, must have been red. It's just that's, yeah. that's well. I mean, you don't see anything, of course, oh, but I mean, he, like drags him around by it. It's just that's low f- hanging fruit right there. That's just like the I don't like that kind of shit. I like smart comedy. Yeah, you know that low hanging fruit. You know that kind of crap where it's just like you know I like physical comedy if it's done well. But I agreed. You know, I mean, if it's done well, Chevy Chase was a master at it. But when it's just like uh, I'm gonna kick you in the balls and hope that the audience laughs. That's just low-hanging fruit. No pun intended. No, I agree <laughs> with that, too. Yeah, I find the humor in everything. As long as I haven't seen it before, if they show it all in the previews. Um, I'm just saying that, I mean, I, I want to see a, uh, I want to see, I, I'm not saying that Dumb and Dumber 2 should be a smart comedy, but the way that they took these two characters that don't basically a- a- learn anything throughout the entire film and still make it entertaining was kind of like a triumph to begin with. Yes. Now, are they going to be able to duplicate this like 21, 21 Jump Street did with 22, 22 Jump Street? I don't know. But if I just get a bunch of like dick and fart jokes that fall flat for me, I'm not going to be happy. Yeah, this feels like they both needed a paycheck is the reason this is happening. It's kind of a scary thing, you know? Did you put, see, they put it off for so long, dude. dude. Yeah. Did you say this is the end? Yeah, yeah. I, I liked it. You yeah. liked it? That was yeah. great. I, I must have watched too much of it in the, the previews or whatever because I couldn't get halfway through it. Oh, I didn't see any of the previews. I thought it was really funny. I thought that was uh, the funniest movie. That was the funniest comedy, in my opinion, of 2013. Wow. I'd, I'd agree with that. Yeah, I, I, you just like dick and fart jokes, Frank. That's 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 what it is. <laughs> well, yeah. no. I mean, I'm right up the alley of these guys, but I think I saw all the funny parts that I had witnessed as, as much of the movie as I saw. In I thought previews. it was a smart comedy that played well to like post-apocalyptic and the end times. And me growing up in church and things like that and how they mixed in the book of Revelation into it, I thought it was actually brilliant. Yeah, it was really funny. I thought the dialogue was really hilarious. I'm sorry not enough people got kicked in the dick for you, Frank. <laughs> I know. <laughs> no. It needed more dick kicks. Yeah, maybe I, a couple more farts in that film and you would have enjoyed it. I just must not have made it to that point in the film because I, I don't remember there being anything into the Book of Revelations. I, like I said, I only watched part of it. I didn't watch the whole movie. The parts that I did watch, uh, I like I said, I saw in the preview, so I, I just stopped watching. I didn't find the humor in it. Only because I'd seen it before. Not because it wasn't you know what I, what I go with just because I'd seen it. Alrighty then. I'm sorry. <laughs> I th- what? what? I, I, I got nothing. I was speechless there. I was trying to help out. Yeah, I, I got nothing. I got no water <laughs> to bail this fire <laughs> out. I don't. Yeah, I don't understand. I don't know. I thought it was a great movie from start I, to finish. Yeah, I loved it too yeah. from the beginning to the end. Right. And the revelations kicks in pretty much within the first 15 minutes. Right. Yeah, I thought so too. Post apocalyptic stuff starts happening right, right away. 
Yeah, Frank didn't see any ball kicks, so he was just like, <laughs> oh, this is not my kind of movie. I'm going to go watch America's Honey- Funniest Home Videos and somebody will get kicked in the fucking junk with a wiffle ball or something. <laughs> That's funny. That's funny shit. All right, anyway, uh, the interview, it opens October 10th of this year, so I'm definitely going to be checking that out. Hopefully it lives up to uh, all the news hype it's been getting. There was a rumor this past week that Chronicle writer Max Landis was the new writer for Ghostbusters 3. Oh, no. This news came from NikkiFink.com, the same website that gave us those DC movie rumors that we talked about last week. Max Landis is the same writer that was rumored to be interested in writing the screenplay for a Wonder Woman solo film. Um, If I remember right, in his version, he had her waking up on a beach in Miami. There is no memory of how she got there. Uh, but he wanted to make her a uh, scout for the Amazonians uh, for their invasion. Gotcha. So, a, a sleeper agent. Yeah, exactly. So this is uh, back to Max Landis and the Ghostbusters 3 rumor. This is what uh, Fink had to say on her website. Word is that the execs are mostly happy with it and believe that all the parts are there, as in beats, structural mechanics, Etc. But they're not all doing their jobs. Then on Twitter, Max Landis basically confirmed the rumor when he tweeted a quote from Ghostbusters. If there's a steady paycheck in it, I'll believe anything you say. <laughs> Which is a quote from Ernie Hudson, who played Winston Zedmore in the Ghostbusters film. That's awesome. Oddly enough, Max, uh, Max Landis' father, director John Landis, was originally offered the job to direct Ghostbusters back when it was called Ghost Smashers, but he turned it down. So then Max Landis, he took the Twitter moments after the story broke, and then he tweeted, Hey guys, it pains me to say this, but you know I pride myself on being a straight-up person. Zero truth to the Ghostbusters report. Okay, so after the story came out on Tuesday and then was dismissed, Max Landis took to Twitter again and released what his version of Ghostbusters 3 would be like if he was given the chance to write it. You guys want to hear this? Definitely, yeah. Okay. Haha, a bunch of people asking what my Ghostbusters 3 pitch would have been. I never had a full one, just a skeleton I've goofed around with. My Ghostbusters 3 began in the 1920s with Ivo Shandor, who, guys, I had to look up uh, Ivo or Evo Shandor. I had to look him up, but apparently Ivo Shandor is the leader of the cult of Gozer, and he's the primary antagonist of the Ghostbusters, the video game. Yes, okay. Okay. Uh, Max Landis goes on to tweet, the movie would start with Ivo Shandor murdering a gluttonous associate to protect his cult after he has moral uh, has a moral objection. Shandor tells the overweight man that nothing can stop the coming of Gozer. First, the gate will open in 1984, then again 20 years later. The fat man, who now has all the details of Shandor's plans, threatens to go to the police, and Shandor poisons him. It's scary, but as Shandor escapes... We see that we're in the Sedgwick Hotel, and that the guy we just saw die is Slimer. That's awesome. Cue the theme song. Show the Ghostbusters title. My full movie concerns several new. uh, My full movie concerns several new teams, and it's focusing on one. 
grown from the Ghostbusters franchise, which is now global and going bankrupt. Ghostbusters have become a parody of themselves. There are barely 12 ghosts caught a year. People have forgotten what happened in New York City. Egon passed away. Venkman lives on an island. Winston retired rich. Only Ray Stance is left in charge, and he's a terrible businessman. In an effort to bring back business, an obsessed team whose station has been shut down attempts to summon a minor ghost. It's up to our hero team to stop the bad team, reunite the fractured franchises, and save our dimension from a very pissed-off demigod. It's all very meta, creatively bankrupt Ghostbusters, no one wants the new team, the bad team are slick Michael Bay versions of the Ghostbusters, (laughs) but you keep the action, comedy, and emotion sincere witty blue collar guys who are the last people you'd want saving the world. And I think the teams would be by modern comedy click, a parks rec team, a Rogan Franco team, a crow key peel team. I don't know. I've thought a lot about ghostbusters three, but I'm kind of close on the Ackroyd Ramis side of things. So it always felt weird. What do you guys think of Max Landis's script ideas? Do you, Toss them, taste them. Is this a Tupperware? Would you like to see him take the reins of Ghostbusters 3? Yeah, I think he, um, that's the first kind of stuff I've heard that's even got me anyone excited about Ghostbusters 3. I think he's got a good thing going there. He, he's really incorporating, if they have to make this movie, what they have and, you know, writing off all the other characters and kind of crossing that bridge to, to new characters and a new storyline. It, it sounded right. interesting. Yeah. Love that Slimer opening. Oh, yeah. It's got a great That was hook. brilliant. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. That well, it was a great hook. Yeah. I mean, right there, I mean, introducing Slimer and showing like his origin story. Yeah. You know, that uh that's kind of cool. I and mean, then to put it together with Gozer, which was the main draw of the first movie. I mean, that's 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 great. But the the problem here is though, guys, is that Max Landis is not writing this, okay? Right. He would not have revealed this had these talks actually taken place. Yeah. yeah. It's kind of Fucked up, though, don't you think? Max Landis writes a really good screenplay, in my opinion, with uh, Chronicle. And uh, the only person that's really getting work out of that is the actors and the director. Josh Trank is fucking blowing up right now. Yeah. Getting a Star Wars film, Fantastic Four franchise under his belt. You've got, uh, you know, uh, who else in that? Uh, uh, Dane DeHane. I yeah. mean, he's blowing up. And then you've got... Uh, 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 I can't think of... I just watched him in a fucking movie today. Uh, Michael B. Jordan. That's, oh, gotcha, dude. Yeah. I just watched that awkward moment today with oh. Michael B. Jordan. Yeah, was that good? It was actually. It's a taste it. Okay, it's a taste it. I think Zac Efron kind of ruins it for me. Oh, I can Miles see that. Miles Teller and uh, Michael B. Jordan were phenomenal, but Zac Efron. Excuse me, Zac yeah. Efron kind of took me out of it. But um, you know, I, Max Landis is kind of getting the short end of the stick on some of these things, man. I think uh, I love his. Uh, I love where he's wanting to take the Ghostbusters. I mean, you know, he and, and he's trying to keep it original to the like. I like it when he says "witty blue collar guys who are the last people you'd want saving the world." That's that's Ghostbusters to me. That's right. what made it funny. You know, a guy like Venkman, he's he's our last hope. That, it's <laughs> right. fucking it's brilliant. Yeah, that's good stuff. And uh, you know, and I I like who he's trying to go with. Where he's thinking about like who he'd get to replace these guys, like a Rogan Franco team. I can totally see that. I've always said that I, that's who I'd want to see. And I'm speaking of Miles Teller. Miles Teller, if you watch him in movies like The Spectacular Now, if you watch him in uh, um, 
the uh, the movie I just saw today, uh, that awkward moment. He reminds me of a young Bill Murray, and I think he would be like the perfect Vankman replacement. But um, I mean, I was hoping personally that if Bill Murray did come back, that his character of Vankman was now doing one of those uh, cheesy quote unquote reality shows about ghosts, like the Ghost Hunters show. Oh yeah, I'd heard those kind of rumors that it would be like real ghost science for Ghostbusters three mm-hmm. for a while too. This is interesting. Side note: um, Max Landis is writing a Frankenstein movie that's coming out in 2015. Do you know about that? I knew about a movie starring uh, Aaron Eckhart called I Frankenstein that looked like a pile of shit, but I did not know about this. Yeah, it's got Daniel Radcliffe and uh, James McAvoy. Uh, Radcliffe is Igor and McAvoy is the scientist Victor Frankenstein. Really? And, yeah, it comes out October 2nd, 2015 from Fox. Wow. And it's a it's a Max Landis screenplay. It's probably a smart thing to do since that – I don't know, that Penny Dreadful show on Showtime has been doing really well. And I watched the pilot of that, and they introduced Frankenstein into that. And uh, it's kind of becoming a popular character on that show, from what I'm hearing. Huh, that's interesting. Pe- Frankenstein <clears throat> always seems like a hard sell to me. Yeah. Compared to, like, Dracula or Wolfman or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's kind of the same old, same old every time. Yeah. But I, I really like James McAvoy a lot as Frankenstein. I bet that's going to be fun. Who's Igor again? <laughs> Dan- Harry Potter. That is bizarre. That is bizarre, right? Did you hear that he was at a uh, – he was doing an interview, a rapid-fire interview, and they asked him. They said, would you ever want to do a, another franchise film? Oh, he wants to be Robin. And he said, yeah. He said he wanted to be Robin. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy, right? Yeah, yeah. He, he said he'd be the perfect for Robin. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, he was going on and on about that. That's I think true. it was more just said in like, you know, like rapid-fire, who would you want to be? I don't think there's any – there's no truth behind it, but that's, that's kind of interesting that he – that he thought of him being Robin. Can you imagine Dan Radcliffe as Ben Affleck's Robin? <laughs> no, that, that's no. a train wreck. That no. is a train wreck. I think I think the world is ready for Nightwing. So that's mm-hmm. that's all I'm saying. But um, I, I guys I, and Jake, I know you're not going to agree with me, and that's fine. But I personally, uh, it, okay, let me ask you guys: Is there anybody that you'd like to see take the reins of maybe Ghostbusters as the writer? Um, I mean, no one that I can offhand think of. Okay. Other than Max Landis now, <laughs> after I've read all that. Yeah. I personally would like to see them get uh, J. Michael Straczynski to write it. Yeah. Um, he used to write for the real Ghostbusters cartoon back in the 80s, and he did a really good job. He did over 20 episodes for them, some of the best Ghostbusters cartoon episodes ever. He also said at a con in 2013 that he was working on a script for Ghostbusters 3, uh, this, of course, was before Harold Ramis passed away. But Straczynski himself has even come out and said that he doesn't think that they'll ever ask him to write a Ghostbusters 3 screenplay because over the years people have publicly said that his Ghostbusters stories in the cartoons were better than Ghostbusters 2, the movie, and he personally thinks that it didn't sit too well with the people that were involved in those film like Ramus, like Aykroyd. Yeah. They didn't take too kindly to those words, you know? So he doesn't think he'll, he'll ever be offered um, Ghostbusters 3. Well, saying saying things like that in public isn't helping matters either. Yeah. So, eh, Straczynski, meh. 
I, I, I would like to see it. I think if anybody understands the characters, I think Straczynski is a, is a good guy to go to. Yeah, but those characters, it's not those characters we're doing. I mean, none of those characters are going to be well, in the film. Ghostbusters mythos in general. Yeah. The guy has written the Ghostbusters. Yeah. So, and the characters are going to have to come up in conversations. And if anybody's going to know about, like, why they're not there or, I think I think he would do a good job of explaining it. I think they should if they're going to don't do... try to take anything away from my cartoon experience. No, Jake. I love that cartoon too, and I know you're not a big fan of J. Michael Straczynski. Remember how ridiculous it was that they actually had to call it the real Ghostbusters because well, they had that there imposter was the, there Ghostbusters was the, exactly. cartoon, and yeah, they actually got lame. toys too with the that, different logos, uh-huh. yeah. like like a blanket ghost logo. Wasn't instead. that like on USA Network or something? I don't. It was on like WGN or some oh, shit yeah. like something. that. Yeah, that was just crazy. Yeah. I didn't know this, but I was like looking up stuff and Arsenio Hall was the voice of Winston Zedmore in the cartoon. That's awesome. The real Ghostbusters. So, all right. Just wanted to throw that out there. Uh, let's do some, uh, Marvel news. Do you guys think that Ghostbusters, it's, you think it's going to happen, right? Yeah. <clears throat> okay. Sooner or later, where no, whether anybody wants it or not. I was getting ready to say, I think they'd be better off just rebooting it. Than doing a Ghostbusters three, to, it's me, gonna, to me that's yeah. the smarter idea. I think they're wanting to hand the torch though, and I. That, but that's what I want to see. I want to see like I want to see like Rogan and Franco and like yeah. that whole group in there, and I think that would be fun. Yeah, it would be fun. So, you know, like Jonah Hill or something, and yeah, who's the guy from <clears> the <throat> Office that was in um like um Hot Tub Time Machine, and he was in This Is the End too. Oh shit! Oh god, I he cracks me up. Name. He'd be great. Um, God, Jesus, Vampirama. I'm sorry. No, it's fine. Um, I don't want to spend the next. Okay, I'm gonna pause, and you guys can find that out. All right, Jake. Craig, Craig Robinson is who it was. He'd be yeah. perfect for it. Yeah. You know, so really funny stuff. I think that would be good with Franco and Rogan and those kind of guys. Yeah, and then instead of, uh, I mean, and I was always thinking like instead of like Louis Tully, you know, like Louis yeah. Tully's character yeah. could be either. You could either do like uh, Charlie Day from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Oh, that'd be great. Or you could just like let's go fucking extreme and get Danny McBride. Oh yeah, oh, I'd rather do crazy. Charlie Day. I'd rather do Danny McBride. Uh, what about? Oh shit, <laughs> I can't think of his name. Oh Sheldon god, Cooper. damn it, Sheldon Cooper. Uh, damn, what's his act? The actor's name. I swear, if I have to pause again so you guys can find out fucking names. I'm no. going to go nuts. Everybody knows who I'm talking about, though, when you say Sheldon Cooper. Sheldon Cooper. For Finn Big Bang. Big Bang Theory. Jim Parsons. Jim Parsons, yeah. Wouldn't he be great as a uh, Lewis? Yeah. You can keep him out He'd of the movie. He'd be cool. Nah, keep because- yeah, I don't want Jim Parsons and Ghostbusters. <laughs> Last time we talked about this, I said Danny McBride for Slimer. Remember that? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. You guys want to move on to some Marvel news? Yeah, let's Marvel it up. All right. Marvel news. <laughs> Mark Ruffalo spoke with the digital spy and revealed that Marvel is now considering a Hulk movie. I'd like to play a little bit of that audio from the interview. So give me one moment here to pull that up, and I will do that. And have you heard any more about the possibility of a Hulk solo film? Because I know it's always in the ether, but it's not. Well, um, I think they're, uh, for the first time, sort of entertaining the idea of it. Uh, they, 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 when we did Avengers 1, it was basically no. <laughs> um, and now I think there's some consideration for it, but uh, still no, nothing uh, definitive or um, not, not even a skeletal version of, of what it would be. Um, so, 
I look forward to uh, going down that road if we can crack the nut. It's a tough. Uh, I think. I think the the, the Banner Hulk uh, storylines is obviously not an easy nut to crack. I think the Incredible Hulk colon Science Bros seems like the obvious. You know. Yeah, that would be cool. Yeah. Do, uh, you know, Iron Man and uh, yeah, that, up, yeah, if they do Iron Man four and and uh, and, and Banners and that, that'd be very cool. Well, yeah, like the post credits on Iron Man three, obviously was yeah, <laughs> yeah. introducing that possibility. <laughs> All right, so yeah, Mark Ruffalo kind of opened up about it. It looks like discussions have been talked about. But, I mean, we know Fahey has everything planned out until 2021. Is it is everything set in stone, or does he have something up there maybe with a question mark? Maybe Hulk question mark, and that's one of the films that they're kind of like – thinking like how is the audience going to react to the Hulk in this next Avengers film if it's positive are we going to do a Hulk solo film yeah i think that i think you're right on target there that was funny to me how he said before Avengers 1 came out it was oh obviously no right yeah, yeah. And, uh, and that just shows how much of a breakout character the Hulk was in Avengers 1 i think if we have repeat of that if Avengers 2 is more of the same where everyone's talking about the two really crazy things the Hulk did again yeah then we're going to go through with that yeah, um, I mean, what what kind of movie did you would you want to see with the Hulk with Mark Ruffalo? I mean, it, it's it, with him being the main character in a in a Hulk movie. Unless they do go the route that they were talking about, like Iron Man Four is like you know Banner and Hulk teaming up. Yes, if they just do a Hulk centric movie. There's got to be a lot of Hulk in that movie. We can't fucking pull a Gareth Edwards Godzilla and just have fucking Hulk in there for 15 minutes and the rest is fucking Mark Ruffalo. We have to have a lot of Hulk. So, I mean, this is going to give us an opportunity to and, – and, you know, with them doing Andy Serkis now going to help with the motion capture, you think that, you know, he's going to have to be part of this deal too. You know, you know what I think would be really cool? What's that? Would – to do the storyline where it's Banner versus the Hulk, where something happens in an Avengers movie where the two things become separate entities, because then you get the best of both worlds. Then you get as much Mark Ruffalo, you know, he gets to put on a performance, and you actually get to have him battle himself. I think he just solved it right there, because, like, I, I've always wanted to see, like, Planet Hulk slash World War Hulk. I think that would be fun, but that's going to be more Hulk-centric than Banner-centric. Um, which causes a problem for the actor, but what you proposed actually is going to work out for both, yeah. you know, Ruffalo and and people fans of the Hulk. And it's straight from the source material. It's nothing so radical having Banner and Hulk's like being separated, right? And having two actual physical, you know, embodiments of both characters, even yeah. though they, they were at once the same person. Yeah. So that'd be a lot of fun, I think. Yeah. I don't know how you'd fit like Planet Hulk and World War Hulk in the scheme of things that they're doing now, too. That's going to be difficult. Yeah, I agree. I, to get to World War Hulk, they have to use the Hulk as a villain eventually, and it doesn't seem like they're going to go that route anytime soon. It sounds like they're doing that in Age of Ultron where the, he thinks he finds – where he sees the Leviathan, and I think the Avengers are going to have to take him down. Oh, really? You and think, I think that he's going to be taken out of this next movie for some – for a part of the movie. Gotcha. That'll be interesting. Yeah. So I think uh, Scarlet Witch is going to use the Hulk actually against the Avengers. Gotcha. He'll, he'll be the Hawkeye of Avengers too. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, there are some rumored Avengers Age of Ultron spoilers that come out of JoeBlow.com this past week. Um, I'm going to read these. If you do not want to hear them, I would fast forward through the podcast. I, I, hell, I'd fast forward through this fucking thing anyway. It's a pile of fucking steaming horse shit. <laughs> 
According to Kevin Feige, the new Avengers Tower is the largest ever for a Marvel film, featuring a large landing platform and gar- and garage for the new Quinjet within a large space that is full of windows, screens, and techno stuff, but really chic, with a lab directly in the middle where Stark and Banner work together. Aww. <clears throat> there will, in fact, be a party... Or this is what we talked yeah, about. Yeah, we've already week. talked about this, yeah. There will, in fact, be a party or celebratory scene that will take place early in the film, which we've heard rumors of already, and is said to be Stark style in nature, meaning excessive and over the top. Iron Man 2. Yeah. Okay. The Quinjet redesign features more chairs to accommodate all Avengers much like the X-Men's Blackbird. The overall design is less military and more sleek with a bigger array of weaponry. Black Widow's costume update will feature not only the previously reported batons, but her suit is said to be more Tron-style in nature with blue lights and electricity around the suit. That sounds fucked up. Yeah. Her enemies will now receive electric shocks or a Widow's sting when she hits them, giving her more of a superhero edge against her superpowered counterparts. Okay. Okay, so yeah, they're just trying to adapt the team to, you know, some of the powerful forces and villains that they're It's a new toy. Yeah. Right. More corroboration about Hulk's extendable pants <laughs> uh that expands and shrink with his Hulk banner transitions and will also feature the Avengers A logo on it that adorns all new costumes for the teams. Love it. I, can- I like that too. That's yeah. cool. <clears throat> Stark wears the Mark 43 a suit with less gold on it than Iron Man 3, but still more than in the Avengers. The chest core reactor will be back to the circular shape favored by director Joss Whedon. So no more triangle yeah. arc reactor. The Mark 44 is the Hulk buster and will be his other suit in the film. Mm, that's cool. I keep hearing about the Hulk buster, so I'm interested to see it. Yeah, Hulk buster armor. Yeah, there was the, um, you've seen the, uh, pictures, the, um, you haven't seen those? No, I don't think so. Where the fuck have you been? <laughs> Buried under a pile of wood, apparently. Well, yeah, because I mean, they had the uh, the uh, artist renditions of the the Hulkbuster that oh, were released. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, as reported before, Ultron will be more than just a helmet, with his full face being articulated, including the mouth. All movements from James Spader's face are used to bring more personality to the villain. The suit mock-up is reminiscent of the weapon that Agent Coulson used to shoot Loki in the Avengers, which was made from the parts of the defeated Destroyer in Thor. The suit is said to have a red firelight underneath, giving him a kind of Balrog effect from the Lord of the Rings movie. Yeah, that's exactly how I imagine Ultron, with that ball of red fire coming out of his mouth. That's yeah. cool. Like illuminating him from the inside, you know? And I already kind of speculate, speculated this next one uh, from some of the pictures that they've taken of, uh, you know, the scenes that they've shot already. Ultron will have an army of drones yeah. that are similar in appearance to himself, minus the glowing red energy effect. Gotcha. Similar to other reports, the vision will be 100% Paul Bettany with his face and body all in metallic form, very shiny, with gold red, and green, as well as the yellow cape. That's exciting. Yes. That's going to look awesome. Fucking A, it's going to look awesome. <laughs> so, um, 
I, I don't know. I'm excited about some of this news that we heard about this. I mean, it's not a lot of plot stuff, but, no. uh, it, it's, it's a lot of costume design and, and, uh, you know, uh, some of the vehicle design and I'm, I'm happy with it. Yeah. I can't wait to see the, uh, Quinjet redesign. Mm-hmm. That'll Me be a too. fun Lego set. And new, and, and I can't wait to see Avengers Tower. Yeah. That's exciting. Yeah. Um, we also heard the news that Nathan Fillion might be cast as Richard Ryder, Nova, in the post credit scene of Guardians of the Galaxy, which uh, he was on the set of the film, and this was reported weeks and weeks and weeks ago, and there was speculation about him being in the film. So now there are reports that he'll be Nova, which I think is, uh, which I think is great and, and perfect casting, in my opinion. Yeah, I'm... <clears throat> Meh. I'm not the biggest Nathan Fillion fan, I gotta tell ya. I love Nathan Fillion, I love Firefly, and um, anybody, I, I wanna see him in space again, and this makes me happy. Yeah. I, I hope it's not true. I hope Nathan Fillion is not Richard Ryder. I'd I love to is. see him in something. He He's great. They were talking, uh, James Gunn tweeted on uh, the 21st of June that the rumor of him playing Nova in Guardians of the Galaxy has greatly and entirely exaggerated. Um, and then he went on to say, uh, because someone questioned him, why would you say that? And he says, just what you'd say if you wanted to keep his appearance a surprise. Uh, he says, I would never and have never lied to my fans. So supposedly, according to James Gunn, it's not true. Uh, he's in something, though. I mean, whether it's Richard Ryder or... As something else, he's going to make an appearance. Yeah, it does sound like he has some kind of a showing in this. It'll be interesting to see. Um, I got an email uh, from Grub. Uh, he's one of our listeners. He also does the Awesome Movie Podcast. And he sent me an email. He said, I'm at Wizard World Philly this weekend, and my buddy is meeting Fillion this morning. I asked him to ask Nathan if the Guardians of the Galaxy thing is true. If he can answer, I'll get you an answer later today. And then to which I got a follow-up email later. And he says, all he would say is that he's enjoying the new Nova comic. Why wouldn't he just say no if he's not in it? I don't understand. Speculate all you like. I think it means he's in. Yeah, that kind of thing makes it sound like he's in. Absolutely. Yeah. I like, though, how they don't just come out and fucking say it. I mean, it makes you wonder. It's kind of cool. Yeah, I. Yeah. You know he's involved in some way. Yeah. Oh man, I just don't know are what you, I think about that. Are I'm, you are you are you upset with the news? Yeah, I'm not happy. I don't really? like it. I was upset when they were pushing for Nathan Fillion to be Star Lord. What is they, it that you don't like about Nathan Fillion? I don't know. He just doesn't have it for me. Like he he's he's not Firefly is probably my least favorite Josh Whedon franchise. Oh man, I love yeah. It starts off. It doesn't start off great, but I mean, I mean, Whedon. It's. I think it's one of his crown achievements when it comes to character development later on in the show. I agree, and I really liked the movie a lot, the Serenity. I thought it was by far the best episode. But I I liked all the supporting characters much more than I liked Fillion's character. I'm I'm, not not a big fan of him on Castle. I know I'm going to catch a lot of shit for this, but him and Firefly is damn near on the same fucking level as Han Solo. See, I always think of him as a second-rate Harrison Ford from Star Wars. And those uh, I guess oh, we, can, no. we can call him a poor man's Han Solo. Uh, I mean, yeah, but I mean, still, I mean, and that's still that's awesome. still a huge compliment. Right. I mean, I can't put 
I can't put Fillion up there with Harrison Ford, but if you're going to have a character like Nova, I mean, I think Fillion is a good choice. I think yeah. he's a good choice. I think he's a fan choice. I, I, I like it. I like this casting. So yeah. if it, it turns out to be true, I, I'm going to personally give it a Tupperware. I, I, I love it. I love it. I think it's great, and I think it ties in. I think it ties in a little bit of the Joss Whedon camp into these films too, and I think that's pretty fucking cool. Yeah, and I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if it's true because he is so connected with the camp already. Anyway, yeah. right. I'm I'm a huge Nathan Fillion fan. Clear back from when I think it was, uh, well, it was the last season of Buffy when yeah. he was on there as the priest. Yeah, and he could play hero villain. He's awesome. I know I'd he, he does lots anything. of voice work. I think for um, DC cartoons too, and stuff like that. I know he was a Green Lantern at one point. Oh, nice! Yeah, very cool. All right, you guys ready to move on? Speaking of uh, Green Lantern and uh, DC, you guys ready to move on to some DC news? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. So last week we talked about the DC rumored film slate. Well, on a new podcast, Kevin Smith said that the rumored. Warner Brothers DC film lineup is the same one that he's heard. Yeah, I, I saw that blurb. So, yeah, I mean, uh, I, yeah, it's it's crazy. We get our news from Kevin Smith now. Right? <laughs> Great. Yeah, it is kind of nuts. I mean, him being such good friends with Ben Affleck. Yeah, you think mean, he'd keep a tight lip. You think he'd be a good friend and not leak the secrets that his buddy tells him. Well, I think maybe Ben is just like. Uh, Ben, I don't know, man. Instead of fucking TMZ getting the scoops, Ben's gonna be a real good. He's gonna be. He, he's not. He's gonna be a really good bro and be like, "Hey, dude, yeah, I'll let you break the news." Yeah, it just seemed. Uh, it seemed like shameless self publicity. Kevin Smith is confirming that these movies are true, and you got to see that blurb everywhere. Dude, if if you were in a fucking movie and you didn't tell me about the fucking details about the movie, I would be personally pissed. Yeah, Jake, if you weren't telling me about something. Or you know what I mean? Yeah. And so I mean, these two have worked together time and time and time again. Yeah. And you know, Kevin Smith fucking loves the comics, you know. And so, like, of course, he's going to want to be in the know. And I think, I think for Ben, Kevin Smith is a good outlet, you know, yeah. to talk to. And I'm sure a lot of the things that Ben Affleck learned from in directing, he learned from Kevin Smith, and he just ran with it. I mean, he's seen both sides. I mean, he's been on the actor side, he's been on the other side of the camera. And, uh, you know, I mean, I, I honestly think at this point Ben Affleck is a better director than, than Kevin Smith. Oh, I 100% agree. As far as, like, stylistically. Yeah. You know, Kevin Smith is a – he's a fun director in my opinion. I mean, not all of his movies sit well with me, but I love fucking Clerks, yeah. Mallrats, Chasing Amy, Red State. These are movies that I love and I always will love. Even those movies, like, I'm a huge Clerks and Mallrats fan, but I, I really personally think that Kevin Smith's strength is in his writing and not his directing. He yeah. just needed to get those movies made. I really think his talent is in the writing side of things more so than... I love the dialogue between the characters. Yeah. I do, too. I love it, too. I mean, he's... It's not as... I mean, dialogue, when I think of, like, directors that, yeah. like, can write and do dialogue and stuff like that, I think of Kevin Smith and I think of Quentin Tarantino. Yeah. That's what I love. Yeah. You know what I mean? I hear you. I just, yeah, directorial, you know, anyone could have directed Clerks, but it took Kevin Smith to write it. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But I think uh, Ben Affleck, man, behind the fucking camera. Yeah. Behind the camera. Fucking brilliant, dude. Yeah. I'm just saying, though, like, if they cast me as the Green Lantern, and then I tell you about, you know, the next six upcoming DC movies, because you're my buddy or whatever, and then you're 
And then, but I, if see, you really, and then I see and, every link saying, oh, you know, Brian confirms it because he's buddies with this guy. Yeah, you know? but if you didn't let me be the one that broke the news, dude, I'd be pissed. If you're going to fucking let, like, fucking, like, uh, the Hollywood Reporter or, like, TMZ or, like, you know, The Rap or The Wire or yeah. whoever the fuck break the news and not me, I'd be like, man, come on. That's some fucked up bullshit. You know we're in the same business, dude. Yeah, I would let my company break the news. You know, Kevin Smith, what's he gaining from that? Why every Everything, every, downloads, every, podcast right. downloads. Christ, every time we hear any news about Batman v Superman, it's, oh, it's been confirmed by Kevin Smith, too. Dude, come well, on, man. That's, come his, on. that's his buddy, though. Come on. Oh, it drives, he, drives me nuts. Because he's such a big fan of the source material, too. I mean, he does that. Doesn't he do a different podcast, Fat Man on the Batman, too? Yeah. Uh, because he's so intertwined with that, do you think that he's just trying to let everybody know who's all down on this, that it's okay, it's all cool, he's got an in from somebody who's involved with the film that everything is working out sure i just don't care it's like <laughs> kevin smith confirms this he confirms the costume he confirms the batmobile he confirms these movies jesus christ well i mean okay the the, the point that i brought it up is not like to bring up the fact like <laughs> d- like like shoot the messenger the, the point the, the reason i brought it up is because that we do know for a fact that Kevin Smith does have this link with Ben Affleck. So when Kevin Smith says something, it is kind of concrete yeah. at this point. That's the reason I brought it up. I mean, I'm not saying it to shoot the messenger. I'm just saying that like this kind of confirms everything that he said. I understand. I mean, I'm not saying you have to fucking like Kevin Smith. I know. I'm just letting you into my my inner thoughts this week when I read this had been confirmed by Kevin Smith. It was just like, oh, geez. oh God, Jake, you're just getting burnt out by Kevin Smith. Get over it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin Smith needs to confirm a director for the Sandman movie. I want to know what's going on there. All right, next. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Levitt isn't is Levitt going to be behind? Oh, do we know that officially? Is he directing though? it though? No, he's involved. Yeah. All right, next bit of DC news comes from moreheroes.com. They had a set visit, and here's how it went. They had a set visit to the uh, Batman v Superman Dawn of Justice <laughs> dot. Age of Ultron. Age of Ultron dot. Desolation of Smog. <laughs> Smog. Smog. <laughs> dot Justice League. Apparently, Batman v Superman Dawn of Justice takes place Two years after the events of the Man of Steel movie, they were filming a military scene last week, but there were no details given about that scene. They do have details on the picture that was released of the Superman statue. If you guys saw that, the Superman statue that was released last week. Uh, here's the quote. Gotham and Metropolis news trucks and helicopters were on the scene to cover the mayor's speech and the statue unveiling Elementary school kids wore Superman Survivors t-shirts and helped pull a sheet over the statue for the big reveal. They also released real doves to celebrate statue unveiling. The Superman statue that we saw last week was incomplete. He was missing a head and other various body parts. That didn't change when they filmed the scene for the movie. I'm told that the statue will be completed in post-production with CGI. It's going to be like Jebediah Springfield. Someone stole the head of the Superman statue. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> Batman, we need you to solve this crime. <laughs> uh, 
there there are also rumors about the Batmobile. Um, the rumors uh, they revealed that the doors on the Batmobile will open up like wings. Did Kevin Smith confirm oh, that? That'd be cool. He's, Fuck you. <laughs> God. <laughs> Sorry. Actually, Kevin Smith was driving the Batmobile at the time. He confirmed they'll be like wings. Yes. So it's official. You can take Brian at his word. Kevin, right. Kevin Smith confirmed. Shut the fuck up. God damn you. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking smart ass. I'm supposed to be the smart ass. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, so some are speculating that uh, the new Batmobile will be able to fly, which I'm actually thinking I, I might be able, if I can if I could pick you up and toss you. I'd like to see if you could fly right now, you son of a bitch. Kev- Kevin Smith confirmed that I cannot fly. What the hell do you have against? What do you have against Kevin Smith? I uh, I I just he's just too much. I just hear hear from him too much. I don't need to. I don't hear from directors like as much as I hear from Kevin Smith. You don't, Stay behind the scenes. I don't need to hear everything you fucking think or say. Do you not like? Have you ever seen his stand up? Yeah, you not oh, like I it. Can't stand it. Oh god, I fucking love it. Oh, oh. I haven't seen it either. Yeah, I don't like it. You don't like it? Either. Oh, you? Oh, like- I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it. No, yeah, I've seen. I've if he's seen. not, if he's not talking about his dick, dick or farting up there, you're not gonna. <laughs> no, watch there's, it. there's no. Dick I'm sorry, kicks. Jason Mewes doesn't run on stage and kick him in the balls, Frank. So <laughs> there's not gonna be any laughs out of you. Hey, now he's the one that filled the cup. It didn't even seem like so much stand up comedy. Is almost like motivational speaking a lot of his stuff and just a lot of kvetching about shit that's gone wrong like he doesn't like about things well he's not a stand-up comic it's like they call it like an evening with kevin smith i mean it's i i personally enjoy it it's one of the things like if i'm honestly and i know this sounds lame but i feel like i'm having like a down day i love to listen to kevin smith and his like like some of his uh some of his acts that his performances it just, it now you're gonna me, make me feel bad no it makes me feel better <laughs> i mean seriously like oh. i don't know kevin smith he, he's this guy that he had a dream okay he had a dream and he went out there he sold his comic book collection he made this movie clerks and although it's not like a cinema masterpiece it touched the lives of a lot of people, and it made it just show. This is before YouTube, including me. I love Clerks. This is before YouTube. This is before all that stuff. And he's a down to earth guy. If you like, listen to him talk and stuff like that. It's like I just love the way he comes across. I wish I could be more like Kevin Smith because I get so fucking riled up about yeah. things, and I go off sometimes. And I've had people on the our listeners complain about me going off on some things because I get really passionate. Kevin Smith just lets it roll off his back. I wish I was more like that sometimes. Yeah. Like, he can say things in a joking manner, just let shit roll off his back. I cannot do that. Well, and I don't... Now you're making me feel bad for shitting on your rainy day fucking <laughs> sunshine that you use, you know, your Kevin Smith speeches and just stuff. Just happy but place. It's just all the shameless self-promoting, and he just... It's like, I just don't need to hear from him so much. But see, the thing is, Jake... People love Kevin Smith, so he yeah. wants to give them what they want. Like me personally, yeah. I always want more Kevin. And I just feel like like I just don't like anything after Chasing Amy. To me, it was those first three movies are gold, and then it's like, eh, Do Do- like Dogma was okay. And then after that, there's nothing worth anything to me. I, I loved Red State. Yeah, see, and I have not seen Red State, to be fair. Red State was absolutely phenomenal. Um, Jersey Girl... 
like, and even he knows that Jersey Girl is not good. I, that's what I love about him. Yeah. And, you know, and he talks about, uh, the buddy cop movie that he did with Bruce Willis and was it, was it Bruce Willis and Tracy Morgan? Yeah. Um, they originally, I can't remember what they called it, but he really wanted, he originally wanted to call that movie, um, uh, two, uh, two dicks <laughs> because detectives, their nickname is dicks. Yeah. And he wanted to call it two, dri- two dicks or something like that. <laughs> and uh, yeah, he got a laugh out of you cause you like dick and fart jokes, Frank. <laughs> Big fucking surprise there. <laughs> Let me kick Jake in the balls and we'll just end the fucking show. Oh, anyway. Kill two birds with one stone no there. No shit. Stone. Yeah. I Stones. Didn't, oh, <laughs> I didn't like Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. That oh, mean, that movie was not good. Yeah. <laughs> no, but I mean, uh, you know, and, and, and even, even Kevin will talk about how like that movie with Tracy Morgan and Bruce Willis, like he thought that that was going to be his first movie that, uh, that hit it big, that, that did that, that big number for him. Yeah. And it didn't. And he talked about how much that upset him and things like that. And it was just like, cool that here's this guy and he's being real with everybody and like just talking to everybody about like how this movie underperformed and like how it affected him. But he like, you know, he didn't stop there. He didn't stop there. And he's even said like, when I stop having stories to tell, I'm done. So he's going to do podcasting and just go on the road and do these things. Like, He's even said, like, I have no more stories to tell. You know, if he feels he's washed up, he's done. Yeah. Isn't Clerks 3 coming now? Um, Clerks 3, it's been talked about. They did the cartoon. Jay and Silent Bob um, do a cartoon or whatever it was called. They actually were taking it from city to city and doing it that way. Um, I don't know if it's released yet, but uh, they need redemption for Clerks too. It was not that good. Yeah. I mean, I, they need to go back to black and white. They, Definitely. You know, I mean, but uh, I still love love Kevin Smith, um, even though he has put out some things that I didn't really care for. Um, he's written some comics I didn't like, but overall, I if uh, Kevin Smith is like he's a I don't know. It's he's somebody like I would like to be more like him because I think he I like his views on everything. Yeah. I think he's kind of a peaceful guy. He lets things roll off his back as to where like I let the littlest things piss me off. Yeah. The littlest thing, the littlest thing. Somebody cuts me off like when I'm driving and it would like bother me the rest of the day or somebody will say something, you know, that that's hurtful to me and I will just stew over it. Whereas Kevin Smith, I mean, he's got everybody in the fucking world commenting on his movie that they think is shit. And this guy, he still comes out there and he still tries to put out something that we all love. Yeah, I can respect that. Just, uh, I just don't need my Batman v Superman news from him. Get used to it because, I mean. Oh, I know. That's his buddy, man. Ben Affleck, that's his boy. So. And you reminded me of all the comics. Oh my god, I'll never forgive him for that Spider-Man black cat shit. Yeah. Oh my god, Jesus. Yeah, I'm not a huge fan of his, uh, comics. I mean, uh. You know, even the Daredevil stuff, it was okay, but it's still, it still doesn't go down as the best Daredevil stories. And, and, and that's the thing. I mean, when you expect Kevin Smith to write something, you expect it to be yeah. amazing. You could tell he was still really in that dogma mode when he wrote Daredevil. Yes. So, so mm. all right. I, I promise I won't shit on Kevin Smith anymore for a while. I feel bad now. Don't feel bad. God, God. <laughs> I don't. I don't really Seriously, feel bad. I'll shit on it five bad. minutes later. That's fine. I don't give a fuck, dude. That's what this show's about. Be real. Don't fucking like try to pander to my fucking shit. All right. Um, I've also heard the rumor that in the Batcave, there is a monument that's dedicated to a dead Robin. Oh shit! 
I don't think it's Nightwing, but I think we could hear about Jason Todd in one of these films. So in this canon, if that rumor is true, then we can assume that the Batman storyline, Death in the Family, could have actually happened. That's awesome. Now, Jason Todd, he's the one that the Joker beat to death and is like one of the only people that has not come back. Is that right? He did come he back. He came though. back. Did he? Red Hood. Yeah, he's one of the Red Hoods. Okay. Yeah. We, fans actually voted the Joker to kill Jason Todd back That's in the right. day. There yeah. was an 800 number that you called whether or not you wanted Robin to live or die. And we I over- have that issue yeah. still. We overwhelmingly voted him to die. <laughs> mm-hmm. Go us. So, um, <laughs> would you guys ever want to see Damien in a movie? Yeah. Fucking A. Could, okay, I was thinking about this the other day. Because, like, Nestor Gibbs, he does the Boxing Voice podcast, and he listens to us all the time. Okay. He messaged me on Twitter, and he said, you guys still haven't reviewed Son of Batman, mm-hmm. which I have seen now. Mm-hmm. I went to my Redbox and watched it. You have seen now. We, we're going to review it on a future episode. But as I'm watching that movie, I'm thinking about, man, I would love – and, like, I've, I've loved Damien. I think that's probably, in my opinion – and I know there's a lot of people that love Grant Morrison. Mm-hmm. But I think this is probably one of the best things Grant Morrison has mm-hmm. ever done. I, I, I wholeheartedly agree. Grant Morrison is real hit and miss for yes. me. And to be honest, mostly miss. Yeah. It's like he writes for himself and it becomes way too heady. And it's like he ma- – Grant Morrison makes me feel like an idiot half the time when I read a Grant Morrison comic. Yeah. I'm like, what the fuck even just happened? I know. Like uh, Grant Morrison, like when they started with Action Comics, I was on board. And then it got like through like issue like six or seven and I was just like, what the fuck is going on here? <laughs> exactly. And yeah, it was like, am, am I reading Am I reading a Superman comic or am I watching Inception? Is this – what is going on? And Grant Morrison fucks with my head too. But I think – as far as like characters go, Damien is absolutely phenomenal and would be like so amazing in a film if they could use him in the capacity like and, and if you don't think like a young child can fight in a movie, just watch Kick Ass. Yeah, for and sure. Use him the same way that they used uh what uh, Chloe Moretz Grace or whatever the fuck her name is yeah. in Kick Ass. Use him, use a child actor in that same capacity. I think Damien would be awesome on film. I think so too. Grant Morrison hit it out of the park with that character. Yeah. And do it, do it dark too. Like that's the thing about the character. That's so much fun. It's the exact opposite sensibilities of Batman. Yeah. And you know, I want to, I want to see him and uh, Dick Grayson not get along, but then later on throughout like the uh, series become like the best of friends. Can I say one small thing about um, son of Batman? Yeah, go ahead. The the most disappointing thing to me is they teased that there was a fight between uh, Nightwing and Damien. Yes. And then they cut away and cut back and the fight happened. I we, know. Did, we didn't get to see the fight. Yeah. Oh my god. It sounds like Godzilla. <laughs> I mean, not it didn't ruin the movie or anything, but it's like, oh, I really wanted to see that Nightwing Damien. Well, they show down. all the cuts and scratches and shit like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, we'll talk about that, man. Oh no. But no, I agree, dude. But uh, yeah, I'd love to see Damien in the in the film. And I, I this rumor, if it's true, I think that's fantastic. That is that is very cool. I'd love to see a monument dedicated to a dead Robin. Just kind of like making us kind of think, like, wow, this this Batman has been around and established for some time. What do you think that monument will be? A costume? I do. Gotcha. Like I a do. costume, like in a jar or something. Yes. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that, that news had me excited though. That is exciting. Um, okay. Remember how last week, uh, listener Michael Cornish, he asked us if we got annoyed with studios taking liberties with the characters. 
Yeah. Okay. This here is the perfect example. And Jake, we've kind of talked about this a little bit. Check this shit out. Batman News got word of Eisenberg's appearance as Lex Luthor in Batman v Superman Dawn of Justice. They are currently filming at LexCorp, and the word is that Lex is not bald. Yes. Apparently Lex has hair, and it's, quote, a bit longer, kind of loose and wavy, and it's dirty blonde. The sources also said that Lex has spastic mannerisms, like a 20-something guy that pounds energy drinks all day. <laughs> Thoughts? Yeah, I kind of thought this was the direction they were going to go with this. I mean, this just seems, you know, as soon as they cast Jesse Eisenberg, I didn't expect him to play a bald Lex Luthor prototype that we, like, we've seen in other Superman things, like, say, Smallville or whatever, you know? Mm-hmm. I'm not shocked that they're going with yuppie energy drink pounding version of Lex Luthor. Yeah. Sounds terrible. It doesn't sound like it's anything that fits. I mean, I've never seen anything having to do with Lex Luthor Luthor spastic or twitchy or anything like that. Yeah. Can I make a prediction? Let's hear it. Okay. I think this is all misdirection, guys. Yeah. I think this is all misdirection. I think Snyder wants to kind of get a rise out of everybody, maybe Goyer too. Um, I think that, uh, you know... Every superhero has their alter ego. You've got Clark Kent who plays this, uh, you know, humble, mild-mannered, you know, guy who comes from, you know, Kansas. And uh, then, you know, his superhero is uh, he's, he's Superman. I mean, he's the most powerful being on the planet. You've got Batman who plays like a billionaire who's like a womanizer and uh, then, you know, fights crime at night. Um I think the same thing is going to happen here with Eisenberg's character of Lex Luthor. I think hmm. on what we're going to see is this character who on the exterior when he's out, you see um, somebody who has like this hair and ask, acts all spastic and things like that. But as soon as he closes the door, he's going to take off that wig. We're going to see bald Lex and we're going to see – that we're going to see the beginnings of a criminal mastermind. Hmm. Okay. That's what I'm thinking. Um, I'm thinking people view him as weak. And I think that all the people that view him as weak are just adding fuel to the fire of what this guy is going to be. I think this is just kind of like showing the makings of Lex Luthor in the past movie. What we saw was a Gene Hackman, a Lex Luthor that was already a brilliant mastermind. Yeah. I think in this one, we're going to see a guy coming into that. I think it's a wig, guys. I yeah. really do. I, I, I don't think that they're going to be, he's going to have this long hair. I think it's going to come off yeah, one th- way or another. I think it's going to be a rise to power is kind of the storyline right. that we're going to see with uh, yeah. Jesse Eisenberg. That yeah. kind of gets me excited a little bit. I've had my doubts up until this point about him being able to pull that off, but... I mean, he definitely could play someone weak and insecure in public and then behind closed doors come into his own. Right. That would be cool. Yeah. Yeah. I still uh, don't think he's the right choice. No. no. Oh, my God. So We'll see with that movie. Right. All right. So we got news of a rumored Batman solo film. Yes. So last week we talked about the slate of movies that had been like uh, – Released by the NickyFink.com that will be coming out in 2019, uh, that will be coming all the way through 2018. Mm-hmm. Okay. 
Um, this news of the Batman solo film is not confirmed, but came from a source of Latino Review. So there was the rumored movie lineup like that we talked about. Latino Review is hearing that we will get the first Batman solo film in 2019, and the rumored title of the film is called The Batman. Now... What makes sense about this rumor is that it all kind of lines up with Affleck's schedule. He's shooting Batman v Superman. After filming Raps, he'll be directing another film called Live by Night. And after filming Raps, he'll start post-production on the Justice League. He'll do press for both movies and then start on the Batman. Now... What doesn't make sense about this rumor is that it also lines right up with the Nikki Fink rumor that we talked about last week on the show that Latina Review came out and said they don't believe it's credible. Hmm. I find that just a little bit weird. That is weird. But it makes sense with his schedule, but it's weird that the same rumor about the 2019 shit coming out is from Latina Review, and it just kind of lines up with the NikkiFink.com rumor. Yeah, I, I which I, which they refuted. They said they don't believe it's true. I can't believe they'd wait that long to do a Batman movie. I got to think that they want to do that ASAP. I kind of like the idea that they're going to hold off on it. They the kind of they kind of have to because when you think about it with Affleck's schedule, he is doing Batman v Superman. He is doing the Justice League in 2009 uh, 2017. So it, you're only waiting two years for a Batman solo film. That's true. You're going to get some Batman in 2017. That's true. That's a good point. So, I mean, and I think by the time it's uh, 2017, aren't we going to be, um, I mean, we're going to be removed from that last Nolan film. Yes. I right. mean, for that came out in 2012. So yeah. we're going to be seven years removed from the Nolan film. I think they kind of do want to separate themselves from from that a little bit. I yeah. think seven years is kind of good. And that's a great way of being able to have him be involved in things like Batman versus Superman or V Superman uh, without it being too much you know, bludgeoning over the head because it has been so recent that we got to see those great Nolan Batman films. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to see a lot of Batman in Batman v Superman. Right. Yeah. That's absolutely. for sure. Spread it out. Unless- overkill if it was too soon. Yeah. Um, guys, let's talk about a Batman solo film. We've got a fresh start here. We've got a new Batman. We've got Ben Affleck. Yeah. Okay. What do you guys want to see in a Batman solo film? Gosh, I don't even know at this point. Not an origin story. Yeah, well, not. of course. Right. Yeah. I think the Damien route is the fun way to go, really. I like that idea. I really do, Jake. Yeah, and you know, you do the League of Assassins stuff. It's yeah. like it's almost you're still continuing a little bit from the Nolan. It's not the same mythology, but the same characters are still right. there. You know, obviously you'd have a new Talia and you'd have you'd have a new Rays. Yeah. But yep. yeah. I think that'd be the way to go. Um as as far as like the overall theme of the film, I, I would like to see Gotham just full of characters. Mm-hmm. Um full of villains crime I, I want gotham to actually have its own personality mm-hmm. that's what i want from gotham and and really the only gotham that kind of had its own personality for me was the original tim burton film i agree with that gotham had its own personality as in the nolan films it was your gritty grounded thing but 
Gotham still in all actuality was not uh it was it, they filmed it in Chicago. Yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? It, yeah. I want Gotham to have its own like I want Gotham to be its own character. I think um another great way to go that would tie into what you're saying is do the Court of Owls as a villain. They absolutely cuz that ties right into Gotham That's being a character. Exactly what I was going to say. I I'd, I'd be happy with the Court of Owls being played out on the screen. Um, as far as the teaser trailer for that, this is what I envision, Jake. Okay, check this out. And I've said this before on the podcast, but I'm going to kind of update it because I've thought about it. Okay. I can see the teaser trailer now. It shows Batman's cowl in the shadows followed by an owl mask, one of the Court of Owls masks. The camera pulls away from that single owl mask to reveal hundreds of masks. Oh, yeah. Hundreds. The Court of Isles is always watching. And I think that would be just a beautiful teaser trailer. Right then, right right there. Just simple, just a, a simple teaser trailer like that would just, like, the internet would just blow up. Like, what did we just see? And then Court of Isles is going to be the number one search thing that day. Yeah. I just a verb. I'm thinking a really exciting verbiage too, like stuff like you know, you just have the font say like B- Batman thought he knew everything about Gotham, right? But there's one thing he didn't know about, yeah. you know, one secret that he never knew. And he's the ultimate detective, yeah, and yeah. like this is the one thing that's eluded him the whole time that he just thought was like a myth, you know? Yeah. So, um, but in these new Batman films, I want to see Batman. Of course, I want to see him taking on thugs. Yeah, I, I like that stuff. I like that in Spider-Man movies. Just watching mm-hmm. him take on like you know normal criminals, like street thugs and stuff like that. It's fun. Yeah, it's fun. It's not. It's it's. I, of course, I love him watching him take on the Joker or take on Bane, take on these big characters. But it's also fun to see like this superhuman take on just regular fucking idiots. Yeah, you can exactly. Like, how- the same people that you see in like the true TV videos, like the tw- top twenty most shocking idiots that tried to rob a bank. Yeah, like mm-hmm. this is. Batman taking those fucking morons down. I like to see Batman right. taking on regular people, yeah. putting them in their place. That's fun for me. I agree. I absolutely agree because you get you lose context sometimes when he's only dealing with people who are super powered about how badass he really is. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, putting putting him against just a regular thug. Oh yeah, it just shows you what a badass this guy is. Uh-huh. Um, and I hope in this film. Because going back to Kevin Smith, he wrote a comic, uh, The Widening Gyre, where Batman pissed himself. <laughs> I want to see Ben Affleck come out muscly, veiny, and I want to see a thug see him, and I want that thug to piss himself <laughs> to give back Batman some of the respect that he lost in that canon comic book. But I am scared of them bringing in Nightwing, but I'm also lying if I said that I didn't want to see that. Because yeah. I would love to see a Nightwing. We've never really seen a true Bat family in the cinema Batman uh, world. Yes, we've seen Alfred. We, yeah, you know, but yeah, we we need the Bat family. That's what that's what makes Batman so much better, in my opinion, than Spider Man. In some ways, is because the Batman family is so much more interesting than the characters that are in Spider Man. Yeah, I think Spider Man started a little too late with some of their characters, as to where Batman was establishing things all along. Yeah. Yeah, that that's a good point. Spider Man's always my fave. It's hard to it's hard to I'm not trying play. to dude, I love Spider Man. I know it's hard to be devil's advocate here. If it comes no if it comes down to Spider Man versus Batman in my opinion, you know I'm gonna pick Spider Man every time. Yeah. But I'm talking about the Spider Man 
basically Spider-Man's allies. Yeah. Versus Batman's allies. Batman's are way more fleshed out. Barbara Gordon. I, I agree. I mean, come on. I agree. Okay. I'm, the public knows more about Batman's allies, too. Like, uh, Spider-Man's yeah. allies are kind of fourth stringers. Yes. <laughs> Silver Sable, Paladin, yeah. like a bunch of fourth stringers. But I'm a bigger Spider-Man fan than I am a <laughs> Batman fan, and I will say that. Uh, Jay, of course, if he was here, he's the he's our Batman. Yeah, he's definitely the Batman yeah. guy. Do you think that they would shy away from that in any way, shape, or form, though, because of when uh, Alicia Silverstone was getting involved with it? With Was that Batman Forever? That oh, she was I in? get the name so confused. Yeah. Batman or Robin and Batman yeah. Forever. Yeah, the last one I think was uh, Batman Forever. Forever's right? three, and Batman and Robin is four. Batman okay. and Robin's four. Okay. okay. You think that they were trying to do something like that then and flesh out the Bat family, but they might be kind of leery of doing that again because of that, or would they have more confidence now to bring it forward? No, I mean, you're, you're, uh, I, I mean, if if we're talking about Goyer being involved in these at all, it's not going to happen. I mean, he's already said Mar- uh, he's already said that uh, Martian Manhunter is silly as shit. He said She Hulk sh- silly as shit. <laughs> so, I mean, if we're talking about Goyer being involved in these, of course we're not going to get any of the uh, Bat Family. We're not going to get Batgirl. We're not going to get Batwoman. We're not going to get um, you know uh, Robin. Damien. We're not going to get Robin. We're you know Nightwing, Red Hood. We're not going to get any of these characters. So, I mean. But, I mean, those are the Schumacher films versus what they can do now. Um, I see no problem in bringing in any of the Bat family. No, enough time has gone by since the Schumacher crap that we can give it another go. Absolutely. And by that time, it'll be about 20 years. So Yeah. Oh, wow. I, <laughs> I, I want to see, personally, I also want to see a twisted live uh, action version of Harley Quinn. I want to see Harley Quinn. That'd be bitching. Yeah, that's exciting. Yeah. We, yeah. Haven't, have we, we haven't seen one at all. Cinematically, have we? Not in, the, not in um, live action movies. My Harley Quinn choice as actress would be uh, what's her name, Amelia Clark from Game of Thrones. Oh, nice! Oh, that's awesome! Yeah, wow, that'd be good stuff. That'd that would, be killer. That would be my Harley Quinn right there. And I want these movies when they go to the solo Batman film. I want these to be a fun blend of the Keaton films and a blend of the gritty tone of the Nolan movies. I want a fifty-fifty of each. I don't want it to be too gritty. But I also I just want it to be a perfect blend. I agree between I agree. the two. I don't want it to be the fucking Dayglo Christmas Christmas light everywhere universe of the uh, Schumacher, Schumacher yeah. films. Yeah. So I, I leave those out. I mean, if I'm looking, I look at the Burton films and I look at the Nolan films. So yeah, I hear you. Um, I think it would be cool to bring in some new villains too. Um, you know, we talked about uh, Court of Owls. Yes, but uh, I also think you know, um, I was thinking. Maybe they could bring in a, a like a lesser known villain. It doesn't have to be a whole movie, but I wouldn't be opposed if it did. But like maybe Hush, if you're familiar with Hush. Yeah, that's interesting. That would take a lot of setup, though. The, it, it it would take a lot of setup, but it, it's a good way to show a lot of this Batman's past. Yeah, that, that we haven't seen. If you were curious as a fan, I mean, this was a great run on the Batman solo book. It was written by Jeff Loeb. Um, in the story, you could also bring in Catwoman uh, or the Riddler. Um, I mean, Hush, he's a creepy character. He has bandages on his face to hide his identity. There's a ton of history between the villain uh, of Hush and the Wayne family, too. He grew up as a childhood friend to Bruce Wayne, and, and his family, too, was really, was really wealthy. And his father 
was abusive and he didn't like the fact that his mother would just let it happen. So he wants to be a wealthy, uh, independent uh, person and he, he cuts the brakes on his parents' car. His dad dies and then his mom survives the crash. Uh, Bruce's parents are then murdered and Bruce gets all the money. So this kind of infuriates him that Bruce gets all the money. His parents die out of natural, you know, out of this, uh, it just, ha- it, they just died because they were, they were murdered. Yeah. And he has to go to the, the extreme of like trying to kill his parents. And it just happens for Bruce. He's totally looking at it in a twisted wrong way. Um, there's, I mean, there's a lot of past between the two characters of Hush and Bruce Wayne. And I, I could see this being a really good build to a, an awesome climax in a solo film. Yeah, I, I would have no fault with that synopsis. That sounds mm-hmm. great. So I would like to see a fully realized uh, creepy Riddler in a Batman movie. I, that'd be really great for me. Not bringing Jim Carrey back? No Jim one? Carrey, please. Okay. I don't know who I'd cast, but you know what I'm saying? Someone that could really bring some gravitas to that role and, and not be silly, but be, be scary yeah. and, and an actual threat. I when, when we when we did like a fantasy casting on another show, I picked somebody, and I realized after the fact that I didn't pick like a thin, wiry guy. Oh. I picked Mads Mikkelsen, who plays Hannibal. Okay, who's like a bigger guy. Yeah, I mean, but I like that. I don't think it has to be a skinny guy. Okay, because I, I I totally went against like the character and and did not pick like a thin, wiry looking guy. Yeah, I don't think it has to be. I think you can, you know, shit. Yeah. If Lex Luthor can have hair, then the Riddler can be stocky. All right, guys. Man, it's storming hard over here, right? It is storming, yeah. Let's go ahead. We'll take another break. We'll come back, and we're going to finish up with our Star Wars news. Sounds good. It's uh, time for some Star Wars news, so we're going to uh, go over all the Star Wars news that I've been able to collect over the past week. So here it is, Star Wars news. Hey, guys! What's Amisa saying? You were supposed to be here with me listening to Pop Culture Leftovers podcast. That's not true. That's impossible! All right, so. yes, that's great. Those great sound clips. I love the R two getting uh, electrocuted. It's yeah. always like the best sound effect ever. So yeah, Star Wars news, and we got a lot of it this week. Now, of course, I have another Ryan Drost email coming in, uh, but first, I wanted to start off with the biggest Star Wars news that came out this week. Um, Looper writer and director Ryan Johnson has been hired to write and direct Star Wars Episode Eight. Once this was announced, and it was when it was first announced, it was announced that he was going to do Star Wars Episode Eight and Nine. Yes, it was. We'll talk about that in a little bit. But uh, once this was announced, he took to Twitter where he posted a video clip from the movie The Right Stuff. I can't play the video, but I will be able to play the audio. Please don't let me fuck up. 
I didn't quite copy that. Say again, please. Right. I said everything's a okay. Yeah, well, duh. That's what I thought you said. Perfect response. That is the perfect That's response. Great. I mean, seriously, think about it. I mean, <laughs> it's a lot of pressure, and I mean, we don't even. I mean, we don't even know where episode seven's going to go. I was going to say the same thing. Who knows what kind of ball baton stick JJ is going to pass him in the first place? You know exactly. Yeah, it's like being in the middle of a relay race, and you don't even know where you're supposed to be to be handed that baton yet. You Agreed. Know? I mean, can he even start writing a screenplay yet? I think, like, I, I mean, I'm sure that they've given him the screenplay for episode seven. Yes. And told him kind of like where they want this to go. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, yeah, let's, let's talk about this news a little bit more and we can get into some other things. We can kind of like break this down. Um, it was posted originally that he was going to write and direct episode eight and nine. Yes. Uh, but the rap had an article that stated that he would only be writing the treatment for episode nine. So Star Wars Episode Nine still has no director attached yet. Yeah, just like the original trilogy, all three directed by three different people. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, I mean, yeah, we don't know what he's going to get. I mean, he has no idea what he's going to get by the time he gets to Episode Eight. Like, you know, as I, I'm sure, I'm sure he's read it now. But yes, but still, he doesn't know what fan reaction is going to be. That's, that's the big thing. That's a big thing, and knowing what kind of stuff he should write or what fans are going to want to see. And wow, that's going to be tough. Yeah, um, I'm I'm tasting it though. I I like Looper. I thought Looper was a pretty fun movie and very well directed. I agree with that. I, I'll taste it. All right, guys. So okay, he's done Looper, and it's a film I enjoyed. I, I thought it was a good time travel film. It had its faults, but it, it was a good movie overall. Yeah. Um, he, he first came on the scene when he did this movie. It, it was called Brick, which was a low budget uh, teen crime drama, but. What has me the most excited is the fact that he did a movie called The Brothers Bloom hmm. with Mark Ruffalo and Adrian Brody. Um, if you haven't seen this movie, you definitely should. It is a fun movie. It reminded me of Dirty Rotten Scoundrels. Okay, I love that movie. It's a film. When I was a kid, I saw it in the theater with my family, and I loved it when I watched it. I fell in love with Martin Short. I fell in love with, uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, Michael Caine. Yes. Um, I thought the, the chemistry between those two characters is absolutely fantastic. And the female lead in that movie was, was great too. And this had, uh, this was kind of like reminiscent of that film. And it's one of the reasons I loved it. The, the characters in the film, The Brothers Bloom, they had great chemistry and they were a lot of fun, just like in the original trilogy. So I love the way that this is headed. You get JJ in there. He's going to set the tone of the first film and then let Ryan Johnson get in there and take over. I think this is brilliant. I'm actually more excited now to see episode eight than episode seven, if that makes any sense, because I have a ton of faith in Ryan Johnson after watching Looper and then, more importantly, uh, not Dirty Rotten Scoundrels, Mm -hmm. but The Brothers Bloom. This news is an absolute Tupperware for me, and it has me very excited because I think he is exactly the kind of guy that we need in there to write and direct this after watching Brothers Bloom, which he did write and direct, and I absolutely love that film. So I'm very excited, and I think it's going to be a fun movie, whatever episode eight is. 
Yeah, I need to see this Brothers Bloom. It, they say it's an adventure romance movie. I mean, that's pretty much exactly. Yeah, it's a, it, they pull off a caper, and there's a lot of cons, and gotcha. it, it totally reminds me of Dirty Rotten Scoundrels. And so I think with the characters that he's given, I think he's going to have a lot of fun working with these characters, a lot of fun. Yeah, that'll be great. I can't wait to see that either. I mean, I, I'm still more excited for Episode 7 just to see – the fever just to see what everything is going to look like again and everything you know what I'm i saying? know i know and i'm most i'm in the minority here i'm sure everybody's yeah. waiting for episode seven but me being kind of like a ryan johnson i wouldn't say i'm like a ryan johnson fanboy he hasn't done too much but just remembering like how much i love the brothers bloom and love the characters in that film i'm really looking forward to seeing what this guy can do with these characters after JJ is kind of like, like you said, past the baton, yeah. the baton. So, yeah, I'm excited though. I definitely taste it. I do. I do not toss this choice. Did he, we? I mean, me and you, Frank, we kind of assumed that JJ was coming back and doing parts eight and nine. Yeah, I just thought I didn't yeah. realize that there was. Jake, you kind of thought that this was going to be like a different director each time. I thought they yeah. were going to do like Marvel Studios route where Joss Whedon was going to, you know, do the flagship film, The Avengers, each time and. And, you know, the solo movies were going to be your independent, yeah, up-and-coming directors. So Yeah, so they're going to go, you know, who, uh, Lawrence, who directed the second one? Irvin Kirshner. Irvin, Irvin Kirshner. Yeah. yeah. And then, um, God, Richard Lawrence or Christ, I'm crazy. I can't remember. Yeah, did the Jedi. Return of the Jedi. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm excited. I, I kind of thought J.J. Abrams wouldn't be saddled in to direct all three of these movies from the go. I don't know. I had no reason to think that just other than I just thought he was here to do a Star Wars movie and then he would move on, you know? Right. Just kind of much like on Lost, how he just really did the pilot and then just moved on from there. Yeah. Like he was just helping to get jumpstart this franchise again. It kind of like Frank Darabont when he started with The Walking Dead, even though it was ended on a sour note, but he set the tone for that series. And then it, you got you got Glenn Mazzara and you got, you know, Scott Gimple that kind of just like ran with like the story that he yeah. set, you know, so. I agree with that analogy. But like you said, in this version, I think, I don't think there's any bad blood between J.J. Abrams and uh, Ryan Johnson. No, absolutely no. not. And absolutely so, not. So yeah, I'm excited. I think uh, Ryan Johnson even commented on a on a podcast at one time about you know J.J. Abrams Star Trek and things like that. Yeah, so, I'm sure. Yeah, I don't think that there's any bad blood between these two. So um, yeah, I'm looking forward to episode seven. But uh, this news really has me excited for episode eight. I think this is going to be like you know like we can all agree like I think we can all agree that Empire was our favorite for sure. Oh yeah. I loved Empire, so... Do you think by this Christmas we're going to get to see our first trailer? Um, I think we're going to get the first trailer. Uh, if you look at uh, Star Wars Phantom Menace, the first trailer came out six months before. Yes. So I think it'll come out uh, six months before. I think, I think we're still going to get it this Christmas. I know it'll be a full year, but I think you see that a lot now. You see next Christmas's big-budget movie advertised at the Christmas before, and I... They're going to have enough to show us at least 30 seconds by then. I think we're going to get it by then. We haven't even gotten anything really official, though, have we, at all? About what, the date? No, 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 not the date, but, like, any uh, promo shots or 
I know we haven't gotten any kind of a trailer, but do you remember with the first prequel, they had the picture of Anakin with the shadow of Darth Vader behind him? Yeah, the first official poster. Right. No, we, don't, we haven't had any posters yet. No. Right. So, I mean, something, even if it's something as simple as that, I mean, that can deliver quite a bit, too, even if it's not an actual trailer. Yeah. I think what Brian is saying is more logical than what I'm saying, but I just really feel like they're going to they're gonna hit with that early this time. I guess it depends on. Uh, I really, I guess it. It doesn't. It's not. It's not like it was back in '99. Like, yeah. in order to see the original trailer, you had to go see what was it? Um, uh, Sky Commander, not Sky Commander, but it was. Um, it was the. It was a really shitty movie. Yeah, I remember that came out, and they wanted people to go. Basically, they threw that trailer in there. So people would go see that movie. It's not the way it is anymore. I mean, trailers are released on the internet first, or they're released on a show like Jimmy Fallon or Jimmy Kimmel, and then they're uploaded to the internet later that night. So you don't have to go to the movie theater anymore to watch these trailers. So That's such a great point. It's crazy just from... In 10 years, how yeah. much that's changed. So I don't think that, I mean, I don't think that it has to be like a, like, you know, like a, and Christmas is a good time to, to have a movie out, but I don't think it has to be put in a slow movie period. I mean, I, I think, like, you could just do it six months before, honestly, I think. Yeah. I don't know. We'll I want to see something before then, though. I mean, I'm chomping at the bit. Sure I know everybody don't. is. Mm-hmm. That, and they know that, Frank. They can put out whenever the fuck they want to. They could honestly, at this point, they could say, you're not getting anything. Right. You're not going to see it one damn thing. You're not going to see anything until you step into the theater and watch the opening scroll. But they're not going to do that, of course. But they could do that, and right. people would still go to see the film. That'd be kind of a dick move if they did, though. That'd be kind of cool, too. Just because trailers are you know, nothing more than promos for movies, and everybody already knows about Star Wars. That'd be kind of cool at the same time because then you wouldn't get to see anything. Nothing gets spoiled. Everybody wonders still. Yeah, this Into the Woods movie that Disney is coming out with on Christmas Day. Yeah. <laughs> predicting it right here. Star Wars trailer right there. Okay, you're, you're predicting? Yeah. All right. Just based on movies that Disney's putting out around Christmas. I, I don't think it matters anymore. I, I agree with you 100% that it doesn't matter anymore. You just because you just get it on the internet. It was that Freddie Prince Jr. movie, that that fucking Freddie Prince Jr. movie, right? It was like a Wing Commander or something like that. I can't remember the fucking my, name. But my buddy was a projectionist at the theater. Yeah. So I, whatever the fuck the shitty movie was, and I remember it being something real shitty. Yeah. I was able to just walk in, watch the episode one trailer, right. walk out, not pay a dime. Yeah. So I didn't have to retain what it was. Yeah. I remember seeing Resident Evil one. For the first episode two trailer, if okay. that's anything for you. Yeah. But I don't remember what episode one was. Um, before I get into, uh, let's see here. Uh, I'm not going to get into any more Star Wars news. I wanted to go, uh, I had to read Ryan Droff's email. Oh, yeah. Any last it. thoughts on Ryan Johnson, though? Uh, excited. Yeah, me too. I give it a Tupperware right now, so... All right, Ryan Drost of the Star Joe's podcast. Uh, he's a he's a listener and he's a he's a friend of the show. Uh, he says, "Hey guys, it's your reporter from a galaxy far, far away." Uh, before I get into any Star Wars talk, I, I thought about the unstable molecules discussion for Ant Man's costume and how they could get around that. 
What about if they just had Pym infuse his suit with Pym particles to help with controlling the size? Just the thought of a possible solution. Yeah, that's good stuff. Yeah. I think that's more likely than anything we thought of so far. I thought maybe Stark. Yeah. Tying it in with Stark Technologies. They seem to they, – they, you know, of course with like Robert Downey Jr. being such an integral part of that you know, universe, his character Tony Stark, that they might try to incorporate it into his you know, character. Yeah. I think it works on a level though where it gives us a reason to know how smart Hank Pym is. That's true. Yeah. It, it gives one thing that we can give to Hank Pym. Right. Because, you know, fuck giving it to Reed Richards because we don't want to advertise that. You know? Yeah, exactly. So let's give it to Hank Pym yeah. and sell our character Here's some free more. promotion for the Fantastic Four film. But, you know, like people – like most people aren't going to catch that though. Yeah. It's just kind of like uh, for the fanboys. You know what I mean? I agree. I it's agree. not like your average you know, person that doesn't like read comics is going to be like hearing somebody <laughs> say, oh, he's kind of fantastic and thinking, oh, that's Reed Richards. That's that's Mr. Fantastic. We've talked so much about the unstable molecules. Or, or, or molecules. Are we going to freak the fuck out if they just don't even mention it? <laughs> that's a good question. <laughs> they don't even mention it. Nothing. We're, Nothing. To- we're tossing it. His, oh, yeah, I'm going to toss the film at this point. Toss. At this point, I'm tossing the film if we- they – don't mention how his fucking clothes shrink. Yeah, we we spent this much of our lives pondering right. this, and they're just they're yeah. not even going to tell us. Oh my god, I'm going to send like some fucking hate mail Marvel's way. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> some unstable envelopes. <laughs> uh, no, I'm going to send him like a pair of like uh, Barbie doll Ken pants, and be like, "How the fuck did his clothes shrink, you son of bitch? You sons of bitches." So I don't know. That didn't make sense. Anyway, on to some more Star Wars talk. Anyway, I've been drinking. On to some more (laughs) Star Wars talk. First off, you guys made me doubt my Star Wars knowledge when I said Blue Harvest was the secret name for Return of the Jedi, and you guys said it was the name for Empire. So I double-checked online, and I was right. It was the secret name for Return of the Jedi. When Empire was being made, no one knew that a sequel to Star Wars was was, was possibly going to be made. And since it was pre-internet days, they could hide it a lot easier. After Empire, everyone knew another sequel was going to be made because of how the movie ended. So to keep inquisitive people away, they called it Blue Harvest. Below is an image for that movie, which you guys can't see, so I don't know why the fuck I read that. But (laughs) whatever, I'm talking about Ken Doll Pants and all that other bullshit, so I'm a fucking moron. But anyway... um, yeah, I had to look it up too, but I, I could have sworn it was fucking Empire, but I'm an I'm an idiot. Yeah, we're all idiots. You'll have that. <laughs> That's why we're called leftovers. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Frank's not even a leftover. Don't this guy's this guy's close to brain dead. Yeah, right. Don't, don't forget like to a vegetable. Don't forget to watch our show right on HBO next week. Oh yeah, HBO <laughs> has a show called The Leftovers. And if you think I'm bullshit and just do a search for HBO The Leftovers, it premieres on June 29th. Are we gonna watch that? What's the tagline for it again? I. It was so great. Oh, fucking comic book geeks. <laughs> <laughs> We're definitely watching The Leftovers. I'm watching We're it, We're definitely dude. reviewing it. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, we can't review it next show because oh, it comes out on Sunday. The tagline is, We're Still Here. Yeah. Just like us. Barely. Like, yeah. It should be like, We're Still Here, dot, 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 barely, because like... We're dropping like flies. Whereas, like with me, I just won't go away. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like Herbie's. <laughs> we'll find out where leftovers go on this show. Yeah. So 
He says, uh, let's see here. You guys made me doubt myself, so good on you, but you've started me down the dark path where doubt leads to fear, fear leads to anger, anger leads to hatred, hatred leads to the dark side. Does that mean he's going to kill us? <laughs> it may mean that. As far as the Star Wars blood ties that I kept referring to, they are comics. You can find volume one and two, both in trade format, digitally and in issue form if you want to bin dive at a convention. They were written by Tom Taylor, who currently is writing Earth 2 and Injustice Gods Among Us comics for DC. The artist is Chris Scalf, who does a painted style art that is pretty awesome looking. As far as Jake and Jar Jar, it's probably a lost cause. He's already made his decision. But to address his one reason that he stated for liking Jar Jar, yes, he was the deciding vote to get the Emperor into power. But... The story doesn't have to be written that way. In fact, it would have made more sense and a bit more real-world conspiracy if they just rigged the voting system so that Palpatine would win. No need for Jar Jar there, and by the time they, the Senate would have figured it out, it would have been dissolved completely. So go ahead and give me another scenario from the films where you think Jar Jar was necessary. I guarantee I can create a list, at least three plot changes, for every one of your examples that would have been better. Go ahead, challenge me. <laughs> That's, there's no challenge. I could write Jar Jar out of any scene, too. It's, I just don't hate Jar Jar. That's my thing. I, you know what I'm saying? I don't think he's the greatest character in the Star Wars universe by any means, but I don't dislike the character. I don't have any kind of fuel for hatreds towards him. I thought he was mildly amusing and funny in Episode One. Right. I mean, I can tell you parts that I thought were mildly amusing, and I'm sure you can write those parts out, and I'm sure it wouldn't change the overall scheme of anything that happens in the Star Wars movies. But I, I, I you know, I find it slightly amusing. Um, that you know, Jar Jar was the rigging as far as that's concerned. Basically, you know, I think they kind of knew that he was going to vote that way. That's why they they positioned the posi- the position the pieces the way they did in the first place. Right. It's because they knew what they were going to get from Jar Jar. You know what I'm saying? You know what? Seriously, like, I am now on the flip side of what happened earlier. When I was... When you were bashing Kevin Smith and yeah. you felt bad for me, now I feel bad for you and Jar Jar. <laughs> I Seriously, now it's like I'm getting a taste of my own medicine. Yeah, Jar Jar, not that bad. So, yeah, I mean, come on. Ryan, come on. You're, look, look. To me, I always think, like, I always try to tell people that really hate Jar Jar, it's like, it's not too far off from the stuff that was going on in episode four, when you had a robot that acted in kind of homosexual mannerisms and everything, you know what I'm saying? And how far-fetched that was. Yeah. I don't think there's anything so different from Jar Jar being a comic relief as C-3PO being a comic relief in episode four, and we all, we're all okay with that. We yeah, don't hate, we just, don't hate C-3PO. Yeah, but I thought it was kind of like the uh, comedy duo between him and R2, which made it so much more enjoyable. I don't think Jar Jar really had anybody to play off of. Yeah. You know, because, I mean, you know, Qui-Gon was pretty much a straight man, and Obi-Wan was kind of like your straight man, you know what I mean? And, yes. And you really didn't have anybody else to play off that. Like, even Han had Chewie, and Chewie had Han, and that's what made that relationship so great. Right. So if Jar Jar would have had somebody a little bit better to kind of, like, work off of like yeah. that he could have side conversations with as opposed to like your you know your your straight and narrow straight man that's just like you know all about business they're jedi i think it might have worked out a little bit better 
Yeah. It's a genius thing with C-3PO and R2-D2 because R2-D2 has proven time and again that he's heroic. He's got all his shit together. He knows what's going on. And C-3PO is completely clueless to everything that's going on around him. But half the time in order to understand what the hell R2-D2 is talking about, you have to hear it through C-3PO. So, I mean, that's what makes him actually a worthwhile character is because you wouldn't know what the fuck he's talking about with if, if it wasn't for C-3PO. Yeah, I don't know. Jar Jar is stupid. I agree. But it makes me laugh, and I don't hate it. I laugh at the end of episode one when Jar Jar is literally bumbling around and taking out soldiers just by being a clumsy oaf. If for some reason, it makes me laugh, and I do not hate that stuff. That's fine. I mean, I'm not going to trash you for liking Jar Jar. Yeah. Absolutely not. I mean... Do I have a Jar Jar sleeping bag? He's not... No. I, yeah, exactly. Do I have a Jar Jar tattoo? No. No, which do we I, saw in Fanboys yeah. with Seth Rogen. That do I hilarious. have an unopened Jar Jar action figure? Yes. <laughs> but, but, you know. I almost, yeah. think they made him, I almost think they made him someone purposely that you would want to hate. Not like hate him like you'd hate someone from the dark side, but hate because he was an idiot and he cast the vote to put the emperor in power. No, I think they wanted to sell toys and I thought that the, he, would be, he would strike gold with children. There's a lot of jaded fanboys and – they publicly let it known that this was a character intended for children. Yes. And fanboys ate that shit alive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And there was nothing – I don't know what you could have created that fanboys – If you talk to kids that grew up watching probably the prequels before they watched the original trilogy, yeah. they might tell you a different story that they like Jar Jar. I can't imagine a cynical five-year-old going, uh, Jar Jar ruined the movie. Yeah, yeah. So, Wouldn't that be like someone our age saying that they like the Ewoks? Yeah, and Frank, I don't understand how you don't like Jar Jar. Jar Jar is involved in fart jokes. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, I'm actually fairly ambivalent toward Jar Jar. I don't love him. I don't hate him. He's just kind of there. He's slightly annoying. But yeah. Is he Anakin Skywalker? Is he Princess Leia? Is he Emperor Palpatine? No, and I know that. He's right. not integral to the overall story of the universe. <laughs> But I, I, I do feel bad for all the Jar Jar hate and episode one and prequel hate in general. Wasn't it crazy, though, by the time you got to episode two that Jar Jar just shut the fuck up? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, after, like, the backlash from the fans, it was like he got, like, one or two lines. And then by the fucking third movie, he didn't say shit. You just saw oh, him. Yeah, for yeah. sure. I swear there's a moment in episode two that's intentional if you watch it on the rewatch where Jar Jar starts to tra- talk and then – uh Queen Amidala, Natalie Portman, like, interrupts Jar Jar talking. Oh, uh-huh. yeah. I know I, you have something yeah. more pressing to do. And when I saw <laughs> episode two with my midnight midnight crowd at release, that was, it was like the Death Star exploded in the original <laughs> episode four at the uh, hush up Jar Jar moment. Right. I mean, literally, just the whole place exploded from applause. <laughs> oh, that's It awesome. wasn't until it's my great. second viewing that I heard what the next two lines in that scene were. <laughs> oh, my God. The, that's amazing. It was so funny. The reaction to Jar Jar being hushed is classic, and I That's cool. I really love reactions like that when I see any movie. And I mean, Jar Jar was the cause of a massive the Death Star just exploded reaction from a crowd, right? And how can you condense condemn something like that? I mean, that's just movie magic fun. Yeah. No, I mean, yeah, that's a, that's the payoff, man. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. And obviously, his role was reduced because of how the reaction. Yeah. That you know, and to be fair, even without the reaction, I don't think. Jar Jar was ever intended to be that huge of a player in in the next two movies. Can we all agree though that Lucas was doing some really cool things with how he was uh, 
early technology as far as like uh, CGI characters and how they would uh, do movements, like Jar Jar's movements and the actor, uh, the actor that played him, yeah. and how they would. Uh, how they filmed that was just amazing. They used to use those, like the uh, they they'd put on like the uh, the suits, yes, with the yep. uh, different the motion lo- capture the stuff. motion capture stuff with the with the little balls on the suits and stuff like that. And they had the little toothpicks or yeah. the the popsicle sticks yeah. and the eye lines on their right. heads. Yeah, right. And I I'm pretty sure Jar Jar is the first fully realized CG supporting character in a movie. And I know a lot of reasons that people put Jar Jar on blast is it wasn't too far after that we were introduced to Gollum in the two towers. Right. And I mean, you know, that's <laughs> it's an incredible performance, you know. But Jar Jar is the for Jar Jar is Gollum's godfather in many ways to that technology and how they did that kind of stuff, you know. Yeah. So Yeah. So go ahead, shit on Gollum too, Ryan Dost. <laughs> it's kind of funny that the Fellowship of the Ring came out in 2001, and the Two Towers didn't come out until 2002. If you watch uh, the Fellowship of the Ring, the little teeny tiny little snippet that you get of Gollum looks like crap. And the first uh, prequel, The Phantom Menace, came out in 99. That was two years earlier, and there was a quite a big jump there. So the quality in 99 overshadowed the quality two years later in the fellowship of the ring they really did put a lot into it yeah i mean the star wars movies and we don't know about these new ones but even if you don't like the prequels on a special effects level are always the the benchmark and the trendsetters of how you do stuff it seems like i can't argue with that at all i went back and watched uh episode two and episode three recently yeah and um i have a greater appreciation now for episode three Mm-hmm. than I did before. So that's saying something. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, episode two still doesn't kind of sit well with me, but um, it just goes back to that quote that, you know, Obi-Wan had about the Clone Wars, and mm-hmm. I wanted to see more of the Clone Wars. But now after, you know, watching a lot of the Clone Wars cartoon, I understand why they couldn't fit that all in there. It, yeah. There's a lot of story there. Exactly. Just show us <clears throat> one battle, though. I know, I know. Isn't but- that kind of what they did, though, at the very opening scene of episode three? Yeah, that's kind of like the last – that's like the end of the Clone Wars basically is what you're right. seeing kind of, I guess, yeah. in a way. You yeah. get a little bit of a taste of it though. But on a, fe- on a, on a filming effects level, um, the Star Wars movies have always been ahead of the time. I mean it was – episode two is pretty much the first movie shot with an all-digital camera I believe. Yeah. And that's the way it's <clears throat> done now. Yeah. And yeah. it was not the way it was done when episode two came out, you know, so – but we can all agree that we're kind of happy that with episode seven, it looks like JJ is going to use some practical effects. I mean, for with, sure, big time with, yeah. with uh, puppets and things like that. So yeah. that's cool. For sure, I'm sure we'll still get boatloads of CG too, though. I'm sure we will. But uh, I want to see a blend. I mean, that's what I want. I mean, uh, you know, I understand why we had to have a CGI Yoda for that last film. I mean, we got that incredible battle, which I still love. I, I still love that battle between him and Palpatine at the end of the film. It, mm-hmm. It's it, it, it's awesome. It's one of the it's one of the best Star Wars moments ever. Uh, when Just he, when he throws that uh, Senate like area, like a frisbee gets yeah. all spinning around and yeah. everything. Yeah, it's gorgeous yeah it's it it really is not i think i think by the time episode three came out um i I liked it and i also i'll I'll say this i think that was hayden christensen's best performance out of the two movies i think that's the one where he he uh he, he was a lot better i'm not saying that he was like he's the perfect anakin but i'm saying 
the relationship that he had between Padme and also the relationship he had between Obi-Wan was a lot better than in episode two. Yeah. 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 They fleshed out the conflict big time in episode three, whereas episode two, he seemed too much like a, a whiny kid still. Yeah. One thing I really love about the prequels is all the new music from John Williams and all the new sound effects from Ben Burt. Yeah. I mean, both of them just did their jobs to the nth degree and just did all brand new sounds and score that were instantly recognizable as Star Wars themes and sounds, but still new. A buddy of mine, um, <laughs> Star Wars Episode Two. Um, some of the music that they use for like the the, the love story lo- between yeah, Anakin. I and- love that music. He used it in his wedding. Oh, that's, oh, that's, that's awesome. So, yeah, a buddy of mine, uh, Dan Seipel, he, him and his uh, wife, they had that in their wedding. And it was very cool. And I'm upset that I can't uh, ever do that if I ever get married again. So, yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah, that's fun stuff. I, I I cannot wait to hear new John Williams music. For yeah, us. yeah. Uh, and he is. He's doing new music for, uh, cool. for this film. So I can't wait. It's exciting. Yeah, he's confirmed for seven. But uh, I haven't heard anything about eight or nine. They haven't say said he for sure isn't doing it. But they just said official for seven. Yeah, for sure. He's getting up there. Um, as far – and then Ryan Ryan still has a few more things to say here. As far as NSYNC singers being in Attack of the Clones, some of the singers were in a cameo appearance in the background for a scene as a courtesy of George to his daughters. But those scenes were cut from the movie in editing. I would have to look at the scene that Jake mentions to see if it looks like any of them. But from everything I found, that scene was cut. But the info about them being in it came from a Jar Jar lover. So how credible could that could that be? <laughs> Jake, man, he keeps burning you, trying to burn you on these, dude. Yeah. Um, he says, that's all I have for you now. No new insights, and my email is plenty long already. Just wanted to clear some stuff up. Until George Lucas makes the door hit Han's foot first. Take care, guys. Ryan Drost. P.S. Brian, stop apologizing for episode. Brian, stop apologizing for every episode you do. Long, short, good quality, bad quality. It's free entertainment and we appreciate it. So, I mean, thanks for that. But I mean, you know, seriously, if I, if I think I put out a turd, I'm going to say I'm sorry. (laughs) You know what I mean? You got to. I'm surprised he doesn't apologize every time the episode starts and I'm on it. Oh, jeez. <laughs> I'm sorry. Hammer's here again. I think he did. I think that did happen. It's like it's not such an announcement, but a warning. <laughs> Frank's here. <laughs> Stop. Hammer time. <laughs> yeah, there should be a disclaimer at the beginning of the show <laughs> about Frank Hammer being on. I wonder if we broke Andrew Peck's addiction because of me. Yeah, I don't think he listens anymore. <laughs> it's all my fault. <laughs> if, if he hears Brian say, if he hears me say something like, uh, "I just referred to myself in the third person," that's kind of a douchebag. <laughs> if move. he hears Brian say, "Yeah, that yeah. was hilarious." What the fuck is up with I that? I looked around for some other guy. I know. God, I'm a douchebag. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, but if he hears me say, "Oh, Frank's here," he just like hits stop and <laughs> no, fuck this shit. <laughs> yeah. Okay, guys, I got a question for you. This is some trivia. Retro. Jake, Frank, how many lightsabers? do you think are sold by Lucasfilm every year? Oh, jeez. Like, what kind of lightsabers are we talking about? Just replicas and toys. Oh, my God. Yearly. Let me say... 
And I'll tell you up or down. Let me say 500,000. Let me throw mine out. Uh, I'm going to say... 500,000 or uh, one? No, 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 no. <laughs> I'm going like to say like... on the price yeah, right. I know, right, right, right. Yeah. <laughs> Whoever's closest wins. Um, no, I'm, I'm going to say like 850,000. I don't think it's quite a million. You guys are way the fuck off. You guys need to go up. How about 5 million? You're closer. Really? You're still down? Fuck. You need to go up, Chief. Not how about sure. how about twelve Seven? million? All right, let's go down a little bit. Seven. Let's go up. Nine. Up. Eleven. Down. Ten. Ten? Bam. There Ten million. Holy shit! Ten million lightsabers are sold by Lucasfilm every year, which kind of like it was interesting to hear your first initial answers where you said five hundred thousand. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. I mean. Yeah, that that's how big this is. This is like when's the last movie came out? Two thousand five. Yeah. I mean, they're still selling this many. Imagine how many lightsabers are gonna be sold after episode oh, seven shit. comes out. That number's gonna go up. Star Wars is that fucking huge. People might want to know why the fuck are these guys covering Star Wars every fucking week? This is why. Ten million lightsabers sold every fucking year. That is insane. That is insane. Oh, man. I'm so excited for these new Star Wars movies. That's that 10 million fucking lightsabers. And obviously 10 million are, lightsabers. You know, and it, it was the same way in between Return of the Jedi and Episode One. It, it never it, went away. It never went away. There were video games. Yeah. There were still toys. The fucking steroid-looking uh, uh, Luke Skywalker toys back in the 90s. Yeah. There were still right. toys. There were still comics. And, and am I crazier? That was a longer drought than in between episode three and episode seven. We went seven. from 83 to, to 99, 16 years in yeah. Star Wars. Yeah. Absolutely a longer drought. So, right. And it never went away. Never went away, and it's never going to go away. And those lightsabers, I mean, those got to be a varying quality, too. I mean, you got the little cheap little plastic sons of bitches that you get from Walmart all the way up to the ones that are filled with the, <laughs> yeah, the gas where you hit the button and it actually lights up and looks like a real fucking lightsaber. Yeah. <laughs> That's cool. Do you own a lightsaber, Brian? No, I've always wanted to. I go to Toys R Us. Yeah. And they, uh, well, I used to have one of the ones where you push the button and it would release. Yeah, yeah. I, I gave it to my nephew. But I've always wanted the one of the professional ones. That would be cool. I thought what they had that was really neat one time that I almost bought was they had, um, it was one of the ones just like you were saying you gave your nephew, but it was like a build your own lightsaber kit. Uh-huh. And it came with all different kinds of pieces and yeah. grips and stuff. And you could, like, design your own lightsaber with it. And I Very thought that cool. was a neat thing to do. Yeah. Do they have, like, I mean, like the crystals or whatever to where you could change the color and stuff? Yeah, they were different colors oh, and stuff. Oh, that's cool. You could, yeah. So that's I that cool. was a neat idea. Name your favorite Jedi that isn't, like, Luke, Qui-Gon, or, or Obi-Wan. Does Name it, your favorite one. Does it got to be a Jedi or can it be a Sith? I want to – I, I – I'd prefer a Jedi, but if okay. you if you can't think of a Jedi, I want you to name your favorite. <laughs> my Jedi. my favorite is Akosha from the cartoons. The I'm probably butchering the name. It's okay. Yeah, but um, um Anakin's Padawan. Yeah, yeah. She's oh cool. Ahsoka. Ahsoka. Ahsoka yeah. Tano. Watching her after okay, watching her die originally when I saw the film, it was like okay, whatever. But yeah. like watching her die in the film after I've seen the Clone Wars, yeah, was really rough. It was like, oh man, that's fucked up. I wanted to see her at least put up a fight. The other Jedi put up a fight, and she just fucking got killed. Yeah, now, they've, they've said that that wasn't for sure her, right? Yeah, because that was in a like a little oh, really? preview yeah. movie. Before episode three came out, wasn't it? I assumed it was her. Yeah, yeah. I because- always assumed that too. I just read this recently. 
that, and I haven't seen the last season of the Clone Wars, the final, the lost episodes right. that yeah. they put on Netflix or whatever. Yeah. But I guess they show her fate in that. Okay. And mm. that it doesn't tie it. It means you'd, that that's You'd have to think that if he was that close to somebody, yeah. and, I mean, and I've only seen part of season one, I mean, if he's that close to somebody, that can't have, you'd have to think that would have fucked with him too. Yeah. You know, um, do you know who Kai Mundi is? He's like the conehead looking one. Yes, oh, yes. Okay. yes, yes, yes. In the um, animated um, cartoon where they showed us what Grievous looked like for the first time, uh-huh. to me it looked like Grievous killed that character and then he was alive and well at the beginning of episode three. It's kind of like the same kind of stuff. We where, watched him die in episode three. Exactly. Yeah. But if you see this cartoon that was the bridge between two and three, right. it looks very much like Grievous. Funny Could you say bridge. Somebody... He died on a bridge by yeah. the stormtroopers <laughs> yeah. in episode three. Could it be of somebody of the same race, though? Yeah, it's obviously a, of the same race. I forget what race what race that's called. My Star Wars nerd trivia is off tonight. You're fine, dude. Hey, what's your She's favorite? a Twi'lek, is that right? That sounds right. Uh, yeah. Uh, Jedi. I'm man, sure Ryan will let us know next week. You know, this, <laughs> this is going to be kind of a like a lame stock answer, but I got to say Obi Wan as far as a Jedi. I said you anybody, said not, not Obi Wan, not okay. Qui Gon. So, I, well, I mean, Jedi. I, I don't really. I mean, of the other than the mainstream people, I don't really have one. But if I had a favorite anything, it would be Darth Maul. Yeah, fuck. I you. know, fuck I know. Your right? answer. You know who else I like? I like um, Kiao Poon. He's the He's the one that's got that, like, breathalyzer mask on. Yeah, 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 yeah. Whenever yeah. they show stuff with him in the cartoons in Clone Wars, it's always really fun. My favorite, my favorite, and I loved him from the first time I saw him, Kit Fisto. Oh, Kit Fisto. Kit Fisto's my boy. I love Kit Fisto, dude. <laughs> fucking underwater fucking Jedi. Lightsaber works underwater. Fucking beautiful character design yes and i love seeing him in uh during was it the second film where like he's kicking ass and then just smiles at the camera mm-hmm. it's yeah. like just a beautiful shot dude love kit fisto he's my guy yeah he's a great character design yeah <laughs> i always hated the conehead design i always wanted that guy to die so bad but kit fisto was great yeah pow coon was great right there was the one that was really weird that had the uh long stalk neck and then like the ball at the top of his head or whatever oh, that yeah. one was really odd i forget what his name right. was yeah somebody would have kicked that ball frank would have been laughing his ass off <laughs> right frank <laughs> no shit <laughs> all right uh you guys ready to get to some more star wars news after that fun fact about the lightsabers oh, yeah. yes yes all right actor john boyega he tweeted one word a couple about a week and a half ago he tweeted skywalker <laughs> So people started thinking, there is another. (laughs) (laughs) Then he tweeted, the power of great character names helps us connect with them. Hashtag Skywalker, hashtag Yoda, hashtag Anakin, hashtag Solo. Guys, I'm thinking he's a Skywalker. Okay. Last week we talked about how he tweeted that he's excited that his dad will be in the film I'm thinking maybe John Boyega is the son of Luke Skywalker. Yeah, that's exciting. So That's pretty cool. Yeah. Wow. What's his character's name in Expanded Universe? Do you remember? Doesn't mm-hmm. that character exist? Mm-hmm. Yeah. See, I try to not think about any of that because they've already abolished all of it. Yeah. They can they can handpick and choose what they want, though. It doesn't exist. The stories didn't happen as canon, but it doesn't mean that the, the mine of information doesn't exist for them to grab shit from. True. Right. 
But yeah, that's exciting, dude. So, I mean, everybody was thinking John Boyega at one time might have been like the uh, son of... No, 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 no. They were thinking that uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi had a daughter. Oh, yeah. But that's... yeah, now now I'm starting to think that John Boyega might be the son of Luke Skywalker. That is exciting. That is cool. Um, I don't know, man. Uh, do you guys want me to go over some potential spoilers from two different news outlets from this week sure. scary but yes yeah all right for it. all right if you don't want to hear potential spoilers for episodes uh seven eight and possibly nine i can't remember then you might want to skip ahead but the first one is from joeblow.com they say in general the setting looks kind of post-apocalyptic with a lot of leftover vestige from the empire it seems much more dark and rough than the prequels the feeling was that if has not been easy in the last 30 years since Return of the Jedi, probably with a very long war to truly end the Empire. Mm. They say there are still white stormtroopers in action. The Empire is probably not completely dead. That's awesome. Which kind of goes back to like what I was saying about Chewbacca possibly being back on Hoth and hunting down these, you know, uh, snowtroopers. Yeah. So, I mean... I don't know. Things are kind of like – I'm just trying to connect the dots here. Yeah. That's exciting. Now, these next Star Wars rumors, they come from Making Star Wars, and they were quickly dismissed by the Force.net as being 100% false. So take these with a grain of salt, guys. They're, nobody knows if they're actually true or not. Okay. Uh, here's the article from Making Star Wars. Further explanations. When I first heard about the Jedi Hunters, I thought it sounded neat. Um, then I heard it again and again. So I started to really take it seriously in the last few days. Have you guys heard about these Jedi hunters? No. I okay. read a little bit about it, yeah. Okay, apparently there's some characters in here that are called Jedi hunters, and they're pretty evil characters that, you know, hunt the Jedi. Okay. Okay. Uh, where, and here we go. More from making Star Wars. Where there's smoke, there's often fire. It occurred to me these sound exactly like the Inquisitor in Star Wars Rebels. The original person to bring up Jedi Hunters had no idea what Star Wars Rebels was all about. Hmm. I filled this person in and they said it sounded exactly like what they're filming for Star Wars Episode 7. It should be noted that none of the sources heard the term Inquisitor. They just heard Jedi Hunters, as they were referred to on and around the sets in various departments. These hunters use lightsabers, so it kind of becomes a game of semantics, perhaps. But let's make it clear. No single source ever said Inquisitor. They all said the premise of the Inquisitor from Star Wars Rebels sounds identical to what is in the film itself. One said they had the impression the Jedi were fighting this group for a very long time. Star Wars Rebels being the new cartoon, the canon cartoon that's coming out on Disney XD, I believe this year. Ah, uh, is it that soon? I thought uh, 2014, fall of 2014, okay. was Star Wars Rebels. Next year was going to be the Star Wars uh, Episode Seven. Gotcha. Sounds good. I read uh, a lot the same. I got it off of comingsoon.net, mm -hmm. and they'd said that another source, which they don't list what the source was, that Lupita Nyong'o's and Adam Driver and David Oyelowo, I'm probably I have that it. in my notes, Chief. Yeah, sorry, boss. Man, you don't trust me, do you? Well, I don't know if you got it or not. 
Man. I looked it up somewhere Shit. else. I got, man, I got no support here, man. <laughs> he doesn't think that I fucking scour the internet. He's like this guy. To trying to do your job for you. <laughs> no, no, no. The force is not strong with you, Frank Hammer. <laughs> the force is not strong with you. Anyway, um, let's see here. A third source is adamant that, uh, and I'm going to butcher this guy's name. Go for it. David Oiloyo is voicing one of the three villains in the film. What's he from? Um, a voice actor. You guys want to look that up real quick? Yeah, I don't know how to spell that. One. I'll spell it for you. I'll pause here real quick, Chief. All right, so we just did a search on uh, David Oyolo yeah. and found – I looked at his picture and I looked at Jake and I said, wasn't he in Red Tails? And then Jake scrolled down his IMDb page and he is in Red Tails. He was the he was one of the lead guys in Red Tails. Oh, yellow O. Is how they're saying you pronounce this. How do you? How do they you got say? a phonetic? Oh yeah, a phonetic. O yellow O. Oh. Okay. Well, see, the funny thing is, Red Tails was a Lucas film. Okay, gotcha. So yeah, that, that's kind of neat that uh, he's he's working on uh, Rebels. Okay, all right. So that, that's who that guy is. Rumors for him being Black Panther too. Really? Yeah. Just Very th- cool. Throwing that out there. Awesome. Yeah. Um, let's see here. Uh, where was I? Yeah, um, a third source, a third source is adamant that David Oyello is voicing one of the three villains in the film. That lines up with what Jedi News heard a while back. Maybe it is old information. I have no idea. I have often asked myself if Jedi News rumor is being talked about on set by some chance. Is there the possibility of a feedback loop, so to speak? Perhaps, but either way, we're hearing Oyelo is involved. Another source, this goes back to what you were talking about earlier, Frank. Another source says that Lapita Nyong'o, Adam Driver, and David Oyelo are making up the cast of villains in the film, and they're Jedi hunters. They also said Lupita might wear yellow contact lenses in the film as she was seen trying them out and walking around with them some time ago to try them out. The villains are said to be characterized by black and chrome with troopers in similar black and chrome uniforms. They're very imperial, but very new. My sense is these guys are like General Grievous Magna Guards from Revenge of the Sith. My analogy, not from a source. Okay, more rumors. Supposedly the Jedi Hunters or Inquisitors, as they're being called in uh, uh, Star Wars Rebels, from the sounds of things, are the reason there is no New Republic after Return of the Jedi. Hmm. That's right. They're saying there is no New Republic. Source number two claims to have been on set for a sequence in which we learn the Jedi hunters worship the Sith and want to resurrect them. Their mandate was to protect the Sith at all costs and ensure their survival. This Does this sound like cloning? Yeah, it very much does, yeah. Like they're trying to clone maybe Vader? Oh, that would be cool. Didn't you guys talk before about there being several clones of Palpatine, too? Yeah, that happened in Expanded Universe. Right. They cloned Luke in Expanded Universe. Shit. They used his hand that they cut off well, I mean, in we, uh, Empire Strikes Back. We already know that cloning is, you know, commonplace in it's canon. It's established in yeah. canon, so. 
All right. This source also believes that Luke Skywalker has been fighting to stop this for the last 30 years of his life, but he is outnumbered, tired, and in need of help. The bad guys have a goal, the resurrection of the Sith, and it sounds like it happens in the next film, meaning episode eight, and I guess they kill him, said the said resurrected Sith in nine. Oh, so it's not going to be until the last part of this trilogy that we have the death of Mark Hamill. Then, exactly. According, to this, according to this report. Yeah. yeah. That's interesting. No one could answer or would answer if the Inquisitor from Star Wars Rebels was in Star Wars Episode Seven. Hmm. So we don't know if the Inquisitors are the same thing as these so-called Jedi Hunters. Gotcha. But as we're watching Star Wars Rebels, which I expect that all of us are going to do now. Oh, yeah. Yes, definitely. I was already planning on it. So this will be interesting to really keep an eye on Star Wars Rebels as it may tie into some of the events leading into Episode 7. Um these Jedi hunters might explain why potential family members are hidden away on strange places like Tatooine. I'm sorry, I was reading about the um, Oh Yellow stuff. No, that's fine. Rebels. You're reading about Old Yeller uh, about oh, the dog. Oh Yellow, Jake. Jake, spoiler alert for that film. They shoot him at the end. No. Yeah, they do. It's because he shit on the carpet. He goes rabid, and they shoot him. <laughs> sorry, Jake. No. Um, They say these Jedi hunters might explain why potential family members, meaning family members like Solos and Skywalkers, are hidden away on strange places like Tatooine or even Kenobi's. Gotcha. Or even um, why Yoda was hidden on Dagobah, right? Right. So that's interesting. They've been around for a long time. They've just been behind the scenes. Guys, I don't know about you, but like this is totally different than anything that I ever thought because like I thought like – you know, and even Ryan has said that he's wanted to see like a Jedi Academy be, like come to full fruition within yeah. this film. That's not what we're hearing here. We're hearing that like it's all picked. N- there's no balance. Like, yeah. yeah, exactly. Like, there's been a battle that's been raging for the past thirty years, and the Jedi are in hiding, and the there is no Empire. It's just there's Jedi hunters and there's Jedi's trying to survive. It, it, it's it's a, it's a still a dark place in this galaxy. Yeah. Right. I'm really fascinated because you brought up how the Jedi hunters themselves will still be using lightsabers. So they're, of course, some kind of Jedi themselves. Right. So what the heck's going on there? What's mm, – no, you Jedi. have to. You have to. You have to be a Jedi in order to control – don't you have to be a Jedi in order to control – okay. Well, I know this for a fact. You have to be a Jedi not to not, – not to uh, the lightsaber itself, and, and, and in the Clone Wars, they they talk about this kind of stuff. Yeah, um, you have to be a Jedi when you throw the lightsaber to keep it on. You have to be a Jedi and use the Force to keep the button down yeah. in order to keep the um, the, the blade the blade out. Yeah, because um, if you were non Jedi and you used it and you threw it, it would just turn off turn off automatically. Right? That makes sense. Yeah, the yeah. pressure point on the handle. So it's not necessarily true that these have to be Sith or or Jedi, right? Right. No, I, I'm just assuming based on the fact that they use lightsabers. I mean, people who have, who are skilled in the Force don't necessarily have to affiliate themselves with one version of the religion or the other. 
No, that's true also. I'm just saying, though, that I'm curious about who these people yeah. are. I think it'd be really neat yeah. to see somebody who is skilled in the Force and not a part of one of those two factions. Yeah. Um, let's see here. Everything is pointing towards Darth Sidious starting an army of Force users, as we saw in the Clone Wars, Children of the Force. These Jedi hunters can never become Sith, but they're powerful. Someone like Luke Skywalker could really only challenge the Sith when using the dark side. Hmm. So the Inquisitors, or Jedi hunters, are formidable foes for Luke Skywalker and the future Jedi that follow his teachings. This sounds nothing like the supposed title, The Ancient Fear. No. Um, But this sounds... Sort of like what Jay was talking about, like there was this other group that we didn't know about. They don't sound ancient, but they just sound like people that worship the Sith and they kind of want to see like the prophecy of the Sith come to fruition. Right? Yeah. Does that right. sound like – Yeah. Yeah, it sounds exactly like that. I, I don't the, know what's going to happen. The oh, force, sorry, I'm sorry. Uh, the Force.net um, forcefully refuted the rumor. Uh, they sent out a tweet on the 17th saying, no, the villains of Star Wars Episode Seven will not be Jedi Hunters. But they didn't say the Jedi Hunters wouldn't be a part of the film. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. They're just a thing, a force. They're, right. the, they're like the catalyst that is going to bring upon like the big bad in this next film. Right. Yeah. Like, you know, like uh, maybe they're the ones that – bring upon uh, the ancient fear. Maybe Lee Tapscott's right. Like, they're the ones that resurrect Plagueis. Yeah, maybe. Just them doing what they're doing. Inadvertently, yeah. I I don't think inadvertently. I think they want to. Absolutely. I mean, you know, they've probably heard the tale that this guy could control the midichlorians to a point where he could bring people back from the dead. And they're thinking, like, maybe they he not only can he bring back you know he come back but he can also bring back some of the uh like vader he could also be able oh. to bring back you know palpatine no fuck yeah. palpatine palpatine killed him yeah but he could bring back vader as his you know what i mean or so, maul that'd be cool too. or darth maul or so anything i mean they're, they're, I'm, I'm i'm i don't know if they're wanting to rehash these stories but there's tons of possibities and and guys we're, we're actually we're absolutely right now talking 100 percent about like our feelings on a rumor, right? Yeah, from a website. Um, presumably, okay. Uh, more reports in this are presumably they never go after Luke Skywalker during the original trilogy era. These Jedi hunters, because Darth Vader has deemed him off limits. The Sith have plans for him. Upon the death of Darth Vader and the Emperor, the Inquisitors become stewards of the Emperor's vision for order and power via imperialism. Darth Sidious apparently left these cult members with a path should he ever perish or be betrayed that would resurrect himself or some Sith to continue the legacy of the Sith. Perhaps Moraband is the key. Um, the moment Luke Skywalker returned to Endor in Return of the Jedi, the Inquisitors became the ultimate evil power in the universe Naturally, they hunted him for revenge because if the Jedi ever returned to defending the galaxy, the Inquisitors would be in peril. Wow. And that kind of explains why he'd be on Tatooine in the first place, hiding out from him. Yeah, it says on the Huffington Post I'm reading, it says the uh, Jedi hunters dress in black, often wear helmets, and track down Jedi for the Fallen Empire. 
and that they have a horde of troopers also donning black. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's uh, the, I read that too, but it was the they talked about them wearing chrome. Yep. Yeah. I read that also. They read the chrome in black. So, I mean, yeah, Huffington Post is reporting kind of like the same news that came out of this uh, uh, Making Star Wars article that they posted. Yeah. So, um, but the Force.net is saying that this is 100% false. So, I mean, it's interesting. I mean, it really is. I mean, do you guys think that like this story, there's a lot involved with it, correct? Yeah. There's a lot involved with it. Do you think that this story seems feasible for the next film, that they would be able to incorporate all this? Because there is a lot, a lot. Some of it I'm sure they, they, they could include in the opening scroll, but there's a lot of this story that needs a, a – you need to be a good storyteller. You need to write a great screenplay to get all this story into one movie in my opinion. Yeah. I mean, you don't need to get it all in the movie, though, really. I mean, that's not how Star Wars operates. Like, episode, that's, you know, from the beginning, there's been chunks of story that we've always just kind of been there that we always get to speculate about. That's kind of a little bit the fun of Star Wars, right? That's what we're hoping. Yeah. That's what I'm hoping, Jake. I I don't want them to spell everything all out. Yeah. But from, like, what we hear here, I mean, we want to get the idea behind these Jedi Hunters in some capacity. I'm sure they'll be showcased in action sequences pretty immediately. Yeah. I got to imagine. Usually, um, you know, the movies open with a scene, a force of bad in right. some capacity yeah. or another. That's true. Mm-hmm. That's true. I mean, yeah, like, like you've said on previous podcasts, like as soon as we're introduced to the Star Wars Episode Four, we're right in the action. I yeah. mean, you know, uh, Vader is there, you know? Yeah, I mean, exactly. I'm sure we're going to see. I think we'll if, – if it's true that these Jedi Hunters are what's going on, I think we'll see a display of their power within the first 10 minutes of this movie. If this report's true, though, Adam Driver is not one of the – he's not a child of one of these – families he's not a solo he's not a skywalker he's not a kenobi adam driver according to this report is one of the jedi hunters hmm. with uh lupita nyango yeah i was just i'm just seeing that too they they've been seen walking around the set wearing yellow contact lenses mm-hmm. yeah yeah lupita nyango she wore those yellow contact lenses um this hmm. is interesting the, the, they're not sith yeah they're not sith they're like sith supporters Right. Is what it sounds like. Yeah. Didn't you guys... It's uh, like a cult. Didn't you guys think about Adam Driver at one point, though, being the fucked up kid of, like, Han Solo and Leia? Jay's. Jay's. That was Jay's prediction. Okay, so how come he couldn't have affiliations to or sympathize with the Jedi Hunters and become one of them anyway, still being one of the kids? That could be a reveal. Mm. But I've also heard the reports, like, there's a report that said that Adam Driver was going to be... Like the the character that everybody thought was gonna like go to the dark side, and that Leia and Han brought him back. I read that report on the show once. I I know I did. That's interesting. I remember hearing you. So say it. It, it conflicts with what we hear here. Huh. Unless he is involved in this, and later on there's a reveal that he is their child, and that wouldn't surprise me either. That like. 
by the time we get to episode eight, it's a reveal that he's like their child and we didn't know the whole time. It could be also the result of a fucked up progeny too because uh, according to what I read, which is also an excerpt off of Making Star Wars – uh, they, they, they said, to be fair, the person who told me this stuff is involved in costumes slash makeup, etc. Their knowledge regarding the story or the exact situation of the Empire could be a little sketchy, although I was also told that Han and Leia are divorced or separated, something along these lines, so they must know roughly what's going on plot-wise. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. Hard to say. Yeah. Did you get the bit about uh, Gwendolyn Christie in yours? Too? Gwendolyn Christie, yeah, she's been cast. Uh, Gwendolyn Christie, um, I knew she was cast, but do you have any character details? Uh, it says that right along with where the stormtroopers play a major role, the Empire still very much exists, and that Gwendolyn Christie plays a rogue stormtrooper who wears silver armor. That's crazy. Wow. I, who knows what to believe? I There's so much news coming out. Yeah. I have a hard time believing we're going to stick with the name Jedi Hunters, right? That's not an official Star Wars name. No, yet. no, no. That's what that, that that's not the official name. This is what people around the set are calling these characters. They're calling them Jedi Hunters. So when the person that spoke with them, the source spoke with them, yeah. they they thought that these Jedi Hunters sounded like the inquisitors from Star Wars Rebels. Gotcha. And so they brought it up to them, and then these people were like, I've never heard the term Inquisitors, but that sounds a lot like what we're doing on the set here, and we're calling these people Jedi Hunters. Gotcha. Okay. So the official title hasn't been released. If for some reason it gets out that... Guys, if for some reason we hear that there are Inquisitors in this movie, that right there is going to be... Almost, I'd say, 99.9% confirmation that some of this news is true. Oh, yeah, definitely. Oh, right. And there's another report. Uh, they said that uh, Joe Blow added some details about the environment. In general, the setting looks kind of post-apocalyptic. I, I read all that. I read all that. Yeah, where Oops. the fuck were you? <laughs> you? You seriously don't trust me. I was two me. pages back. Yeah. He said all that. I said all that. Wow. Thanks, Frank. Thanks for that mind-blowing... I like that dirty science fiction, like like the original Star Wars and Alien. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, man. I do, I, dude, I am looking forward to Star Wars Episode Seven though. And 8. Fuck, dude. And 9. And 9, dude. This is nuts, man. I, this is a good time to be alive and be a fucking geek and into this shit, man. Yeah, definitely. It really is. It really is. I mean, uh, they just better not fuck it up. Yeah, I, I love that fucking that uh, tweet that, uh, that Ryan great. Johnson that had is great. using yeah. the, the right stuff that uh, that clip from the movie. So much because he he knows the pressure. If you're if you're Ryan Johnson, what would you rather have happen for Episode Seven? Would you rather have something that people are ho hum about that you have the chance as a writer to improve, or is it scarier if he knocks it out of the park and you gotta? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's kind of like, uh, you know, it's kind of like if uh, the opening band is uh, the fucking Rolling Stones. Mm-hmm. Exactly. You know, like who's going to follow that up? Exactly. You know? What do you think he secretly hopes for? Yeah, Rolling that Stones all the old and then characters fucking die. 
yeah. fucking Nickelback has to play after them. <laughs> you know, I mean, you don't want to be fucking Nickelback in the Star Wars universe. Yeah. He, he's in a tough position. It'll yeah. be interesting to see how everything goes. Yeah. I wish him the best of luck, though. And you know? I think where he's going to excel is I think he's going to be able to get these characters right. I, I really do. I think once these characters are established... In the first film, we'll get kind of a good feel for him. I mean, we're really established. We're going to get the original characters like Luke, Han, and Leia. We, we, we're we going to know them. They're familiar. By the time we get to the second movie and these other players get maybe a little bit more screen time, I think Ryan Johnson's really going to excel in like bringing these characters to life more on screen. So where they're going to be able to flesh out these newer characters a little bit more, right? You know, because I think we're going to be able to taste them a little bit. Yes. In the first one, and by the second one, I think Ryan Johnson's just going to fucking you know take these new characters. Even to the next level. I, I do. I And it goes back to him doing the Brothers Bloom. He, he is so good with character interactions. And I know I keep like – I'm fucking like stroking this guy right now. But Stroke it. <laughs> I, I, dude, I fucking believe that this guy is going to be able to pull off some great chemistry between characters because that's what I got from like Mark Ruffalo, Adrian Brody. And I can't remember the girl's name. She was in The Mummy. Um, she was oh, the, oh, 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 I, Christ. I saw that. I, I just read the name too when I read the cast. The yeah. British gal, yeah, the, the yeah. lead, yeah. love lead or whatever. Yes, yeah. but uh, I mean the, the, the character interactions between them two. Like I said, it's a high compliment for me to compare that movie to Dirty Rotten Scoundrels, a movie that I love, and um, I, I'm really looking forward to Episode Eight. And uh, man, I'm dude, I cannot wait for these Star Wars films. Like you said, I can't wait for the trailer. I hope it's at Christmas. I hope you're right because I can't wait that fucking long. I can't wait for new Star Wars Legos. <laughs> JJ's probably got the bigger burden trying to deal with beloved characters. Oh, JJ definitely has the bigger burden. Yeah. I mean, right away. He's got to set the tone for the yeah. next right. three films. I mean, yeah. that's exactly what's going on here. I think it was smart to bring him in to do the first film. Yeah. I think that was kind of genius. Mm-hmm. If they had to go with somebody else, I think Ryan Johnson's a good choice. I, I Tupperware that selection. So anybody that's not familiar with Ryan Johnson, just listen to me, guys. I think I think they're putting it in good hands. I mean, a lot of people, I'm sure they heard Ryan Johnson or was kind of like, who the fuck is this guy? I liked Looper, but is this guy ready for Star Wars? Yeah. I think he is. I, Looper was a smart movie. It, it was really filmed well, well, too. Yeah. Filmed very well. Mm-hmm. Effects were fantastic. Mm-hmm. The time travel concepts weren't 100%, but we're dealing with Star Wars. We don't have to worry about time travel, so right. fuck that shit. Yeah. So I think, I, man, guys, I'm looking for, God, I cannot fucking wait for us to do a fucking Star Wars review. That fucking show's gonna go on for like six fucking hours. <laughs> I'm not gonna be able, seriously, I'm not gonna be able to shut the fuck up about it. Yeah. It's gonna be like a six hour long fucking episode. It's gonna hard, it's always hard for me with new Star Wars movies to not spoil the shit out of everything too. Like, it'll be hard for me not to just jam through the novel before the movie even comes out. Because oh. they're dicks like that, and they put yeah, it out. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. If they wouldn't put it out there, I wouldn't read it. But they give it to you, like, two months before, and it's like, there it is. Yeah. Just read the novelization. I'm not. I'm staying the fuck away. Oh, I have a hard time looking away from that kind of shit. I'll so. keep myself from it. I started to read the Episode 3 book before that came out, and I stopped. Yeah. I didn't want to spoil it. Yeah. I'm bad. I can't help myself. <laughs> I, I just want to know. It's still going to be, you're still going to get all the sound effects and music and the whole production. It's a whole different beast when you see the movie compared to reading the book still. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, I remember when I read the episode two book and um, about the uh, Yoda Dooku fight, and that really didn't translate in the book so much. But when you saw it in the movie, it really fucking popped. You know, there's yeah. so much of visual impact. Yeah. with all that, man, it's a good time to uh, it's a good time to be geek, man. I mean, this shit, all this shit that people fucking made fun of us for fucking liking back in the day. All this stuff, even Transformers coming out next week, which we're going to do a podcast on. I mean, yeah. you know, I remember watching Transformers as a kid and people, you know, like, oh, Transformers is lame and blah, 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 blah. And here it is, man, making multi-million dollars, even though the movies aren't exactly where we want them to be. No. I mean, this is, I mean, it's fucking awesome, dude. I was talking about Transformers the other day with a cousin of mine, and I mentioned Transformers the movie, the cartoon one. Yeah. From way back in the day. And he's like, oh, I've never seen that. I'm like, what? I could give a shit less if he's seen the Michael Bay ones, but like that he needs to see. I'm like, holy shit, that's everything right there. Yeah, I wonder if that holds up if you've never seen it before. Oh, the Star Wars? Uh, no, the, well, the Transformers animated damn, movie. Animated movie. Like, to me, it's like Citizen Kane. Can but... I give you, can I, let me, let me tell you something here. Yeah. I have made every, every, Okay, every time I get in a relationship with a girl, yeah. I've always made them watch that movie. That's funny. That's a test. That's a test for me. Nice. If they can sit through Transformers the movie with me, and even if at the end of the movie they thought it sucked and at least tell me they enjoyed it, yeah, that's a test for me. Every fucking girl I've ever dated, I've made them watch Transformers. I'm not bullshitting you. I believe- I've made them watch that movie with me, and that is the test. So, right. and, and yeah, it's worked out well so far anyway <laughs> well, i think a lot of people have a litmus test like that and stuff for me it's video games and final fantasy if i can get a girl that likes to likes the story end of it at least you know it's cool with me yeah so that's funny all right guys you guys ready to wrap this up yeah let's sure. go get some food yeah all right guys uh just like all doggy bags say on their uh whatever what the fuck how does this go <laughs> I, don't, I don't know take it, home <laughs> It just, it just like all oh, good doggy bags say on there. What the goddamn? I don't even know how the fuck it goes. Just, <laughs> and just like all good leftovers say on their doggy bags. See you. Thank, thank you for you your, for your patronage. <laughs> and thanks for listening. We're still, we're, we're still here. We're still here. And the I left, won't go away. The leftovers. The leftovers yeah. All right. See you guys next week. No, seriously. Thank. I want to thank the listeners. I seriously want to thank the listeners. For sticking with us. The fake clothes. What's that? The, it, that was like the fake clothes, and then we're coming right back. I know. It's, seriously, it's like... Psycho. <laughs> Psych, bitches, we're back. Yeah, we're back. No, After but see, I, I, I do. I've been, I've been thinking about this. I want to thank the listeners. I want to thank the listeners for, like, putting up with... I don't know, man. I don't know. Like, last week, I just felt like I didn't bring it, and I didn't get any shit for it, no. which is cool. They, they still loved us. So... I mean, dude, that means a lot to me, man. Because, like, seriously, like, I thought that last week, like, everybody was going to be like, dude, that show fucking sucked. You guys fucking suck. I'm going to stop listening. I'm hitting unsubscribe. I didn't hear I didn't get that from anybody, dude, which was, like, a huge relief to me. I want to thank everybody who stuck with us. I mean, do we have, dude, seriously, like, we have some great fucking listeners. And, like, last week, they kept the show fucking going with their questions because I didn't have the energy Keep sending more emails for sure. Send more emails. Dude, I love to read fucking emails. And I love hearing from you. I just got a fucking email from another fucking email from Huey. 
while we were fucking, and I'm going to read it next week. He had a Daredevil email. Oh. So, Healy, I'm going to read your email next Good week. Good stuff. I bet I know a little bit about what that's about, some some casting news there. Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, we can talk about that. Yeah. Rosario Dawson. Yeah, exactly. So, Rosario Dawson, fucking, she was cast in, uh, what do you guys think about that? I'm excited. I think it's good. Well, I must have missed this. What is it? Um, she was cast Daredevil, the Netflix TV series. I, I heard out. about. I heard about it coming out, but I didn't realize she was cast in it. Yeah, we that's don't. what we just revealed, Frank. Right. Sorry know, to blow your it. mind, yeah. there, Chief. Hey, welcome <laughs> to the conversation. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> we peeled the curtain back there. Right. No, but yeah, Rosario Dawson cast in the uh, Daredevil Netflix film. We and don't then, know as who, but we can assume, right? Yeah. yeah. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> now, and then uh, the. Other actor that was cast as Kingpin. Um, oh, I saw that too. I didn't retain it though because I didn't. Private Pile from uh, uh, Full Metal Jacket. Oh shit! Vincent D'Onofrio. That's oh, yeah. crazy. That's cool. That'll work. It's a great casting. Yeah, it is. That is great. So looking forward to that. Looking forward to that. Uh, Charlie Cox. It looks like he's in good company. Yeah. Very, very good company with Vincent D'Onofrio and Rosario Dawson. So. Looking forward to that. I think that's a smart thing for them to get some established Hollywood actors. I mean, Rosario Dawson, mm-hmm. very good actress. Vincent D'Onofrio, fantastic. Surround this Charlie Cox, kind of an unknown, with some of these really good actors. And I mean, let's let's see some fucking good Daredevil stories, man. I want to see something. I want to see something fun, man. I want to see fucking. Uh, I don't want to see the fucking dark Daredevil shit, dude. Where he you want to see the swashbuckling fun times? Yes, I don't want to see him get possessed by demons, Jake. No, no, no. I don't want to see that storyline played out. I want to see the fun shit. I want to see him being a lawyer. I want to see it being fun. I want to see a great relationship between him and Foggy. I want it to be fun. And I want to see some crime fighting. I want to see what it looks like as – I want to see what it looks like to be Daredevil, to see his sense. Yeah, they did such a great job in the comic. They really need to – hopefully they're reading those Wade comics as source material. Yes, Mark Wade right there. Absolutely. He needs to be a consultant on the set for those films – Marvel, I don't think you listen to our podcast, but uh, if somebody listens to our podcast and knows anybody at Marvel, let them know that they need to talk with Mark Wade because that is my favorite run on Daredevil so far. I agree with that. I like it more than the Bendis stuff, which I think is more highly regarded, but it's just so dark and hard to get through sometimes. It is. It really is. It really is. I, I like the fun, more lighthearted Mark Wade run. I really do. Oh, I agree. I mean, so. All right. Uh, we gonna end this bitch? Let's wrap this shit up. What are you fucking gonna eat, dude? I'm gonna go panda it up, I think. Panda? Yeah. You like the orange chicken? I like the orange chicken. Fucking A, dude. I like the, um, um, what's the other one? The sweet fire chicken that comes with the pineapple. You get yeah. the spicy and the sweet. That shit's so delicious. Yeah. You ever go to that Thai restaurant right around the corner from you next to One World? No, I've never been there. It just I- opened just recently. I don't know if it's just a new name or if it's under new management or what, but uh, I, I ate there several years ago when it was uh, – I, I can't remember what it was called now. Dude, I used to go to this Thai restaurant in fucking Springfield, Illinois mm-hmm. called The Magic Kitchen. This fucking place, really good food, you know, had some kick to it and shit as Thai food should, mm-hmm. but it was BYOB. Oh, that's hilarious. That's yeah, dude. Cool. It was fucking awesome. I, I was dating this girl at the time, and dude, I'd fucking, we'd show up with this fucking huge jug of wine. <laughs> huge fucking jug of wine, dude. Just eat Thai food, get fucked up, go back to her place, dude. Great times. 
Yeah, that that is good stuff. Yeah, fucking magic kitchen in Springfield. <laughs> like this? Yeah, no, dude. <laughs> no, dude. I had no, not that's a small jug compared to what I brought. Like this oh, you was, had like a bum jug. Yeah, this was like you could fucking like, you know, like you ever watch like Hee Haw, those yeah. fucking big ass jugs that they use to like play music and yeah, shit no when shit. they're having like their fucking country jamboree and bullshit. Okay. So you here slip I, your finger in, you got this it. this shit was called Carlo Rossi. You could fucking it was called Carlo Rossi and it had a picture of an old guy and he's got like a fucking vineyard behind him, right? Yeah. And you could fucking buy this shit at like CVS for twelve bucks. It was this huge fucking jug. This shit would last you forever. Great fucking – it was. I got the sangria. Uh, good fucking shit. They, if you want to be cheap and shit, don't show her the fucking jug, but just pour that right. shit. She'll, <laughs> she'll drink it up. They say that uh, UFS here in town is really good for getting booze at. Oh, uh, yeah? yeah. I, don't, I don't do wine. I, I, I stick oh, to the man. beer. I It'll fuck you up. <laughs> it'll fuck you. It'll sneak up you're, on you. You're a great salesman, Frank. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you just, you're not, you're, that's the only reason why I drink. You're just not selling me on your penultimate finale oh, fuck yeah. that argument. Shit. No, that's the only I, thing you're not selling I, me I'm on. I'm trying to forget now, about it. Now, which Star Wars movie will you consider the final one of the new trilogy? <laughs> will, it, will it be episode eight or episode oh, nine? Oh, fuck. Uh, Frank, Frank, I'm going to give you some time to think about that in the meantime. <laughs> All right. All right. All right. Let's wrap this bitch up. Just like all good leftovers say, fuck off, whatever. Any news that we, any news that we've said tonight's been confirmed by Kevin Smith. (laughs) (laughs) You son of a bitch. Yeah. And, uh, Jar Jar Banks and all that. Whatever. (laughs) All right. We'll see you guys next week. We love the listeners. Thanks. Keep the emails coming. Give us a good review on iTunes. Give us a shitty one. We don't give a fuck at this point. We're going to keep putting out episodes or whatever. Give us what you got, motherfuckers. Give us what you got. Bring it. We love you. We'll see you next week. Later. Thanks for listening to Pop Culture Leftovers. Congratulations. I don't know how you did it. I couldn't do it. You people need a t-shirt saying, I just listened to two hours of nonsensical crap. Anyway, if you'd like to reach the Pop Culture Leftovers cast, you can email them at comments at popcultureleftovers.com. You can also follow them on Twitter at PC Leftovers or like their Facebook page. They'd love to hear from you. They're all pretty sad and lonely. One of them is homeless, but I didn't say that. And as always, check out our website, www.popcultureleftovers.com. We've got great articles there. Comic reviews, movie reviews, television reviews. It's awesome. Check it out. And if you're interested in writing for the site, uh, we definitely need more writers. So send an email to domesticateddave at gmail.com. And if David Griffin likes what he reads, he'll get in contact with you. And you can be part of the team. Remember, this is a non-paying gig, but it's a really cool way to have your voice heard. And we'd love to read your submissions. So get in contact with David. And thank you. And check us out on Tumblr, too, motherfuckers. <laughs> and don't forget, we're on Instagram, too. <laughs> yeah, that just happened. There's already like 7 million podcasts talking about pop culture and all that. Makes us happy like shooting at a womp rat. But it's all been done before. And we don't want to be a copycat. Leftovers picking up the scraps Dropped by the cool kids It's a trap!
Good at toss it, good at taste it. Do we love it? Hey, let's face it. Can't erase it. Let's embrace it. Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture. Carry over counterculture. Pushovers. Pop culture. Leftovers. And with the uncool kids. What's to say's already been said. Leftovers. Pretty sure that the only talent is the band that's singing this. Pop culture leftovers. Podcasts that are original and good. Have already been done before, so we should separate the wheat from the shaft. And we're the shaft crap, even though we're the shit. Woo! We're the leftovers picking up the scraps. Dropped by the cool kids. It, it, it's a trap. Good at toss it, good at taste it. Do we love it? Hey, let's face it. Can't erase it. Let's embrace it. Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture. Carry over counterculture. Pushovers. Pop culture. Leftovers. And with the uncool kids. What's to say has already been said. Leftovers. Pretty sure that the only talent is the band that's singing this. Pop culture leftovers. Do we love it? Hey, let's face it. Can't embrace it. Let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture. Carry over counterculture. Pushovers. Pop culture. Leftovers. And with the uncool kids. What's to say has already been said. Leftovers. Pretty sure the only talent is the band that's singing this. Pop culture leftovers.